Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Here we are. It is combine season. We have a lot of great things to discuss, including, of course, the combine itself, which is either incredibly important, not all important, or somewhere between incredibly important and not all important, depending upon with whom you speak. Uh, but a lot of draft-eligible players are invited. Not more than actually a fairly small percentage get invitations, but of those that are invited, a very large percentage are drafted, which is why it's considered super important. It's why players very much hope to get an invitation and why uh, agents and schools and everyone uh, sort of looks at it to some extent as a measure of success and a measure of worth and a measure of what they are as a program in terms of number of players. Uh, there was the you know, legendary example a few years ago when I guess about five or six, six I guess now, when there were more players invited from Hampton than there were from USC. And being from the Tidewater area, it was uh, quite discussed that season. And a couple of those guys, uh, Jerome Mathis and Alonzo uh, Coleman, have no longer around, but they, were, uh, they had their time as well. We'll soon be having uh, Dan Jordan joining us, and we'll talk about We'll talk about a bunch of things. Mr. Jordan. Just fine. Hold on the line and I will be passing in momentarily, okay? So this time of year, this magical, magical, magical time of year, uh, gives us an opportunity to, as they say, uh, compare you know, apples to apples, as they say, to look at a group of players who are being compared under very similar, perhaps even identical circumstances, or close to identical circumstances. And those players, those players in question, are put into a situation where they uh, where they all get held up against one against the other as examples of how close they are to each other, how far they are from each other in terms of things like you know, talent and uh, how close together they are in terms of promise. And you get a chance for things like small school, big school, division, whatever, all kind of melts away. I see I've been joined also by one of my co-hosts, Mr. James Cobert. How are you doing, Jim? Pretty good. And we have a Pro Prospects Radio first. We have our first long snapper, 
Mr. Dan Jordan. Hey, thank you, you thank you guys so much for having me on your show today. I fr- really appreciate it. Well, the, the pleasure has been mine. Um, I'll be super honest. I have played football. I've watched football for 40-some-odd years. Yeah. I am aware that if you don't have a good long snapper, it will cost you at some point. Uh, some teams yeah. have found out much yeah, to their detriment, uh, how important long snapping is. But I am far from an expert. I can have really good coaching conversations about the benefits and uh, you know, problems with various types of offensive sets. I, I know a little about special teams. I was L3 on, on kickoff coverage for, for a few years. I understand lots of things. I'm pretty yeah. darn ignorant about long snapping, to be perfectly honest. Uh, tell yeah, people- well, I mean, well, a lot of people don't know it, and that's perfectly fine because, I mean, it's, it's honestly such a niche position and everything that it's kind of weird how I actually even got started into it. So I'm uh, born and raised here in State College, Pennsylvania. My mom was a head track and field coach here for uh, 15 years. Oh, wow. And State College, State College is a school of uh, 1,500, 1500, like sometimes 2,000 kids. And we'd have upwards to 150 kids on our football team. Wow. So, I mean, I was a good athlete and everything, but I wasn't even right out of high school hitting, getting on the bus to press for games on Fridays. And so I needed to find something that made me stand out, kind of gave me a little bit of value. And I found long snap in the ninth grade and just kind of ran with it. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, I certainly am. Here's my, my sort of level of familiarity with it. When I was in high school, the Lillifhorn brothers held down long snapping for many years. Uh, the elder brother, mm-hmm. David, did it from before I was in high school until my junior year, and then his younger brother, Eric, took it over. And yeah. they were both centers also, so it was, it was something that they obviously had some amount of familiarity coming in. Russell Fletcher, uh, one of our coaches, had played – a couple of different positions when he was a college player and, you know, work with them a little bit. And then once they got pretty good, he seemed to just leave them alone. <laughs> you know, it seemed like that was yeah, it. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's honestly how it is at all levels. I mean, I started uh, off with this. I kind of figured out that I had something working for me. So I just, uh, there's camps and everything that you can go to in high school to kind of hone your skill and improve your skill. And so I wanted to keep on continuing the game I love so much so by my junior and senior year of high school, I was all-conference defensive end. I was all-conference offensive lineman. But long snapping was my thing. I mean, I was a mediocre defensive lineman. Yeah, okay, I was all-conference. But I was exceptionally good as a long snapper. And I thought – I started reading up books about it. I started talking to people here in the area. And, I mean, even within our center county region alone, I don't know if you're familiar with the name of John Condo. I but John's been the long yeah, yeah, John's been the long snapper for the Oakland Raiders for I think now the past fifteen seasons. Yeah, I don't know a long uh, time. I couldn't remember exactly how many years, but a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, he's and he was a guy that went to the University of Maryland, was a third string linebacker there, was probably never going to see the field there, and they just converted him to long snapper, and kind of the rest is history. I mean, he was a Pro Bowler a couple years back and everything, so had a lot of inspiration right here in town. And then uh, also one of my buddies who kind of grew up with me, competitor from when I was in seventh grade, eighth grade wrestling or whatever, we kind of were always the same weight class, always doing the same thing. And there's actually another prospect. It's kind of crazy. We have two prospects out of Center County right now as long snappers entering a draft is uh, Sam Rogers. He played, his, he played all four years 
was actually the captain at Syracuse this past year. So he and I pushed each other. We're, we still train together and uh, kind of hoping for the best with both of us right now as we pursue our NFL dreams. So it's pretty cool. It is, it is. So the, the most well-known long snapper I can remember from Syracuse is, uh, oh, what's his name now, uh, who's on the NFL Network was a long snapper at Syracuse uh, back in the day. Uh, what is that, John? Something, I, think. I can't remember. Tall, well, that yeah. did not help much. But, yeah, tall, blonde guy. I know he was a long snapper at Syracuse for yeah, a couple no, years. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, there's, they're out there everywhere, and it's just it's funny because a long snapper, I mean, if you're watching an NFL game, you so you watch the punt, you don't think about it. And it's a position that if you're not screwing up and you're not doing anything wrong, you're, you're not going to know who the long snapper is. But yeah. once they make that one mistake, it's emphasized, it's exploited, and, it and you be, can lose a job. I mean, I, I think it's the only job in the world that you have to go into your job every single day and be perfect. And if you're not perfect every single day you have a chance to get fired, which it's yeah, pretty – if you think about it like that, if you think about it like that, it's, it's one of the toughest jobs in the world. But, I mean, you have a guy from the Arizona Cardinals, Mike Leach, who's been there 17 seasons. Right. I mean, these guys – John Durenboff was, was in the league about 18 John, years. Yeah, John, um, John, John Durenboff is still in the league. You have a guy from the New York Giants who's been there now. I mean, and that's the thing that actually – which makes me, I believe, have a lot of value – in approaching this 2015 NFL draft is that a lot of these snappers who have been around for a while are kind of towards the end of their contract. Right. So there's uh, so, I mean, obviously just tenure and just being around for a while, you're going to pay that snapper more and more and more. And if you can get a guy, I mean, if you just think about it financially with salary cap issues or whatnot, if you can pay a guy league minimum, which now I think is 500 grand, as opposed to a guy who's been playing for 17 years and is making 1.1, you might just go to that guy and say, hey, you've had a great career. Why don't you think about stepping down so we can pay some of our, our big-name running backs, our big-name studs, some a little bit more cash here, keep them around, and we'll just uh, find get some useful excitement in there. So We've loved – Watching you cash game checks here for the past twenty years, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, exa- ex- exactly, exactly. No, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. I mean, as I said, I mean, I can kind of uh, elaborate here on my story if you'd like to hear a little bit more about that because I think my story personally separates me from a lot of the other prospects and everything. So I can kind of go in a little more depth if you guys want to hear a little bit more about that. So well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll I, have, I have three or four questions that I specifically would like to ask, but I'm going to open it up to my friend yeah. Jim Coburn and my, my colleague, Mr. Coburn, what questions do you have for, I've been doing this for over five years, but it was my first long snapper. Uh, what questions might you have for Dan? Sure. Uh, well, <laughs> It's, uh, I mean, yeah, I was, I was a center in high school, but I never did long snapping. But uh, right, yeah. if, you know, in terms of, in terms of like what you do to, um, in terms of what you do to prepare, uh, like week to week, what are some of the things you do week to week, um, in terms of you know your practice regiment and stuff like that and the different sort of yeah well I mean you know, I mean well it's kind of yeah I, I can I can expand on that also it's kind of actually funny me personally I'm truly a student of the sport and I mean I'm constantly learning just like everybody else is I feel like but um, as of recently I've kind of developed a pretty nice relationship here with uh, NFL long snapper John Aikman who was in camp with the Tennessee Titans last year and he's kind of been mentoring me throughout this process and everything and kind of 
giving me uh, tips back and forth and everything. But personally, I mean, I, I definitely see where your question's coming from. It's not like a, I'm not a quarterback where I'm reading zones or reading coverages or anything. So it's kind of like, what, what does he do, you know? But uh, actually, personally, what I do is uh, I study film for myself every week on a Sunday. So that's what I did this year after our games on Saturday. I personally studied film for probably upwards to like an hour after the game. So meaning that you figure, all right, let's average, I'm averaging six snaps a game. So that means I'm looking at every snap to operation to kick for probably 10 minutes on each snap. So it's like you're probably thinking to yourself, I mean, a snap and an operation time and a field goal is 1.2 seconds. What is this? Is this kid out of his mind? I mean, if he's looking at a snap for 10 minutes, but there's a, there's actually a lot behind it that people don't realize. So kind of the three things that I'm looking for in a film are uh, in film review session is like the fundamentals. So, and it's just consistency of uh, repeating that proper technique. So for example, what I'm looking for is, is my back flat like a tabletop? Is my butt low to the ground? And did I fall through with my hands? And if I did those things, uh, 99% of the time, I'd say it's a perfect snap. So, I mean, I, and what I guess is, you know, with you being a center and everything, as you said, you know, everything starts with you, you know? So, and that's still the same with the punt and the field goal, is everything starts with you. So you're kind of the captain of either that punt or the field goal unit. And so I guess I'm kind of also looking about where the guys are coming through, if there are potential blocks happening on the kick itself. And, I mean, I had a real nice relationship with my head coach this past year, so I would just relay that information. Hey, you know, maybe our, our one gunner isn't getting down the ball quick enough, or I think my right guard kind of is slacking because he's a defensive lineman that doesn't is kind of taken off the, for the fourth down. But, I mean, that's what I do personally when it comes to film study. I don't know anybody that probably spends as much time as I do because I'm a little obsessive about it. But, uh, I mean, I love snapping, so – but when it comes to practice and before the games, it's kind of funny. Uh, you you kind of are told it, – it's one of those jobs where you just always have to constantly be ready. So I'm probably going out. We have our pre-practice, which is just mostly just to help our kicker. So we're maybe taking 10, 15 kicks. So that's field goal snaps that we're getting there. And then how our practice was regiment was that we'd have our offensive session, our defensive session – They'd come together, would go ones versus ones, and then maybe halfway through practice, whatever special teams our coach wanted to do that day, he would just say, all right, we got kick now, let's run on the field, or we got field goal, we got punt, whatever. So, I mean, it's a lot of standing around, to be honest with you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it any, any less than it is, but uh, it's it's kind of, I'm standing over there, I'm holding, I'm with the kickers, and we're kind of, specialists are a unique bunch of people, I'll tell you that for sure. I've been around a lot of them. You've definitely got a lot of oddballs out there when it comes to a specialist. But, yeah, uh, they're different. It's a different breed of person, that's for sure. But we just are always standing around kind of playing games, staying loose and everything. And then when we're called, we've got to do our job and we've got to do it proficiently. So it's pretty cool. Let me ask you this. And I know that I see kickers play little games with themselves. They'll try to hit – you know, a pylon, they'll try to hit an upright, they'll try to hit a crossbar, they'll try to hit a guy riding at a golf cart or whatever. Do you do stuff like yeah. that? Do you ever do little procedures? Yeah, yeah. Trick that, drills, that, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned that. So uh, so I actually, as I kind of said, I'm kind of anal retentive when it comes to snapping. And uh, during throughout a game, 
I'm constantly snapping on the sideline, whether it's just like, and that's, I like to think of it almost as like the judgment machine mentality. If you think about it, where it's just like a repetition. So I want to get 10 or 11 snaps before I run on the field for that field goal or for that extra point. So by the time I'm taking that 11th snap or that 12th snap, by the time I get on the field, it's just a continuation of what I've done before. So, I mean, that's me taking an upwards of probably 300 snaps a game, if you think about it. And I'm kind of just over – I'm kind of in my own world. I'm kind of doing my own thing. But that's, for me, kind of a relaxation technique, and I figured out what worked for me. But, uh, yeah, with regards to, like, the, the, te- the, the funny drills and stuff like that, I was having a little bit of an issue the first game because I was only before doing uh, punt snaps. And so the, the punt and the field goal are two different snaps. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is the punt, you're kind of using your legs, you're using your hips, you're getting everything involved into it. And the field goal is you're just using your hands. But I enjoy the field goal more personally because it's an accurate snap. And usually, I mean, in the situation of the field goal or the extra point, you're coming on the field and you're scoring points. You're not giving the ball away, you know. So uh, I enjoyed that more. But I had a little bit of an issue with, they weren't going terribly high. I mean, my holder was getting them all down and everything, but I always was looking through my legs after the snap because I wanted to see where it was at. And as I was looking through my legs, if you can kind of envision it, my butt would rise after the snap, which uh, your butt goes where the your butt goes where the ball goes. So we started doing this thing where I'd get my other snapper, who was uh, one of my backups, and I'd have him hold for me. And then our kickers would actually stand there and they would have pylons and they would be hitting me in the head with my helmet on while like right after I snapped, just kind of like almost simulating that nose guard or that defensive tackle lining up right across from me, giving me that initial hit right after a snap, kind of being ready to go. And I mean, my coach said, and, and he was like, he like beat the crap out of Dan. He was like, just do whatever you got to do. Uh, Cause I mean, there's some big dudes, especially in the conference that I played in for the in the PSAC this year, arguably one of the greatest conferences in the Division II football. My, my old D coordinator, I was a GA at University of Illinois, my old D coordinator, Lou Tepper. Um, oh, my gosh. Oh, I, I, I've told you about Lou Tepper, but that's we'll, – we'll, <laughs> when I said in my story, that's – We'll go from there, but that's yeah, we will. Uh, go ahead. Go great, ahead. Sorry, great, go ahead. Great, great, great guy. Great guy. Yeah, great guy. I agree. Guy. I agree. But go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, well, actually, out of so out of high school, as a as I was kind of telling you before, there's camps and everything involved. And uh, when I started going to one of the camps, it was the Ray guys kicking and snapping camp, also known as uh, ProSnapper.com. And after this rating was released, I had uh, obviously numerous D1 and D1AA preferred walk-on opportunities because none of those D1 schools were trying to throw money out of the snapper. Right. But, I mean, I guess at the, at, at the time, I guess I was uh, young and naive, you could say, and I was kind of yearning for that signing day experience, if you know what I mean. So I wanted to put the hat on. I wanted to have, uh-huh. wanted to have my 15 minutes of, wanted to have my 15 minutes of uh, fame, per se. Right. So at the time, actually, uh, IUP – uh, Division II school in the PSAC here in Pennsylvania offered me a partial scholarship to play there, and the current head coach at the time who offered me the money was Lou Tepper. Mm-hmm. And uh, I chose the school because Coach Tepper had his Christian values, which aligned with my beliefs pretty much, and we had similar morals and ethics, which I think my parents definitely tried to instill in me during my childhood. So, But, yeah, Coach Tepper is 
Yeah, like he's a he's a role model and a father figure, and it doesn't get much better than Coach Tepp. I'll tell you that for sure. And so, I don't. I mean, you said you played some linebacker in the past, also. Uh, no, I, I played a little defensive the end, end. The end. And uh, I, I played I played the end. I had a couple pick six in high school and stuff, but once I got to college, I wasn't even trying. Right. I knew. I you mean, knew. I was a decent. I was a, I was a decent high school football the end. I I could do what I needed to do. I was had tenacity. I was a wrestler in high school. I was a state qualifier wrestler here in Pennsylvania. So well, wait, that, that speaks for, uh, I was actually heavyweight, but I was a, I was a 189 guy wrestling heavyweight. So yeah, I was going to say, you, I mean, unless I'm yeah. reading you wrong, you don't look heavyweight enough to me to be a heavyweight. <laughs> no, well, actually, actually now, nowadays I'm weighing in around 250. Oh, so okay. I'm, I'm definitely, I've, I've grown into my body. That's for sure. But, uh, I think that's obviously with the Division One strength and conditioning program here had one of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the country here at Penn State. So, I mean, I think uh, I definitely, I think I put on about 60 pounds since I got to college of wow. good weight, actually. So, yeah, yeah I, I kind of kind of bloom blade, you could say. But, yeah, I have the utmost respect for Coach Tepper and everything he's done. He's he's the man. So, so before yeah. we move on from this, I don't think people understand that you still go into the weight room as a long snapper and have things you're supposed to do. For those who are, yeah. I, I'll be honest, I, each person in each position had certain little things they were given by a strength and conditioning, and I never knew what long snappers did. Um, so so yeah. tell me about what goals or what things you're supposed to execute. I mean, so obviously it's not just a few curls for the girls and then off to more long snapping. Right. You have, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Well, I mean, you gotta, you got you to gotta keep the thighs strong because you got to just look good when you're going out and saying you're on the football team, even though none of the girls will know who you are as a long snapper. But, I mean, that's besides the point, I guess. But uh, I guess what I'm really doing in the weight room is I'm doing cleans and snatches, you know, so I'm trying to get that triple extension, that hip flexion, and that hip flexion, if you think about it, is the same triple extension and hip flexion in which you need in a snap. So, I mean, Olympic lifts for me are huge. I think the snappers that utilize the Olympic lifts are the better snappers. So that's what I'm, I'm doing the same thing that the fullbacks are doing, that the linebackers are doing. And I'm getting after it probably equally as hard, if not harder than them, because I know the importance of them. But then I've actually now recently started, as I've been training for the draft here and a couple of pro days I have coming up, I've uh, kind of done a little bit of resistance band stuff and I'm tying a resistance band to, like, the bottom of a squat rack, and I'm just doing resistance band where I'm trying to now just think about – because there's different things you can do to try and increase your velocity, but the weighted ball thing for me, that never really worked out. So this resistance band thing, I'm tying it down at the bottom, and I'm snapping it through my legs and simulating that kind of the snapping approach. So that's what I've been doing as of recently. But, yeah, I mean, there's the basic – but. When it comes to lifting, I don't think you can't go wrong with doing Olympic lifts. That's for, that's for sure. So, sure. Well, first of all, like I said, it's good to know. You know, people sort of assume that you know punters, kickers, and long snappers are you know like smoking and joking and uh, you know off the golf yeah. or whatever. <laughs> so it's good to well, know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that seriously. Work. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely putting in the work. I, I think I I put in. I'd say a little bit more work than most punters, kickers, and snappers, but that's just because I've had a, a work ethic and kind of a, a unique story, which kind of brought me to where I was at this past year. So, Got it. So, uh, J- 
Jim, what other questions might you have for Dan about the life of the long snapper? Well, I don't know if you've already answered it, but uh, how did when did you know that you were going to be a long snapper, I guess? It's kind of like going up to your parents who wanted you to be an astronaut to be like, oh, yeah. I want to be a dentist. You know, I want to... Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, uh, as I said, kind of, I touched on it a little bit, but I uh, I was here in State College. My mom was a head track and field coach here uh, from 84 to 99, and now she's still in the athletic department here. She's actually helping Paralympic athletes. But I grew up and was raised in State College, and uh, I, I think I was just at a high school with so many kids that my opportunity to see the field for playing time wasn't going to really happen until, I mean, I wasn't even dressing for games, so... I think snapping kind of found me per se because I had to find something where I'd have a chance to keep on playing, to dress for the games, to be a part of the team. And I mean, in high school, I was still trying to do the other things and I could do the other things well, but I knew that if I wanted to take my game to the next level, once I got to college, I just had to kind of focus in on just snapping. So. Okay. Any follow-ups that you might have about that, Jim? Um, well, <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I know we usually ask, uh, but who are the lock stoppers you look up to? I know you talked about it uh, a little bit. Again, it's just – not to say it's, a, you know, it's professional like any yeah. other, but um, – yeah. and you obviously know a ton about it, uh, yeah. you know, just from you talking about it. Uh, but in terms of, like – you know, the NFL long snappers right now, uh, I guess, who's the best one, really? Like, in the NFL, because uh, yeah. there's 32 of them, and they all can't be, you know, the best. Right, yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, no, well, I mean, I, I think, I think uh, being a Center County native here in Pennsylvania, kind of in the middle of the state, I, uh, my personal hero was John Condo, just because he's 15 minutes down the road from me and kind of, had a story similar to mine where he just wasn't going to see time in any other position at the University of Maryland. He was there and then uh, actually got picked up by Jerry Jones with the Cowboys, had one bad snap in a preseason game, got cut from the team, and then uh, found his niche out with uh, Al Davis out in o- with Oakland. And uh, I think he, I think Kidden just kind of staying persistent at it. I think he, his, his body frame and my body frame are most similar. So I think I relate my style towards his, but I mean, yeah, there's a ton of good snappers. I mean, even if you watch the Super Bowl, which I'm sure you guys did, there was a uh, one bad one that kind of bounced back. Now, I mean, that kid that snapped it actually, though, is one of the best snappers in the league. So, I mean, it can happen with anybody and it's just uh it's kind of a freak thing. I mean, if your focus isn't, you have to have laser focus. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You just have to be, tuned in the entire time and you always have to be on your toes because you never know when they're going to call you to go onto the field. So, but yeah, I'd say, uh, I, I guess this year the pro bowlers were Doran boss with uh, the Eagles and the Cowboys guys. So, I mean, I guess this year somebody thought that they were the best two, but I think I saw online that now for the past 10 years or so, five to 10 years that the New York Giants snapper has led the NFL with snapper tackles. So, I mean, that's a stat right there. But I think I think he's had, he's had six or seven tackles a season, which 
as a snapper, you have your gunners who are usually your uh, wideouts or a, a D-back or somebody who's got burning speed, and then you usually have your snapper who's probably got a, a low five-second 40, you know? So if he if, if, uh, the Giants got to get that, that, That's an accomplishment, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, so if the Giants guy's getting downfield and if the Giants if yeah, so I mean I, I guess you could argue that he's probably one of the best out there also. So but uh I mean I definitely have role models, I definitely look up to them, but uh at the same time I don't think there's one snapper in the NFL that has skills in which I don't possess. So Yeah. Um I'm gonna ask you a question that once again I've never asked anyone, but here it comes. Yeah. Is there long snapper trash talk? And if so, what does it sound like? Well, okay. Well, the long snapper trash talk, so this is where it actually comes to – it's it's pretty bad about this, actually. So uh, <laughs> so I guess it gets more on extra points. Okay. So you kind of so, – so if you think about it, you have your offensive, defensive lines, you have your war, you have your, your hogs down in, the, down in the trenches there, and they're going back and forth. Obviously, your offense must have won the battle if you guys just scored a touchdown. So, I mean, you have your offensive line, so your center's getting taken off the field. You're coming onto the field, and then you're in the middle of an offensive line who's jarring at a defensive lineman for what they just did. And it's kind of like, hey, I come in like almost like the, the mediator, like, hey, guys, can we uh, just chill here just for like, two seconds because I'm like, let's just get this off. But you kind of get thrown into the mix. And so I, as a snapper, I don't, I think there's a lot of people kind of telling me like, cause I was number 58 this year. It's like, Hey, five, eight, you're going to screw up. You're going to screw up. You know, it's like people trying to say stuff at me, okay. but it's not like, it's not like, I mean, I think actually the admiration that snappers have for each other are pretty high. Right. I mean, when it comes to team to team, it's, I mean, it's a fraternity, you know? So yeah. it's, I mean, as I said, one of my biggest rivals in high school, Sam Rogers, is a Syracuse's prospect and probably the number one Division One prospect that's out there in the country entering the draft. And I mean, I guess you could, you would say that if he's trying to go to the NFL this year, and I'm trying to go to the NFL this year, that he should be a rival. But I mean, I hope the best for him, man, because at the end of the day, it's it doesn't matter if I think that Sam's a better snapper than me or if I think whatever it's what those teams think, you know, and if I make a better relationship with a GM for the Steelers or a GM for the Cardinals or whatever, I'm going to have a better team and it doesn't matter. So, I mean, I think when it's all said and done, the respect in which snappers have for each other are pretty high, but you kind of get thrown into a trash talking situation a lot, especially on the extra points when it's just like, all right, guys, let's, uh, let's, let's chill out here just for 1.2 seconds. And then, <laughs> after I snap this ball and we get off the field, let's you guys can get back after it. But uh, but yeah, I had I had one time I was actually playing against Cheney this year, and I think Cheney's a pretty poor team in our conference. But they had one stud on their team, Isaiah Fleming, mm-hmm. and Fleming is actually uh probably one of the biggest D two prospects. You guys probably have heard about him, I'm sure. Very familiar. But uh, yeah, yeah, Fleming. So Fleming. So I get on the field and. Our starting quarterback was our holder this year. Oh. And so so, so it's kind of a weird situation, but we like to run a lot of muddle stuff and a lot of potential that I could snap the ball directly to him and he could run and throw it if we wanted to do some trick plays or whatever. So uh, but so it was kind of a unique situation. And we were ahead 27 nothing, I think. We were killing Cheney. 
And Fleming comes, I, I get on the field, and Fleming goes, yo, I don't care about what the scoreboard says. I already have 13 tackles. I picked you off twice. And he's like, he's like talking, he's like talking crap to our quarterback. And I'm standing there, I'm standing there over top of the ball. And I'm like, yo, Fleming, just chill. You and I are both going to probably have a shot here at the league next year. Why don't you just relax right now, buddy? And it was kind of a funny moment because both the offense and defensive lines of the teams just cracking up. I mean, so it was like, it was like no one could take the play seriously. I don't think anybody even rushed the kick at all because it was, hey. just, it, was it was probably it was probably one of my funniest moments that I've, I've had in my college football career, though I'd say for sure. So there you go. So you took yeah. Isaiah Fleming out of his game. See there you, there you go. go. You got inside his head. I tried. I tried to. I tried to. But uh, he's, he's actually he's a really good friend of mine, and uh, I think he's a he's a real good ball player. So I, I wish him the best. So he is he's he's a great guy. It's probably the first time a long snapper's ever said anything to him in his entire life, though, is what I'm guessing. Oh, exactly, exactly. But I mean, I came in, I came in this year to Lock Haven as a as a grad student, and I had a bunch of confidence as being a, a member of the Penn State football team and everything. So I kind of felt like I had not a chip on my shoulder, but I had a little bit of confidence. You know, I could, I could, I could speak up if I felt needed. I was a fifth year, I was a grad student, so. If, uh, I just didn't take crap from anybody, I guess you could say. So that's what I told I told Fleming. I was just like, you know what? You know, you're a heck of a ball player. We probably both have a shot at the league next year, but why don't you just relax and let us beat you guys right now? So I think we ended up shutting them out 28 nothing. so it's kind of funny. But. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. You mentioned yeah, also. Yeah, it, 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 it was a neat story. It's definitely a, a memorable one for sure, so. You mentioned yeah. being at, at the two levels, obviously, uh, Penn State, yeah. which is you know a flag, flagship program. I mean, anyone right. who's even the tiniest bit of a, a college football fan is very familiar with Penn State. Yeah. People who are familiar with college football and are really familiar, obviously, know the PSAC, as you said, is one of the better conferences in D2 pretty much every year. Right. Tell mm-hmm. me, can, compare and contrast the experiences of being at those two levels. What are the things you noticed that were the same, and what things did you notice were different? I mean, at the same, I think when it comes to level of competition and talent, I mean, there's athletes at the PSAC that, and I think that's why these smaller draft organizations and these smaller, uh, like D2 small school draft diamonds, whatever you want to call it, I mean, these smaller organizations that are trying to get the small players of the NFL, I think they need to be taken as seriously and as credible as those D1 draft sites because at the end of the day, when it comes to D1 and D2, the only difference is a D2 athlete has a story. You know, why is the D2 athlete there? Maybe they screwed up at their D1 school. Maybe they got in trouble or whatever. But, I mean, the D2 athlete is equally as good, in my opinion, especially in the PSAC, as most of the D1. Now, I mean, obviously, against if you're going up against a Wisconsin or – I mean, those those guys are exceptions. But at the same time, I mean, you look at Cal U, who had three or four guys this year who I think were part of the Michigan State Rose Bowl team on their team. I mean, I think that was a rumor. That that may have been a rumor I heard or something from one of my teammates. But, I mean, you're getting transfers all over the place. I mean, Westchester, you have guys up for the Harlan Hill Award. You have uh, Shippensburg. That's John Coombs School. You know, you have uh, Kutztown, which had, uh, I think, Ed Reed was there at Kutztown. I mean, you're having NFL players year in and year out of the PSAC. Well, and if you, I mean, uh, you even think of, you on, think, on, you think about Reed. it. 
Andre Reed, not Ed Reed. Reed went to the U. Andre Reed, Andre Reed, excuse me. But uh, I think it was this past Pro Bowl that there was four PSAC guys alone just in the, in the Pro Bowl game. I think the one had an interception and a Bloomsburg kid, I believe, or something. So, I mean, you think about it, Penn State, you look at the quality of the Penn State team, yeah, they produce great college football. They're one of the best historically on paper college football programs. But Penn State doesn't hasn't historically produced a great NFL player. And there are some guys who are potentially NFL studs in the PSAC. So, I mean, when it comes to the level of talent, I think that's it's pretty similar actually, but maybe the game is a little bit fast a little bit faster at the D one level, but other than that I think the PSAC has to be taken into consideration as one of the best conference levels in the nation for D2. Perfect. I'm going to open yeah. it back up for uh, my co-host, Jim. What other questions might you have for our inaugural long snapper on the show? Uh, sure. Um, well, pro- probably my next question would be uh, in terms of uh, hobbies, you know, like off the field sort of activities, um, you know, what exactly do you do? So, like, when you're not long snapping and you're not yeah. like, the history of long snapping, um, yeah. you know, and, and writing, and writing a uh, – it'd be kind of cool if there was a long snapping book or something like that, actually. Yeah, you know, there's, I think there actually, there's actually a book called longsnap.com, and actually there's an agent out there. His name's Kevin Gold out of Harrisburg. He runs a website. If you guys can get around to it and check it out sometime, I think it's just called Longsnap. Uh, it's just Longsnap. It's like Longsnap.com, but then the book's Longsnap. So I mean, there are there is a couple of uh, things out there, but yeah, I mean, I I uh, I think one thing that kind of separates me is answering your hobby question that uh, I don't think a lot of people realize, and I think it's something that I'd like to definitely put out there when it comes to what separates me from other prospects is uh, just my athletic ability and my background. I think out of high school, I lettered in four different varsity sports. I lettered in lacrosse, baseball, football, and wrestling. And then in college, I actually lettered in two sports. So I actually never lettered in football at Penn State, but I lettered in track and field. So uh, I guess my hobbies are my opposite seasons. Right now I'm actually in the middle of my track and field season at uh, Lock Haven for grad school, but I'm a 35-pound weight thrower during the winter, and then in the spring season I'm a uh, hammer thrower. So I kind of, I as I said, I transferred back to Penn State my sophomore year after uh, being at IUP that one year. kind of got homesick, and Coach Tepp unfortunately got fired. So my sophomore spring I walked on the Penn State varsity track and field team I eventually picked up the hammer, was a hammer thrower and a 35-pound weight thrower um, that by my senior year at Penn State, I actually ended up qualifying for both the Big Ten indoor and outdoor championships, and I'm actually now presently a varsity letter winner at Penn State Athletics, I think mostly due to my hard work ethic. So um, when it actually comes to football at Penn State, I actually uh, got to my junior year at Penn State. I wanted to give football another shot. So I tried out for uh, football in both the fall and the winter of that 2012-2013 year. Unfortunately, things didn't work out for me, so I kind of refocused my attention back to track and field. Although after those tryouts, I did leave a positive impression with Coach O'Brien and the staff. And so uh, during my senior year 
there was the 2013-2014 season, so O'Brien's last year, um, you know, I was following the season opener against Syracuse was when I received a phone call from uh, one of the football coaches at Penn State informing me that he was extending a roster spot within the Penn State football program as a long snapper. So, unfortunately, I was on the team for roughly almost a week until uh, I was informed by another coach by phone call that all the coaches on the staff hadn't discussed and agreed upon the option of adding me to the roster. So it was kind of like, you're here, but now here's your ticket, goodbye. And so needless to say, I was crushed. But, I mean, I guess in hindsight, looking back on all this, I'm stronger from it. I definitely uh, view this story in more of a positive light now. It's kind of a story in which I overcame adversity and how it strengthened me as an individual. So, I mean, as I, as I mentioned, I uh, grew up in a state called, in the Penn State area. I had many friends that were sons and daughters of coworkers within the Penn State Athletic Department here. And I don't think it was even until about last spring that I was sitting around the fire pit at my house with probably my best friend, and we'd start talking about the idea of me using my fifth year of eligibility for football. And uh, my best friend from growing up as a child was a kid by the name of Chris Venturino. And Chris's uh, father was Tommy Venturino, who was a director of football ops at Penn State. He kind of served as Joe Paterno's right-hand man for numerous years. I mean, I, he, he tells me stories about going and buying Joe Pop bourbon when all the electricity was out and everything. So he, he's, got, he's got a pretty cool story about Joe Pon. Definitely uh, had the utmost respect for Joe and everything he did. But uh, anywho, Chris kind of informed me that one of his dad's former colleagues at uh, Penn State was John Allen, who's the current head football coach at Off Haven. And Chris kind of said, you know, you should give Coach Allen a call and inform him in the form of the mutual connection I have with him and uh, see if I could snap while obtaining my graduate degree from Lock Haven during my fifth year of this past season. So, I mean, Coach Allen and the Lock Haven football program welcomed me into their, uh, with the, uh, open arms into their program. And I definitely could say the storybook ending to uh, my season as a long snapper, trying to continue and pursue my dream in the sport my fifth year. Started every game this past season. I helped assist in the special teams unit at Lock Haven with my snapping ability. So, I mean, my my season's performances this past season, I guess, were so impressive. I got nominated for both, uh, for two separate All-Star games, actually. So, I was down in Miami in December for the National Bowl. And then this past Martin Luther King Day, I was actually in Virginia Beach for the Dream Bowl. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, so I was, I, both games I had real nice stand-up performances. The Dream Bowl actually presented me with a unique challenge that, I or no other snapper in the country has ever encountered before. I don't know if you guys have heard about it or not, but uh, the executive director of the game, Neil Malvone, asked me before the game if I wanted to snap for both teams. <laughs> so uh, after serious like thoughtful consideration, I really didn't want to do it. I, I wanted to do it. My mom and all my friends were like, Yo, you're just going to kind of – you're writing your own will right now. I mean, because, I mean, I knew it, would be, it could be ugly, but uh, – I ended up accepting this challenge. I ended up snapping for what I guess is now I've heard I'm in talks with the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> so I guess I, I ended up snapping what might be a world record, 18 long snaps total in the game. And it appears as of now it is a world record for the most long snaps taken by an individual attempted in one single game. So uh, thankfully God's blessing you know, enough that, that historic performance is actually enough to award me the 2015 special teams MVP of the Dream Bowl. So that's kind of like my, that's kind of my story 
as it all wraps up, but I guess coming back to your hobby question, I mean, I guess I'm just a sports nut when it comes to it. So I'm in my free time, I'm either training, I'm snapping, I'm throwing a 35-pound cannonball as far as I can, or I'm swinging around and throwing a 16-pound hammer as far as I can. So, I mean, it's just it's constantly sports around the clock for me, but nothing else I'd rather do. So I don't have a girlfriend, don't have any distractions. So <laughs> that's all. Sports are my love. So that's what it comes down to. Um, now, how'd you get started in the weight throws? How, how'd you how'd um, that get exposed to that? Was that from your mom, or how'd that happen? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, well, I, when I transferred back to Penn State, I transferred back to Penn State actually due to finances because with my mom being an Olympian and uh, and a foot, track and field coach here for 15 years or whatever, uh, kind of nepotism, I guess you could say, or whatever, <laughs> but they, they kind of just ex- they extended me they said, you know, you can be on the team, you know. And we're at a time where Penn State was almost, I'd say, the Alabama of throws. I mean, we have a 69-foot a shot putter who actually now wow. is, I think, third, third in the world with a 72-foot throw. His name's Joe Kovacs. He was here. We had, uh, we had a Blake Eaton who was training here. I think Blake got second and third. But, I mean, when I got here – we only had one male thrower left, one or two male throwers left. We had a two-time All-American, Will Barr, was here, and he's my, one of my best friends to this day. And he was in a 35-pound weight throw. And the 35-pound weight throw and the hammer are both events in which they aren't high school events. So I wasn't behind the eight ball, per se. When it came to either of those two events, it wasn't like the discus or the shot put, which kids have been doing since seventh grade. It was an event that I could, I just had to absorb like a sponge and I picked it up and I ended up, I came in my sophomore year, I was throwing 30 feet. And by the time I graduated from Penn State, I think my PR was roughly 55 feet in a, in a weight, weight throw. So I've got two more meets left this season here at uh, Lock Haven, but kind of in my pursuit of trying to, trying to punch my ticket right now to go to national. So that's what I'm kind of focused on here for these final two more weeks before I come back and refocus my attention again now on football. So it's pretty cool. Wow. Well, that testifies to your ability to multitask. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I think that's one thing that obviously I have that athletic background my uh, cousin is Jordy Nelson, actually. So, I mean, I have a rich, rich tradition of excellence, of uh, athletic excellence within my family. So, obviously, my mom being Olympian in the 76 games in Montreal, and then my cousin is uh, Jordy Nelson, pro bowler with the Green Bay Packers. I think um, I'd, I'm believed to say that I'm blessed with an athletic ability that's unrivaled to that of my competition. So, I mean, I guess that's where, yeah, I can multitask. I can uh, do a lot of things. I think even if I get a roster spot or an opportunity at the NFL, I think that's what's going to separate me is that I'm more than just a snapper. Is I'll get on the kickoff teams. I'll help run scout teams. I'll fill up your water jug if you need me to. I'll do whatever you need me to because I, I think that's where uh, I have a lot of different athletic abilities that can be utilized in different ways. Well, first of all, uh, next time you see your cousin, tell him – Tell him, hey, I think he's maybe the, one of the top two or three wide receivers in football. That's a special, yeah. that's a special guy. That's a special. Yeah, yeah, he's, he, yeah. We actually, uh, 
I don't go out go out to Kansas as much anymore now that my grand grandma and grandpa have passed. They were from there, but my mom and him went to the same high school and everything. But yeah, I mean he he still we have a family restaurant in town there where we're from in Leonardville, Kansas, called Nelson's Landing. It's just pictures of pretty much Jordy and my mom in there that take up the entire take up the entire restaurant. So yeah, I think he's arguably the best wide receiver in some some means in the in the country and one of the most humble people you ever meet in his life. I mean, he signed that huge contract and he said, you know, I'm not going to be able to spend a third of that contract in which I just signed. So, I mean, I'm, he's forever grateful for his opportunity. He actually has a story also where he almost got cut from the Kansas State football yep. team before Coach Snyder, Coach Snyder took the helms back over again. So, I mean, I think it's those people that can overcome this adversity and I've definitely overcame the adversity. He's overcome the adversity I mean, I think those are the people, and you still have that itch that needs to be scratched with football. Those are going to be your more successful guys in the NFL. So, yeah, hunger hunger has overcome many things. So, yeah. So, Jim, um, what other questions might you have for Dan? Um, honestly, I I can't think of any other ones. Uh, you kind of you went to a couple All Star events stuff, so I was going to ask about that, but. Uh, uh, I would just say best of luck, man, and, uh, you know, keep on doing what you do. And, uh, hey, if you break into the 32 club, you know, the lock separate club, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, well, I, th- I thank you guys so much both for uh, for hosting me today and everything. I really do appreciate it. I mean, that's why I try and tell people that are asking me, what do I got to do now, you know? I mean, and what I need is exposure because I'm not a quarterback. I can't say I passed for 4,000 yards. I can't say I did this. I just need to get my name out there, get my story out there. I think I've got a pretty unique one. So the more more opportunities I have, like, with you guys hosting me and everything, I think the better position I'm going to be in. So I really thank you guys for hosting me today. It's, it's very – it's an honor. So thank you guys. Well, before before you run, one is I'm going to follow up with you because I want to uh, – this will be a new experience for me. I want to write up a little article, and uh, you'll be getting some questions via email from me regarding that. Also, before you take off, I'll have my final question. And I'll have to modify it slightly, I guess, uh, but not that much. Yes. A lot of times I ask guys about their perfect play or their favorite game or their the thing they'd want to – to represent them at their school if somebody was putting together a video collage or what have you. So I guess focusing on what you would want to have to show who you were, what you were, what would you point to people? If you had a a particular play or a particular game to show to somebody, to say this is what Dan Jordan brought to the table as a player – what would you show yeah. people? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to pinpoint a single game, I mean, referring back to my Isaiah Fleming comments, I mean, my Cheney game, I think our, without our kicking unit, we wouldn't have been so successful. But, I mean, I think that, and that a, lot, a lot of that started with snaps, and I snapped a perfect game that game. So, I mean, that would be something that if we're pinpointing one game, but I think if we're making a highlight film, we're really – capitalize on who I am as a person, what my character is. I mean, what stands, what separates me from everybody else, I think it's, if you can somehow within that film include the work ethic in which I have, my positive attitude, my ability to overcome this adversity. And I think my, I mean, if you can just look at my size and strength and my athletic ability, I mean, I have numbers. I got 
13 reps at the 225 on the bench. I vertical jumped uh, 28, 28 inches at my first combine. I think I broad jumped nine feet. I mean, I, I have size and strength and these extra things, which are really separates me from everybody else. And I'm extremely oriented and I'm focused and persistent. And I mean, I think if you just put that somehow in a montage, if you can add all those characteristics together, I think that's who I am. That's who Dan Jordan is. That's what makes Dan Jordan, arguably, in my opinion, the best long snapper entering the 2015 NFL draft. So, so yeah. So you're the J.J. Watt of long snappers, is what you're telling me. You had to fight your way past. I, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, J.J. Watt is in a league of his own, man. I mean, if I, if I uh, maybe maybe like the Scotty Pippen of long snappers. That's what we're gonna go with. I mean, you're, I mean, I don't, I don't, You're not 100 percent comfortable with the T-shirts that say I'm the J.J. Watt of long snappers yet, huh? No, no, no. I won't. I won't go off on. I'm putting almost J.J. Watt after the season he had. I mean, with J.J. Watt is almost on the same pedestal as Michael Jordan, in my opinion. So I don't. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want, I don't want to be off on that pedestal yet. But uh, I think you could. You could just maybe say that. I'm a leader, I'm positive, I'm – and I think there's a lot of times that long snappers can easily detract themselves from the team and they can – you know, because you are, as we've, as we've mentioned before, you are just standing in the corner squirting water, water bottles on each other with your kickers <laughs> before, before you're called onto the field that you can kind of be a nuisance almost in some ways. And, I mean, this year, look alone – I was running scout team offensive guard, and I was I was mixing it up. And I mean, as you know, if you watch a college football practice, I was getting in scraps with some of our starting linebackers, and I was right in the forefront of it all. So I mean, I'm, I'm and it wasn't. I mean, it was obviously I was bringing the most out of my teammates. Also, I think that's something that I can really attribute to just a personality thing. So I think it's more of a personality that separates me from the others as opposed to, because, I mean, when it's all said and done, if I'm getting the ball back there on a line, what separates me from a high school long snapper is getting me back on the line? You know, what, what separates me from anybody else? I mean, I'm just another long snapper. As you said, most people don't even know what it is, and I can't even go to a, a party and brag about it to a girl because nobody knows what a long snapper is. I mean, I have to almost lie and say I'm a center, you know? So it's, uh, <laughs> so it, it, it's uh, where no one knows what it is, and it's a good thing if they don't know what it is, but what I think is football is a team sport. There's no I in team. And at the end of the day, if you have somebody who can be a positive influence to your team, I think that's what I can bring to the table also. I mean, I was in there, but we're down by, I think we lost by four to IUP, who's a perennial powerhouse. Yeah. And if you know anything about the Lockhaven football program, we were one of the worst teams in the country for – I think we have the longest losing streak in the country, actually. So nothing we're proud about, but we're a program that's going in the right direction. We're going neck and neck with some of the best teams in the country right now, and we're a real program on the rise, and I attribute most of that to Coach Allen and his staff there that he has down the road here in Lock Haven. But, uh, I mean, I think that if you saw me in the locker room, how I related to team, I mean, if I can make a 52-man roster – those are going to be my brothers, you know, and that, and it's not going to be me and me and Dan Carpenter. It's not going to be me and whoever the kicker is, Sebastian Janikowski, in our own world. I'm going to be there 
try and make relationships with Russell Wilson. I'll try and be there nudging up right next to Jordy. I mean, not not just because he's my cousin, but just because he's going to be my teammate. He'll be my brother. And I think that's one thing that is what separates me from most is that I want to be involved in the team. I want to be involved in the process. And I went to offensive line meetings this year for no reason. I mean, there was no reason for me to go to an offensive line meeting except I wanted to try and bring our team together. And we have a, so we had a starting offensive line this year at Lockhaven that were all freshmen, and oh. we were ha- hanging neck. Yeah, and so we were hanging neck and neck with. Uh, I was just trying to help some of these young pups here through those freshman, freshman pains. And I mean, honestly, I'm excited to follow my alma mater here at Lockhaven and see how we're going to do in the future. Because I think, honestly, we're going to be a, a piece of contender here. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised a couple of years down the road we're talking about Lockhaven as one of the best teams in the country here. So okay. Yeah, I, 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 my best sport, though, I, I loved football, but my best sport was wrestling. And I considered, I, I had a partial offer for wrestling at Lock Haven, but I ended up staying in my area and walking on for football at Moffitt State and being buried of death chart. If I were slightly bigger, maybe I would have vlog snapped. I, I, yeah. I, I, I literally tell anybody who's a backup tight end or whatever, I mean, like, run the long snap, you know? <laughs> uh, right, yeah. If you're at least 220, 225 pounds and reasonably athletic and you're a guy that realizes you might not be about to shoot up the depth chart anytime soon, learn the long snap. Right. Right. I mean, and that's the thing is uh, the athletic uh, component of what you mentioned there is huge now. I mean, the long snapper used to be that fat slob who was 280 <laughs> pounds and could snap a ball back real nice and then would be able to block somebody. But now the now the long snapper in the NFL has so many different responsibilities. I mean, they're snapping. Right after the snap, you're kick sliding either to the right or the left, whatever, depending on whatever your uh, your coach is calling out for you to block to. Whichever side you want to protect, you got to snap, block, and then as – the guy for the Giants is doing, you got to run downfield and make a tackle if you can. So, I mean, you've got three jobs. So I've been told by a lot of scouts and everybody that kind of keep my weight around this 240, 250 area. But, I mean, you, I got to stay athletic. So I'm kind of still working on my 40 times trying to get those down to about 4'7 if I can by the wow. time I okay. – I, 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 I have two, uh, two pro days coming up here. I think I'm for sure going to Temple's pro day. Okay. And then I'm uh, – I'm like 95% sure that I'll be able to get into Penn State's pro day here just because obviously being a varsity letter winner and everything. But uh, I'm definitely for sure into Temple's pro day because their head coach actually is uh, Matt Rule, who's a state college guy himself. So There you go. Matt, Matt's, uh, Matt's dad was actually my phys ed teacher here at State High and is a member of my church with me here in town. So pretty great. pretty cool relationship. That is great. Well, I'm going to be following up because yeah. I want to hear what your numbers are. Uh, right. you're, you're, you're doing everything, right? You're not just going to go down there and long snap. You're going to do the, the whole the whole thing. Yeah, the whole kit and caboodle. That's the plan right Perfect. now. Perfect. I mean, how it, looks, how it looks like right now, though, is that Temple and Penn State pro days are back-to-back. So uh, I think it's March 18th and March 19th. So I actually am in the process. I had an agent, real nice guy with a little experience, so I actually um, decided to go a different direction. I've actually signed, uh, in the process of signing one of the best agents in the country, uh, Rich Rosa with Eastern yeah. Athletic Services. Rich uh, represented Michael Strahan, represents, I, I think their company has been representing athletes for over 100 years now. And I think in conclusion, they've represented 
30 pro bowlers or something like that. So I'm, I'm okay. going with a fellow Penn, fellow Penn Stater with Rich here. And uh, Rich has kind of given me a little insight on how I should go, approach these pro days and everything and saying maybe just snap at Temple. And then if I'm going back-to-back, because these combines do take a lot out of they me. They do. So You're, you're, you're going to be yeah, sore. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I'll be, be hitting that ice bath pretty hard that week after. But uh, I'll, be, I'll be going back-to-back, so I might just snap at Temple and then do everything here at Penn State if I am fortunate enough to get into Penn State's pro day here. But we're still, still talking about it and seeing if there's maybe even an op- opportunity with one of these NFL regional combines which makes sense for me to go to. There's a March 7th one out in Chicago. Yep. So uh going to do that. And then there's – so as a snap of there's actually different combines. Gary's Honor has one out in Arizona, which is for snappers only, and so does uh, Michael Husted. And that's out in San Diego March 28th through April 2nd. So I'm pretty sure that I'll be going to Michael's uh, camp here. I just gave Michael a call here earlier today. So looking forward to hearing back from him. But – just going to book my plane ticket out to San Diego and then uh, also we'll be out there with uh, Houston will be uh, Green Bay, ex-Green Bay Packers special teams coach Mike Stock. Oh, so I made a real oh, nice, great. I made a real, oh, wow. Yeah, I made, a real, I, I, made, I made a real nice relationship with Coach Stock actually at uh, the National Bowl. He was down there in Florida with me. I think Coach Stock was kind of – more worried about getting the sun and everything, but no, I, uh, it, was, it was, it was 85 and beautiful. I don't know why I'm sitting here looking out my window right now at the snow in Pennsylvania after I was down there, but, uh, that's another issue, but no, but coach stock was, uh, went to a special teams clinic with him the first day I got down there at the national bowl and legitimately, I've never met a person so enthusiastic about special teams in my life. He is I one mean, of the great we, special teams coaches you will ever meet in your life. Oh yeah, I mean, and he he had some funny stories for me. He was at Notre Dame when uh, when Rudy was there, and uh, kind of said, you know, the Rudy story might be a little a little bit uh, misconstrued, yeah, <laughs> a, little, a little bit exaggerated. Yeah, it is. But it, is. Uh, it, it was it was kind of neat to hear his perspective on some of this stuff, also. But I mean, as I said, if I never play it down a football again in my life, I think I now have the tools and the resources that I could be a pretty heck of a good. Uh, special teams coach now that I've had the tutelage of uh, Coach Stock. So it's it's been pretty good for me. So Is that, is that something you might do at some point down the line? When I mean, football, of course, for long snappers, oh. you might be able to do this until you're 44, but for, both, but for most of us, it's right. over pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I'm, I'm realistic about the dream. I'm pursuing the dream. I'm running the dream down to the ground here, but I'm realistic about it, and football is a means to an end. And if anything, I think – I mean, I get worked up talking about the game of football because I have so much love for it. But, uh, I mean, I think I'm probably going to be better utilized as following in my mother's footsteps as a coach and kind of going down that path. I think I have a lot to offer the sport. And okay. It'd be neat to just teach some of these other kids how to long snap because, as you said, as you both said, have no idea what it is. You know, you don't you don't hear about it until you screw up and then – once you screw up, they're the biggest name. It's like Bill Buckner, you know. So you don't hear about them till it's till it's something bad, and then once you hear about them, they become the goat. So, uh, yeah. so it's uh, it, it, it's it is neat. I think there's a whole world that hasn't even been touched on. But I mean, the, the you look at a triangle of football. Football is made up of three main aspects, and you can't 
take off a play in special teams because if you take off in special teams, your team's not going to be successful. So, Dan, I believe I think I'm being joined I, by a couple of, of other people here. Hold on. Is that is that Montel Hardy? Right. Who just joined me from, from the Chicagoland area? Maybe it's not Montel. Someone's just joined me. Let me see. Oh, All right. Let's see who's with me. Is that Alex? Is Alex with me? Alex oh, this Brown? This is Jimmy. Oh, there's Jimmy. Okay. I'll be transitioning to you in just a second, Jimmy. And there's okay. somebody, else, somebody else on with me, but I can't figure out who the other person is. Somebody else from Illinois? Who is that? I don't know. Maybe just a listener. Um, so, Dan, I'm going to ask yeah. you to be looking out for an email from me soon. I'm going to follow up with you because I want to hear if you do, especially if you come out here to a regional combine. Promise me that yes. you'll let me know. So I'll, I'll show you my city. And, uh, yes. and you've seen one of my cities. I grew up in Virginia Beach. I went to Green Run High School out there. So, okay. You're, you're, from, you're from Chicago, you said? Is that where no, you're from? I'm from originally? Virginia Beach, but I live in Chicago. Okay. All the way around. So yeah, you live in cool. Chicago. Well, uh, yeah, my dad, my dad was actually born and raised in Naperville. So, Northwest oh. uh, he's, yeah. he's a Yeah, so, I mean, I, I was actually out in Chicago for a camp with uh, – it was a snapping camp. It was a snapping superstar camp, and we were at one of those D three schools right on the outskirts. But definitely love Chicago, love everything about it. And actually, that I was think probably North Michigan. Central. I'm guessing. I, I, th- I think you're right. Now, now that I think about it, I think it was uh, yeah. North Central. It was pretty cool because the Florida State snappers were there, and I was I was hanging in there neck and neck with some of those big D one guys. And that was my freshman year, which seems like. Years ago now, but uh, that was my freshman year when I was at IUP, and I was hanging in there right with uh, some of the best in the country then. So I know that I did it then when I was younger. I can still do it now when I'm bigger and stronger and faster than I've ever been before. So I'm I'm looking forward to everything. But yeah, if I'm I'm out in the Chicago area, I'll definitely hit you up for sure. Maybe we'll have to go to go to Geo's or whatever. Have a have a nice slice of deep dish pizza there. That'd be good. Well, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> so you have you have my information. I have your information. We'll be following up with you. Yeah. I want to hear obviously about your experiences at at your pro days and or regional combines. And that, now that I like I said, now that we've connected, I, you'll be expect I'll be following up with you for the article I'll be writing as well. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. As I said again, it's just all about getting exposure and what you guys are doing for us here as prospects is awesome. So I really appreciate everything you guys did for me. Well, you put in all the hard work. <laughs> you know, you've done no, all the, I, I, all the I don't hours. Know about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you, no, told me that you watch hours of tape, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm going to be 100% honest. Yeah. Like I said, I've been around a couple of guys who long snapped. They, they didn't think of themselves as long snappers. They were guys who long snapped. They were, all, they were tight ends. Right, yeah. they were, right. Or they were, they were spinners or whatever, but they happened to long snap. You're the first real true hardcore long snapper i've actually had cancer really yeah down. yeah i mean i mean it is, it is different like i said it's not uh it's not watching film trying to read uh cover threes or trying to read zone blitzes it's i'm not calling out i'm not calling out my linebackers i'm looking at technique i'm looking at the entire big picture of our entire unit all together but no i mean i, I really just do have a, a, a passion for the sport i think that it's taught me so much it's matured me as a person I haven't always had the best experience with it either. You know, I've, I I didn't have the greatest story here at Penn State in football, but I overcame it and had really just a fairy tale ending here this past fifth year. So it's just where there's so much more that you can learn from life about snapping and just even the sport of football. And I think even if I'm done 
playing football, I'm going to be pretty successful in life because of my ability to overcome such adversity. So, sure. I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely want to give back to the sport in any way possible, but I'm hoping that I'm not done strapping it up just quite yet. You know, I, I think you've got a few more long snaps left in you. Hey, I, I think that, I mean, if I'm snapping 600 a game during warmups, I think I got one or two left in me. That'll <laughs> I think be so pretty decent. So, yeah. Anyway, hey, well, thank gentlemen. you so much for your time. I'll, I'll, I'll look for your, I'll look for your email here. That was Dan Jordan of IUP Penn State and Lock Haven, where he has been not just a long snapper. He has also been a multi-sport athlete, a guy that uh, was a fine high school wrestler, uh, a track athlete at two different institutions. So a pleasure to have him on. And I believe Jimmy Lee Logan's on with us as well. Is that Jimmy? Yes, sir. Okay. And I've got – is that you, Montel? Who is that that I've also got on with me? Somebody else. Okay. Well, I'll just proceed on. You, oh, no, it's me, Bill. <laughs> it is you. Okay. I thought it was you. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. I was on the mute button. No, I was, uh, by the way, it was great to listen. I don't want to, you know, uh, interrupt, but, uh, you know, a great job with Dan. And I don't know, uh, when you get a chance, when you follow up with him, ask him if, if he's going to be at the regional combine here in Chicago. Yeah. Ask him, is he yeah. going to do we, day one we, or day two? Because I'll, I'll be at, I'll be at day one. And you should okay. come out too, you know, if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, they're I, still I'm taking that. credentials. Yeah, yeah, they're still taking credentials. So let me know if you need help with that. But yeah, I don't yeah. want to get in your way, bro. Seems like you're blazing along. No, no, no. I, and we, well, we'll talk after. But yes, I do plan to be there, and I do plan to, to, to do some stuff. And I definitely want to talk to you about that. Um, fascinating guy, first of all. I mean, even if football had never come up, you could have an hour-long conversation with him about a bunch of different stuff. And we now have Jimmy and Lee Logan, who has a fascinating story as well. Uh, Jimmy Lee, tell us about your athletic history, not just football, but other sports you've played, and then how you got introduced to the game of football. Oh, um, well, I guess all my life I pretty much played baseball. Um, I really didn't even – I played year-round baseball, I guess, really all the way up until maybe junior year in high school. Um, I didn't start playing football, uh, organized football, until I guess sixth or seventh grade. Um, and I get, I kind of, I guess I, you know, as I, as I got better at football and things started to pick up with that, I, I, um, once I got into high school, uh, made, uh, I made varsity my sophomore year. There's a group of about five of us, uh, that made it that year. And I guess that kind of took me away from baseball as far as playing year round. And it, I eventually just went straight with, straight with football along with track as well, but. Um, I was pretty much a baseball guy before before right. football. And you were a really good player. Uh, you played a couple of different positions. Tell people a little bit about your – and then we'll transition into your, your, your life in football. But um, you were a guy that was a legitimate – had a legitimate chance to play college and possibly even professional baseball. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, I, <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't too bad at baseball. I was, I was pretty good as I was younger, but uh, – I don't know if I'd go that far. I would have to. I would have had to pursue it to even a little farther to to be able to say anything like that. But you were starting to get some interest from colleges, weren't you, in terms of baseball before you decided to transition to football? Uh, a little bit early, but um, I, I transitioned strictly to strictly to football so early that um, there really wasn't a whole lot of that. Um, okay. Um, it was it was mostly football for me throughout throughout high school, other than the first couple of years. Got it. And so, what was it that made you, after all those years of playing baseball at a high level, that made you suddenly make that transition? What what made the switch go off in your head? 
Uh, I really don't know. I mean, um, I guess I don't know if it was the fact that I had just been playing baseball for so long and football was something that I, you know, um, got into and really, really started picking up. Um, but I would say, I would say mainly I had always played football unorganized, you know, just uh, in the backyard and different things like that. And once I started playing, I guess, I guess it would have been my sixth grade year. Um, I slowly got better and better. And by the time I got, I guess my freshman year in high school, I went to a really big high school uh, in Waco, uh, Waco, Texas. And um, I, I played freshman year on the freshman team. And then sophomore year, there was a small group of us that, that made varsity that year. And I think that's what really triggered it. I thought, well, you know, maybe I could, maybe I could really do something in football. And I just kind of stuck to that. Okay. I'm going to open it up to uh, my co-host. I have Montel and I have Mr. James Coburn. Uh, Montel, what questions might you have for Jimmy Lee Logan? Well, uh, I just uh, wanted to, you know, uh, well, first off, you know, thanks for being on the show today. I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, because I know you said you play baseball for such a long time. So what keeps you passionate about football, you know, now that you're in it and, you know, now that things are, you know, progressing for you? Uh, really, I mean, I would say, I would say what keeps me passionate about it is just, is just my experiences so far. I mean, throughout, you know, throughout high school, throughout college, the, the, the people that, the people that I've been around, the, I've been extremely blessed to be somewhere like Hardin Simmons. Uh, really, I was blessed to start out somewhere like Midway High School, but, um, with those coaches and that coaching staff and the, the friends that I had there, but. Uh, coming to Hardin Simmons, that's that's been the best choice I've ever made in my life, as far as um, the people I've been around and what they've taught me, and the, the passion that, that they have for the game. That's that's only compounded uh, what I, what I already had. Um, so that's definitely that's definitely what what has really got me or kept me going. Um, I would say overall, um, as far as as far as other people affecting me. Okay. Um... I'll just ask a little bit about your versatility. Um, well, what different positions could you see yourself playing at the next level? Well, uh, I've played I've played slot receiver and punt returner pretty much uh, my whole football career, and that's really what uh, really what I've done well at. I played, I guess, early. I played a little bit of uh, DB uh, some, but I didn't ever have to play a whole lot of it. Um, I mean, I'm I feel like personally, I feel like I'm one of those guys that. Um, Mentally and physically, um, I'm the type of guy that whatever needs to be done, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to work and I'm going to be able to do. Um, I'm going to work my hardest as I'm going to try my hardest and um, be the best I can be doing that. So I've always been that kind of guy that you know whatever needs to be done, uh, whatever they need me at, then that's what I'm going to do. Um, but if I were to just choose, uh, I would have to stick with uh, slot receiver and punt return. That's what I'm most comfortable with. Um, and that's what I've been doing for the longest. Okay. James, what questions do you have for Mr. James Lee or Jimmy Lee Logan from uh, – Is that – is actually uh, – that's that's kind of a funny uh, – Yeah, funny well, story. I, tell me story there. My name is Jimmy Logan Simpson. Uh, my last oh. name is Simpson. I have uh, – Jimmy's my first name. I went by Logan my whole life. And, like, from when I was little, my whole family calls me Logan. In high school, I was called Logan. I got to – that's my middle name. I got to college and everybody called me by my first name because that's what was on, you know, first name's Jimmy. And 
since I played as a freshman at Harden Simmons, uh, it just kind of took off as Jimmy, you know, the announcer called me Jimmy, all that stuff. So I just stuck with it. And so I always put my name down as Jimmy Logan Simpson. So everybody, oh. even past, people in the past knows my name. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of a weird story, but yeah, that's, that's how the whole Jimmy Logan Simpson, that's why I write all three names. Got it. Okay. Interesting. And that happens. That happens. Sometimes uh, a person will even change names. I remember, um, Oh, that player I'm thinking of who had gone by one name for like 20 something odd years. And then, I mean, they, you get to like Maurice Jones Drew, he just sort of tacked on his grandfather's name. But there's there's a player I'm thinking of, both in football and in baseball, where a guy has literally just changed like both his first and last name, even occasionally. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. so now he's in baseball, it's usually because of like a birth certificate thing. It's like, well, that wasn't me, that was my cousin. But now I am. And then in football, there was a guy, I can't remember who it was now. He had, like you, sort of gone by a certain name, and then people had begun calling him by something different when he got to college. And then he said, no, let's go back to calling myself this. And then on top of that, he changed his last name to, I think, his mother's maiden name. But before we get oh, talked out and me trying to remember, yeah, exactly. If you try to remember all the guys who've changed their names, uh, Jim Coburn, what questions do you have for? So what do you prefer to be called now, I guess, before well, I speak? Yes, I've kind of just stuck with Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy's my yeah. first name, and so I've just kind of stuck with that. That's so why I've been called for four years now. So, Okay. Well, then, if that's okay, I guess I'll proceed with that. If you, if you change your mind, let me know. <laughs> okay, James. Hey, Jimmy. I, I'm a Jimmy, too, so, I mean, you know, I, I guess I campaign for it, I guess. But uh, <laughs> okay. go with either one. Logan, you know, Logan is, you know, Logan's not a bad, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, Jimmy's very common, but whatever, man. You do whatever you want to do, man. It's your name. <laughs> uh, but I guess my first question would be, uh, in terms of, you know, you were talking a little bit about, you know, being like a, you know, slot receiver, punt return, that sort of thing. Um, in terms of the offense that you played in, um, I'm assuming they used you as a slot receiver, but did they use you as anything? Like, did they ever try to, you know, split you out, move you around, that sort of thing, or was it just primarily inside? Um, I, I did most – I mean, mostly I was lined up inside. Um, they did move me out every once in a while uh, to an outside receiver. Uh, it wasn't very often. It was actually more my junior year. Um was when I did it most, and I really didn't do it that often then. Um, but I have lined up at outside receiver, and um, I really didn't – I didn't feel like I had too many problems with it, so uh, I was fairly comfortable there. Um, but as far as what they used me as, I was mostly in the inside, um, and every once in a while I bounced outside, then, you know, they'd run me on some uh, – they'd run me on some fly sweeps in the, in the backfield. So I came out of the backfield every once in a while. Sometimes I'd line up in the backfield, but mostly – probably 90, 90, 95% of the time out of my college career, I was in the slot. Okay. Uh, and, and then um, uh, talk a little bit about the offense you're in. So uh, in terms of, you know, were you more uh, – I know depending on the level, there's a lot more really heavy run-based teams uh, than, than ever really – like it's, it's almost like the, the, the bigger division guys have become this – spready, crazy spread type stuff, where even Alabama's, you know, spread with run stuff. But um, what what exactly, you know, if you were to describe your offense, um, in 
terms of, you know, pass, run, and just the types of, you know, the different types of concepts, or what your approach was to it, uh, what was that kind of like? Uh, we were fairly, we're fairly balanced. We're, I mean, we're a spread team overall, um, but we were, we were extremely multiple. I can at least tell you that we, uh, we would go, I mean, we'd go from having, uh, I mean, nobody in the backfield. We have five receivers to, then we'd have, we'd go to a jumbo package where we'd have, uh, we'd have one, one wide out and everybody in the box. So, um, I mean, we did all kinds of stuff, but we were very uh, mostly we were spread. Our our offensive coordinator liked to call it a smash mouth spread. Uh, he didn't like the connotation of you know being called you know a finesse offense being a spread because uh, we did we ran power uh, we we ran downhill. Um, but we were pro- we're probably known. Harden Simmons is known as a as a team that's going to air it out um, and throw it on you. So you know I played I guess I would call it a spread offense overall. Tell me a little about your your partners in crime, uh, Trey Lewis, uh, Jesse Ramos. That, yeah. that, tell me about those guys. I mean, you seemed – I don't know if it was easy or hard, but they seemed to really spread it around. There wasn't a guy that was yeah, the it, guy. Yeah, it really wasn't. Um, uh, Coach Whitehead and Coach Burleson, they do they do a great job of, of not getting just one-dimensional um, if, you know, if that's possible. Um, and yeah, we, I mean, shoot, my freshman, my freshman year when I came in, um, I would say my real partner in crime was, uh, he's actually my roommate, um, one of my roommates, but we came in together and started as freshman. His name was Bryce Johnson. Uh, he was our running back this past year. One of our running backs, he, he played receiver when he first came in. Uh, he was a wide receiver and kick returner and I was a slot receiver and punt returner. Uh, we were the two that played as freshmen that year, and so we've been we've been boys since uh, we first got here, and that's one of my best friends. But um, as far as Je- Jesse and Trey, um, really between the between Jesse is a year younger than me, um, so he came in my sophomore year and played as a freshman. Uh, was one of those guys that got to contribute right off the bat for us, uh, like me and Bryce did. And um, he's Jesse is Jesse is an athletic freak. I hear he might be the best pure athlete on the squad. As far as as far as pure speed, pure speed, he's, yeah. I, I would say pure, yeah, pure speed. Jesse, Jesse is, Jesse is wild. He's he's he can fly. Um, so he we had him on the outside. We'd move him outside and inside. He'd come inside with me, um, really since his sophomore year, sophomore junior, uh, his sophomore junior year. He'd. He'd be outside most of the time, but he'd come inside with me. Sometimes we'd go trips, uh, specific packages. Um, but uh, me and uh, Jesse and I and Trey, we uh, we we had a good, we had a really good relationship because we were all high contributors for for the offense as far as receivers go. Um, so we were kind of we were kind of the, the trio, I guess I would call us, but. Um, you know, it was it was fun with us. I mean, Trey is an extremely talented. He's one of those guys. He's really raw. Um, he's a he's a vertical threat. He's a little taller, so um, so he was he was our guy that could go deep. Jesse could kind of Jesse could go deep. He could go I mean, run short routes, different things like that, just because he's so quick and fast. And then I was our, our over the middle guy, um, and and I, I guess I ran I ran a good amount of deep routes, but I was our intermediate 
um, deep right guys a little. I'm a little heavier than the two of them, so um, uh, I can run. I can run deep, but but I was a little heavier, so I was our inside guy that was uh, going to catch and then try to uh, break a few tackles to make the big play. Sure. Um, so in, in terms of speed, as you said, you have one guy who's super fast. You have a bigger guy who can. Now Trey, Trey can roll too. Don't get me wrong. Trey, Trey's a Trey's a taller guy, but he's he's slender, so he can he can get out and roll. Right. So all three of us could really run. Everybody can run, but in terms of just the person who's going to put up the best forty time is probably oh, Jesse. that's Jesse. Yeah. Right. Right. Gotcha. He's what like a mid four fours kind of guy. <laughs> uh, he's he's probably well. I don't know laser uh, laser. He's 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 really fast. He's got the record. This is now this is hand time, but he's got the record at at Harden Simmons uh, with really? four two seven. Oh, hello there. Okay. <laughs> um, and he so he's got he's got one more year of eligibility. He'll be a senior, but yeah, he's got the I'll, record. I'll be talking to him so. next year. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He, me and him are really close. He and he's so he's a good dude, but he that that kid can fly. So who's number two? I mean, if if. We'll 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 say he's number one if you guys are running a forty. Who's the person that you think is is the guy closest on his heels? Uh, between the three of us, yeah. um, I it's it'd be close between me and Trey. Trey's Trey's going to be the guy that's going to take take a maybe ten, fifteen, twenty yards to you know get because he's a long strider. He's like six so, two, I believe. Yeah, I would say he's six two. I think. Um, you know he's 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 over six foot. That's for sure. He's probably six one, six two. Okay. Uh, if I had to guess, but he's a long stride guy. Um, he can he can really get out and roll. Uh, it's gonna take. He's not. You know Jesse and Jesse and I are a little fast, more like quick start. Uh, right. Uh, kind of guy. Jesse Jesse got, has the top end speed and the and the quick start. But um, you know I I don't know. Me and Trey would be close uh, if I you know I. It would be really close because I've got a quick start uh, and I've got uh, fairly good top end speed. But Trey's going to be the kind of guy that if you if you give us if you gave us a hundred yards, he's gonna he's gonna edge me out. Right. Okay. Well, this sounds like you know a challenge will have to be issued so we can finally get that question answered. <laughs> yeah, we might have to because that's a really hard that's a hard one to that's a hard one to answer right there. Okay. Um, in your offense. I want to put in sort of some situational football things and, and have me tell you what you guys like to do and what those plays are called. So, you know, the classic got to have it, uh, third and eight, got to have it. Uh, you guys are down by four. It's a minute and 14 seconds of the clock. You're at your own 32, and you got to have a third and eight. What is most often, what's your favorite, you're in your offense, what's the favorite play to run, and what's it called? How is it called? And third and eight with time running down. So I would say uh, we like to run a we call it we call it a switch. We 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 tag things to our routes. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we'll run a sixty-eight switch, uh, which is a which is a at a go or a post uh, with a with the um, with the in, with the slot running a, a ten yard out. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's third and eight, yeah, I would say since that's a, I mean that's a that's a long down, a third down. So I would say something, you know, getting to the sideline. We like to drop that out right under, uh, right under the corner, uh, if we can. So you're setting uh, up like a high low kind of situation. Right. Yeah. We put that we put that corner in a bind. 
hopefully get over the top of that uh, uh, that outside linebacker if we have one there, if we have an overhang. Right. Gotcha. And what was it that made you decide to, to go to Hardin-Simmons? Now, for those who are not familiar, Hardin-Simmons has at least one member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and that's uh, the legendary Bulldog Turner. I don't know if they talk about him much. That was a long time ago. But, I've uh, heard his name before. <laughs> okay, good, good. I'm glad his name is not completely forgotten. But you guys play, even though it's, a, quote, unquote, a lower level, it's one of the more competitive conferences in all Division Three. Uh, paint, paint the picture for people, one, how you in, ended up at Hardin-Simmons and and what it was like, what, what a day in the life of a football player at Hardin-Simmons is like. Man. Um, all right, well, I guess I'll start out, first of all, uh, with how I got there. Um, coming out of high school, I was pretty much set on going to a bigger school. Um, I, was, I wasn't even actually – I had gotten a few calls from Hardin-Simmons. I hadn't called them back because uh, I was, you know, I was set on where I was going. I was going to – I was actually going to go to Sam Houston was my idea. That's where I was going. They were offering me a preferred walk-on uh, uh, spot at Sam Houston. Um, and that was when, I guess, Coach DeBess was the guy, was the offensive uh, coordinator there that was recruiting me. Um, and I had a friend that I'd played. He was, he was our kicker in high school. Um, and I actually didn't know where I, – I guess I forgot that he was at Hardin Center. Well, he called me. I'd already taken one visit to Sam. Uh, he called me and said, hey, uh, my coaches have been calling you, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, actually, I hadn't called him back. I was pretty much set on going to Sam. And he convinced me to come just hang out with him for, you know, for a day. Uh, he said, you know, you can come check it out, and if you don't like it, at least, you you know, you just came up and hung out with me. No big deal. So he convinced me to come up there. I went up there and um, – talked to the coaches and honestly I was the reason I was so set on Sam one because it was a bigger school I liked it there um but two I I had this you know the stereotypical everybody thinks D3 football is you know the typical D3 idea is you know a bunch of a bunch of kids that you know they just love the game they're they all weigh 180 pounds. They're all slow, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. They're, they're all slow. athletes. They're small, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Right. Well, I showed up, and first of all, the play. All I hear about is how much they win. They win. They win. They win. So that that was a you know that was the first thing that kind of caught my eye. Uh, but second of all. Some of the, I mean, I'm I'm walking around meeting, you know, some of the players, and I'm meeting guys that are, I mean, I'm around some men, like some big dudes, um, you know, guys that, I guess my freshman year who I played, who I played with a guy named Kobe Parker who had looks uh, coming out. He, you know, he went to the AC Pro Day stuff like that. He was a offensive tackle. He's all American. Uh, he was a huge guy, so I think six six three, uh, real heavy guy. Um, Stephen Rockwell. Was our running back? He was a big time. He got a bunch of looks. He had a workout with Green Bay, I think, and some other teams. I mean, I was playing. I was I was meeting some guys that, and I was seeing them on film that could play. Um, so that kind of that that shocked me as well. And then what really sealed the deal for me was uh, just the people there, uh, how much the coaches care about um, care about the players on a personal level. Um, so just the just the true you know the the genuine atmosphere there of you know family atmosphere, um, 
And so that that's what really, you know, kind of caught me off guard, and I really liked it there. So I went on, you know, I went on my last visit to Sam Houston, loved it, but I liked it so much at Hardin Simmons. I, you know, I, I called, I was probably 10 minutes out uh, away from Sam Houston on the way back home, and I called and committed to, to Hardin Simmons. Um, so that's how I got there, I guess, would be my story. Um I'm sorry. What was the What was the other question? Oh, and then uh, you you semi answered it. People assume that you know if you're going to Florida, you've got meetings, you're lifting weights, you're doing this, oh, yeah. you got film study, and you got um, you know, and you got uh, you got to do study hall and everything. And people assume at D3, it's like you're a student, and then at 4:30 or whatever, it's like oh, right, football practice. Um, All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say. No, now, obviously, I can't vouch for other – I mean, I'm sure that stereotype, you know, comes from a bunch of different things. But, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of programs that are like that, honestly, um, in the D3 level. But I can I can say for your top-tier D3 programs, um, Harden-Simmons, UMHB, Mountain Union, I mean, all those teams that you hear a lot about. Right. Um, that's one thing, uh, you know, about Harden-Simmons. Wisconsin, Whitewater, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody – you know, everywhere I go in Texas or anywhere, I meet somebody that knows Harrison football. Um, so as far as those programs go, um, that you know, the top tier D three programs, it's 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 just as much of a job as, as any, you know, any D one. I mean I've got best some of my best friends play at Baylor, um and a few other places. So I mean I I at least know what it's like as far as what they tell me and and it's it's practically the same. I mean, there's obviously differences, but I mean, we're we're in season. When we're out of season, it's a job. I mean, we're we're meeting um, at least at least twice a day. I would say, um, you know, we have practice. Uh, we have we have weights. Um, we have we do have study hall. Um, I mean, it's it, it's busy. We I I have. I had no life uh, outside of outside of football during the season and during off season. It was it was workout and and possibly a meeting and that was when I had somewhat of a life. <laughs> okay, I'm going to open it back up to some of my uh, co-hosts, Mr. Coburn. What other questions may you have for Mr. Uh, Jimmy? I guess we'll go with <laughs> Jimmy and slash Logan uh, Simpson. <laughs> James, do you have any follow-up questions for him? Jim? Okay, maybe I've lost Jim. Let me double yeah. check. Okay, well, Montel, go. And I'll see you by Jim. Go. Uh, sure. Uh, first off, um, is there anyone you try to model your game after, um, you know, at the next level or, you know, even at your current level, uh, is there anyone you're, you're looking to maybe take a piece of their game with you? Um, you know, who would it be if there is? Uh, definitely. Um, I've always said that, you know, or I guess not always, but for the past however many years, I've, Julian Edelman is my absolute favorite <laughs> receiver in the NFL, favorite player. Good timing. Um, yeah, really. He's, he's, he's had a, he had a heck of a year. Um, but – Really, I mean, since you know he's he's been uh, he's a, he's a heck of a player, and I and it's more than you know from what I know about him and what I've 
uh, what I've seen on him. It's more than just, you know, his game, the way he plays. I love the way he plays. I do try to model uh, my game after him uh, as far as, you know, the the ways he moves, everything like that. Um, I I like to be able to compare myself to him, one, because obviously my favorite player, uh, he's a small, small white guy receiver in the NFL. Uh, hey, hey, he, so, whoa, 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 he's not that small. That man is 208 pounds, and he's packed in there tight. I saw him on the Oh, yeah. Months. Well, you know, <laughs> I, say small, I say small as in, you know, the, from the, the, you know, the, the ideal receiver, quote, unquote. Right. Well, uh, no, he's, he's not a, Calvin Johnson is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, every, and as, a, as an NFL receiver, at least, he is considered a small receiver. Uh, so I definitely, I mean, that's he's, you know, he, he returns punts, uh, things like that. His, uh, the way he plays is 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 uh, really intriguing to me, and I I really enjoy watching him play. So that's somebody I definitely, I would say, the main person that that I that I look to in the NFL. Um, but I also like what I like about him is just the way he worked. I mean, his his story. He, you know, he came in and. Um, and really played. I mean, I've heard he played all kinds of. He played on both yep. sides of the ball, yep. uh, trying to find a spot. And you know, that's his his mental approach to the game uh, is also something I really enjoy and uh, and I really can relate to as far as as far as how hard he works and how uh, you know how mentally sound and tough he is. That's a, that's a big part of that's a big part of what I take pride in is uh, mental toughness and uh, mental stability. Yeah, he was he was a, a obviously a very fine quarterback, a second team All Conference at one point as a quarterback in the MAC, and a guy that when he before he became a starter was a terrific special teams player. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys. I mean, he's definitely the guy uh, that I model my game after. I guess I, I've had some other comparisons. I had a guy actually tell me, and I had never, I'd really never heard much about him. I guess because. Uh, he was just a you know an older player, but uh, I think it's you pronounce it Wayne Crebet. Yes. Oh my God. Uh, Wayne Crebet. Yes. Wayne I was actually I got a guy just <laughs> not too Austria. long ago with the he's a he's a managing editor for the Jets uh, was talking to me and told me that he that I reminded him of Wayne Crebet. Okay. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about uh, about I, Wayne. I I do. <laughs> I do. Um, I'm a big supporter of guys from, and of course, unfortunately, Hofstra doesn't even have a football program anymore, but Hofstra at one point had a couple of pretty well-known receivers in the league at the same time. Uh, towards the end of Krebet's career was the beginning of um, of the career of... Colston, uh, and of Marcus Colston, Colston right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. And unfortunately, like I said, they dropped their program about four years ago, I believe now. Uh, and there's still people mad in the area, uh, the New York okay. area, about that. But, yes, yes. Um, Wayne Krebet first sort of came to people's attention when um, sort of a spoiled rich kid of a wide receiver, not rich in terms of where he grew up, but rich in terms of being a, you know, early-round draft pick. Uh, if you ever read the book Throw Me the Damn Ball by the noted author Keyshawn Johnson, uh, you'll hear about his, <laughs> his, his, uh, his uh, what do you call it, his, displeasure with how much Parcells loved Krebet because you had in Keyshawn Johnson, this guy who, not that he didn't work, but he was a guy that came from USC, you know, number three overall. I mean, number one, sorry, number one overall draft pick. Very um, blessed, very privileged. Yeah. Yes. And then you have Wayne Krebet, 
you know, undrafted free agent from Hofstra. They only brought him in because they didn't have to send him a plane ticket. All he did was tell him to come down to camp, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, Krebet's getting more, more touches in practice than Keyshawn. And Keyshawn's like, what's yeah. the deal? You know, and he called him um, – Mascot. He said, why is the mascot getting more balls than I am? Man, that's terrible. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so- I mean, I looked at, I did look him up a little bit when I, when I was, when uh, I was compared to him and I looked him up and I actually saw that he was a, uh, supposedly some, t- maybe if I remember right, he was the guy, like a regional combine type of guy. <laughs> he was a tryout guy. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, he didn't have guy. really regional combine right. in those days, but, man. I mean, he just had to, they told, they sent him, they sent him a, I don't know, that phone call. So they probably sent him, I would say, I would say, this is pre-emails probably. They just sent him a phone call and said, come on and try out. You're invited to try out. You know, if you don't make it, you get a nice pair of sweats or whatever. Right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he uh, came down, tried out. They're like, hey, you know, we think we can use this guy for something. And then yeah, he kept, I think that's awesome. And he kept making plays. And then he kept making more plays. So then he kept making more plays. It's like, well, let's see if we can return punts. Oh, he's pretty good at returning punts. And then he was like, well, let's see if he can play some receiver. Oh, he's pretty good at playing receiver. And he just kept making more and more plays. It's like this guy went from being a guy who basically was going to be somebody to sort of be one of the quote-unquote camp bodies was a starting wide receiver two years later. Uh, yeah, I think that's awesome. I mean, and that's and the same thing with, you know, obviously I go back to uh, Julian Edelman. I mean, he's the guy that came in and worked his butt off and, uh, and is doing well now. And, you know, as far as that body type goes, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure Edelman's a little bit taller than I am. I'm, I'm about 5'9", uh, but I think he's about 5'10", but I'm, yeah. I'm a little heavier. I'm around 190. Yeah. Uh, so, so you guys are basically the same body. He's a he's he's like I said. He only looks little on television. You see him up close, you notice he's got these forearms like calves. Oh and, yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a he's a stout dude. <laughs> yeah, he's put together. Like I said, you see him up in person. You, you would think he's a running back or a safety if you saw him in person. You wouldn't be thinking slot receiver. He's he's got shoulders like boulders, and he's got a thick old neck. It's probably about a seventy and a half inch neck. And he's got like I said, you know, he's, his thighs are running back like it's the only thing like I said, he doesn't very tall you know so I think he's, but he's he's not big if he were six foot five he'd weigh 230 pounds i mean he's a he's put together yeah he's a he's a he's a solid dude well and speaking of that what are you doing in terms of your body uh obviously you're about to do a bunch of workouts for for people what are you working on um well i've been i guess um I've been training here at uh, at Harden Simmons for the past well, I guess since the semester started. Really, um, before the semester started, I was uh, I was at uh, Michael Johnson Performance uh, in McKinney. Oh, um, I was I was there for two. I've been there for a while. They they take really good care of me. Uh, I've been I go I normally went there in the summers. Um, I would live with some family friends that live really close to them, and so. Uh, the, the the coaches and the the staff at MJC are you know that's that's like a second family to me. They're real, uh, they've been really good to me. So I was there before uh, my last. This is my last semester before my last semester started, uh, and so I was there for for a couple weeks, uh, and then I came here and I'm training with our strength our strength guys here, um, Hank Hornsby and uh, and Brian Ellis uh, here, and they're they're getting me ready as far as as far as getting ready for this uh this regional combine is coming up next week. Um 
and um, and then you know anything else that anything else that I end up um, having the opportunity to go do. Um, I am about to but they're getting me ready. And Montel, what other questions might you have? Uh, sure, you know, and I found the you know the Quebec comparison to be pretty cool. I, you know, I, I like that a lot. Um, secondly, you know, I, I know we talked a little bit about what you're doing with your body. Is there anyone you're working with, maybe, uh, you know, in terms of routes and that type of thing right now? Um, really, a little bit, not not a whole lot. Uh, a lot of it is, I mean, you know, when I do my routes, it's with it's with a quarterback here, uh, just one of our quarterbacks. Uh, that's still playing. He, I'll get him to come out and throw to me. Um, different things like that. Uh, he's got a he's got a good enough arm. He's got a he's got a good arm. Um, so I get I get people to come out and throw to me. Um, I've worked a little bit uh, uh, with you know with with Jesse. Jesse comes out and runs with me uh, sometimes. Um, so I you know I get I get a little bit of work, but a lot of it is by myself because we we just don't. First of all, with classes and everything going on, still I, you know. I don't have a whole lot of free time. I mean, my 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 full schedule is taken up with training and, and classes. So um, when I have workout, I work out. Uh, that's really the bulk of my day is working out. And then I take my classes and I'm done. Um, I'm going to eat and going to sleep and doing it all over again. But um, yeah, I work with I work with some of the quarterbacks here, and then you know Jesse and um, Trey. Trey has been around a little bit, uh, but I think. We're kind of on different schedules, so he's working out at different times. And you also mentioned, obviously, that you came in with running back slash wide receiver of your your I guess your closest. Is he still the guy you're closest to on the team, um, Bryce? Yeah, I mean, Bryce is my roommate, uh, so uh, he's you know he he finished uh, with me this year. This was his last season, uh, just like me. Um, so yeah, me and Bryce are really close. But he he was a receiver when he first started, and he's been a running back for the past two years, I guess. Right. So what is he up to? Is he also preparing to try to transition to the next level? Is he trying to find a normal job? What's he What's he up to now? No, he's actually not. He's uh he's he's getting ready to um to go to grad school, and um, he wants to be a coach, um, which wow. I think he'll be he'll be dang good at. Uh, yeah. So he's he's actually he's working with the team right now. He's a he's a GA right now in the off season for Harden Simmons, um, and he's going to look at finishing his. Uh, I think he's a he's a math major, so he's in the education uh, education department. I think so. Okay, um, that's kind of what he's looking for. He's 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 decided that he's ready to he's ready to pursue the coaching career uh, and be done for him. Got it. Got it. And. In terms of your academic pursuits, what is it that, you know, someday, for some of it's it's soon, for some of it's later, but football ends for us as players someday. Exactly. What's what's next for you? What do you what do you plan um, to do when football's finally over? Well, I actually, you know, whenever it is over, whether that's soon or uh, or later, um, that's that's been a big deal for me as far as academics go. I mean, um, I just finished. Uh, I actually took my GRE yesterday. Ah. Uh, to, to finish my application for I'm applying to Baylor for grad school. Uh, that way, if you know if nothing crazy happens uh, and and I and I'm not playing, then uh, I'll go to grad school at Baylor. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I get accepted. Um, I've got a high GPA uh, and I right. got a 
and I got a good score uh, from what it seems like on the GRE. So okay, I uh, should be accepted. Uh, I got a, I have a three point nine four GPA. So that'll do. <laughs> hopefully I can. Hopefully hopefully that'll get me in. Uh, You're not quite on the Bottel Hardy rage, but that's pretty good. <laughs> no, he's, he's he's right there, man. He's he's right there. <laughs> okay, and what what are you studying? I'm a business management major. Um, so so I'll get I'll be graduating in May. Um, and like I said, if you know if something crazy happens, then great. I mean, I you know that's obviously what I'm I'm putting everything into into football right now. I'm gonna you know obviously I'm keeping my grades up and taking care of. I need to take care of. Like I just said, I finished my, I took my GRE yesterday, but, yep. um, you know, that's right now I'm coach, my head coach, coach Burleson, he keeps telling me, he said, he chased two rabbits. You don't, you don't catch either of them. So, <laughs> he wants to, so we're really, we're really putting everything we can into, I've got a, a very slim chance. Uh, I understand that with, with football. And so we're chasing the heck out of it right now and we're going to see what happens. But, you know, if nothing happens, then, um, I'll get, you know, closure, whatever they want to call it. <laughs> and and I'll uh and I'll go to grad school at Baylor, hopefully. Now do you do you want to stay involved with football? Do you want to try to get an assistantship or if you go to Baylor you're just gonna be a normal person at that point? Well, uh well I don't I will never consider myself as a normal person. <laughs> but, uh I, that's one thing we here at Harden Simmons we're uh you know, I'm we coach tells us we're we're uncommon. I'm not normal. Uh, but as far as as far as what you're asking, I um, I do I, I do think that I'm I'm probably gonna uh, still stay in the sports world as far as I'm you know uh, business side of sports. Uh, I've thought about you know if if I end up, if I am going to Baylor, uh, going to get my graduate degree um, uh, next semester. If I do end up doing that, then I'm gonna try to you know, possibly get a job with uh with the football team, the operations. Um uh, I know a lot of people at Baylor, so you know, that's where I'm from and I know you know, I know some of the players there really well so and some of the staff. So not not a bad program. Uh not a bad program yeah, at all. They're, they're doing they're doing they're doing good things there. Woo Yes. And, and they're and really, they're they're only getting started too, so they're they've got a long way to go. It's just I mean, they've come so far so fast. That's the thing that really jumped out at you. I, I'm older, obviously, than you are, and I can remember. I mean, Grant Taft had a good run there. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, but there was a little slow period, I guess. I put it. There was a little slow yeah, there for was, a while. It was slow. <laughs> it was slow. Um, but they've really. I mean, uh, Coach Browse and uh, and and all of them have really done a great job. Uh, they've they've really turned that program around, and they're. And in my opinion, they're only getting started. I don't even think they're about halfway where they're going to end up being. Uh, you know, some uh, you know my some of my best or a couple of my best friends are still playing. They've got one more year because they were redshirted as freshmen. So they've. Um, I, I'm well, that's right. To seeing what they yeah, do you never year. redshirted. You just started playing from jump. That's right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I, I, I played. I, I did. I I was very very blessed with the with the opportunity to play uh, early. Got it. Okay. Um, I'm going to check on Jim again. I'm going to throw it back to Montel. Montel, uh, what other questions might you have for Jimmy, a.k.a. Logan? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm about empty. I, you know, you seem to answer everything uh, right from, uh, the, you know, uh, the beginning. And so 
you know, thanks again, and I wish you the best of luck moving forward, man. Uh, obviously, uh, either way, it seems like you have a solid plan for the future. So, uh, yeah, just just know I'm pulling for you, man, and, uh, you know, best of luck as I guess we get to the dog days of, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the the draft days. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, I've got, I've got a big day coming up. I'm leaving Friday for Denver. Uh, for the comp, regional combine. I was about to ask. Okay, so do you have some goals in mind for that? What are things you want to accomplish when you when you get out to Denver for that? Uh, I mean, yes, I've, yeah, I definitely have. You know, I have some goals uh, number wise, but um, I really, I guess, my main goal is, you know, to to enjoy what I'm doing, uh, but to make, you know, to to really perform. Uh, I mean, overall, without you know, without putting, uh, without really getting the numbers yet. I mean. My my main objective, my main goal is to go out there and perform and make, you know, make a scene as far as who, you know, okay, this kid is is more than just you know just an athlete. Like he's, uh, he, you can tell he's got a leadership role. He's got he's got the ability to lead. He's got the ability to uh, to be mentally tough. I, I think that's where my my uh, big attribute is is outside of you know my biggest attribute I think is my mind and and my ability to work. Uh, uh, mentally and physically, so I think, I think that's that's what I think that's what really sets me apart. Honestly, that's that's my what I take a lot of pride in, outside of my you know just strictly physical ability. But obviously, getting there, um, especially being in a combine, it's in a, in a regional at that. Uh, you know, it's not the super regional or anything. It's the just the regional. So so it's it's going to be a lot of you know what kind of numbers can you put up? I'm guessing. I'm assuming. Uh, that's what it's going to be all about. So, you know, I'm hoping that I can, I'm hoping that I can get a, a clock of four five uh, forty. I, I clocked. I guess we we timed this past Monday. We timed uh, three of them, and I got better. I got better each one of them. I started at a four. I ran a four five six, a four five three, and a four four seven. So if I can, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I try to stay as as realistic as I can be. So, um, you know, with that being hand time, there's going to be a little bit of variance, I'm sure, uh, getting there. So, um, my, my goal is to be in the, if I can get, uh, four or five, if I can break four or five, then awesome. But, uh, my goal is getting four or five and then, you know, run a, run a low, low four, uh, in the, in the pro, if I can get uh really, really low four, uh, that's what I'm looking for in the, in the, three cone or pro agility or yeah pro agility and then uh l drill l drill has been something i'm I'm kind of working on as far as i haven't done a whole lot of that um so i'm i'm looking to i'm looking to obviously break seven definitely uh but if i can get mid sixes uh, i'd be happy with that i've got a really good start i've got my start down but <clears throat> the rest of it i'm trying to still trying to get the hang of a little bit just because i've never really done it before mm. um so I've got a really, really good start, but if I can get mid sixes with that, I'd be happy. Uh, and then jumping wise, uh, last time I jumped, uh, last time I vertical jumped, I, I jumped at 35, I okay. think. So I hope that, and that was a lot. That was, I guess, four, four weeks ago. So if I can, if I can increase that to, you know, 36, 37, um, I'd be really happy with that. And then broad jump, I'm really, really not sure. I'm hoping to get close to 10. Um, with me being, you know, five nine, if I can jump, if I can jump close to a ten uh, or a ten, then I'd be really happy with that. Okay. Yeah, I I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. 
So I'm going to ask you my, my classic uh, – well, actually, let me check. I think Jim might be back. Jim Coburn, are you back? James? Yeah, I'm back. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, what questions might you have for Jimmy, a.k.a. Logan Simpson? Um, I think I think you guys about covered it uh, with everything. Uh, all I can say is best of luck, man. And, uh, yeah, I know you want to shoot four five. But if you get four four seven, hey, you know. Uh, that's, <laughs> oh yeah, no. That's, if that's, I don't break four five, so Jim's awesome. suggestion is instead run four four seven. Four five nice, but he prefers that you run four four seven. Just oh saying, yeah, you know, get the rocking music going, <laughs> running up, you know, hit hitting bags of meat. I don't know what you got to do, but uh, <laughs> but uh, just you know, I'm not saying four five is bad. Four five is definitely great. I'm just saying that if you got four four seven. Get a little bit higher than the other guy, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, if I I clocked it, I clocked it on Monday, but you know, just as far as being realistic of what my goal is getting there, my goal is four I, I five. If I can goal. break that, I understand, then that's... I understand that's your goal to get four five, you know. Uh, and if you get under that, that's great. But I'm just saying, you know, just to because there's a ton of guys that run four five. I'm not trying to, you know, you know, like there's good guys that run four five. There's great guys that run four five. I'm just saying that if you got a little bit, you know, just a little oh, yeah. bit. <laughs> I'm going to put know. everything I got out there. I'm so, what Jim is telling you, Jimmy, is that if you're getting close to the finish line, don't, like, moonwalk across it. Go ahead and run oh, fast no, all I, the way. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I do not do anything halfway. I, I'm going to give everything about as, about as much as I can give. I, I, I have a feeling that, that you'll be fine in terms of that. <laughs> but y- yes, so now that just in important piece of information just in four four seven better than four five. So we've covered a lot of important <laughs> things today. <laughs> I'm glad you were there to contribute. <clears throat> oh, that's a good moment. I'm keeping that one. Uh, it's been fun watching you, and like I said, it, nothing was frustrating exactly, but I would love to have seen you get used more different types of ways, but obviously the offense is structured to do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And, and it was a good offense, you know, so right. you can't complain or, I mean, you can't complain. I can complain because I, you know, I'm, I don't have to go to meetings, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, no, I would, I would never complain. We, we had, we had a good year. Uh, we had a turnaround year. Right. Uh, we really did a good job. You know, we had, and, and as far as offensively, we had, we had a really young quarterback this year. This is his first year uh, right. as a starter. So he really young. Obviously, you're going to have growing pains as that, but I think he did a great job, and he's got a lot of he's got a lot of room to improve too, uh, even with that. So uh, with him with him being a young quarterback last year and us doing as well as we did, um, and and him playing as well as he did, I think I think that I I have no room to room to be able to complain. <laughs> got it. Um... Last thing is, of course, special teams. We've brought it up a little bit. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but that's if you if you make it, if you're if you're if when they get to the last cut downs, you know, they've cut down from 75, they're cutting down again, and now they're they're down to like they've cut eight or nine more guys. You know, they've gotten down so they're down to 67. A couple of guys got hurt. They're down to 65. They got 12 guys to go. Well. Who who can't do special teams, right? Yeah, <laughs> or who can't? Oh, can only do one on one thing on special teams. Those guys are 
falling down. Who can? Who's on three teams? Who's on four units on special mm-hmm. teams? Those guys are going up the list. Right. What What are you working on in terms of special teams? Well, um, I'll, I can I can say first of all that uh, that's that's been the story of you know at least my college career as far as uh, keeping me from you know not playing as a freshman to to being a starter as a freshman. I I got here and you know obviously Bryce and, and I both. Um, that was what got me on, you know, we traveled to Oregon our second week of the year, but even before that, that's what got me onto the, uh, onto the travel squad. That's what got me a number right off the bat was, was special teams. So I completely agree with that. Uh, that's kind of been my, my MO was, you know, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to, uh, to, to benefit the team. Um, so I've, you know, I've, I've continually obviously been working on Parker and that's, um, that's that's my baby. That is what I started at as a freshman. So that's what got me on the field was I was a partner turner my freshman year. So um, that's that's definitely my baby. I've been working on that. I, I always work on that um, as far as you know, um, you know, framing the ball, catching the ball, um, and, and getting out, uh, getting out, and getting you know, making a made it, making a uh, horizontal move and getting vertical uh, right now. Um, so I've been working on that. Um, other than that, I think working on my, you know, working on my strength, my speed, different things like that, that is, that's what's going to keep me able because I think the big thing with special teams is, is your mental, your mental, uh, attitude and your mental strength, because there's a lot of guys that aren't going to, well, I don't want to play this. Like I, I'm, this is my position. I'm not a, I'm not a kickoff guy. I'm not a I'm kickoff not a return. Let one of yeah, the backup I, safeties do that. Ew. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I mean, I've played, I've played. Obviously, I've been the punt, I'm the punt returner, but uh, I've I've been up and they've moved me up to the to the um, the front line on punt return, uh, rushing uh, rushing punts. So I mean, I've done that before in a special package. I actually in the whatever in the D3 senior classic, I I blocked a punt in in that game. So, I mean, I, I've done that. I've been on the front line, uh, of, of the kickoff return team. I've been all the way, I've been a kickoff returner. Um, so I've done both of those in college. Uh, I've been on the kickoff team my freshman year. Um, I've, I've done, I've done a lot of different spots in, in special teams. And I think that's a big deal is, 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 are you willing to, um, cause the being an athlete, that's going to, you know, you've you've either got that or you don't, and you're either working on your strength and speed or you're not. Um, but it's it's mentally what what I think separates the guys that are they going to be able to put, be special teams guys for me or not. And right. I think that's what I have. Well, there we go. That's hey, if you've got that, then that's like I said, it'll be a dog fight. But that you have a better chance to win that dog fight. Over that guy that, as you said, you know, ooh, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. Yeah, do what? I just, I just, I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy that's stuck on. So I'm going to, you know, I'm the, the way I've always been is, you know, if if I need to do this, if if this is what, if this is what's going to benefit uh, the team, or this is where I need to be, this is where uh, coaches need me to be, then that's what I'm going to do. And uh, I'm, and whatever I'm doing, I'm going to give everything I got. That's how I've always been. So. um I think that's gonna. I think that would be something if if the opportunity were to prevent, uh, present itself uh, for me to be in that position in the first place. Then that is what will I think uh, help me out in that in that spot. 
Got it. Uh, well, since it looks like my co-hosts have exhausted themselves in terms of questions, which never happens to me, but I'm gonna, I want you to get back to your life, so I will, uh, I will not go too much further, uh, especially since you're preparing for graduate school. And whatever happens, I wish you the very best with that as well. So I'm going to go ahead and project you forward a few years. I'll be very honest with you. I think you get cut initially. You get brought into a camp. You, you get bounced around a little bit. But then somebody sees something. might not be the first team. might not be the second. might be the third team where you eventually end up where somebody sees something. And, it, and maybe it's one of those situations where they're down to the last couple cuts. And somebody mm-hmm. says, you know, yeah, I mean, this kid's decent, but we've got guys who are bigger. We've got guys who are faster. We've got guys who know our system better. And then right. especially this coach says, well, yeah, well, but this kid's on all four of our special teams. If I cut him, I got replaced. I got two guys. I need two guys to replace him. So what sense does that make? I need, I need this kid. And plus, I think you might be selling him a little short as a receiver, but right now he's mine. It's like, okay, sure, we'll figure something else out. Um, you know, so some running back gets cut instead. And I think that you are initially, like I said, a special teams guy, core special teams, all four units. You mm-hmm. know, you're on pump block. You're on PAT. You're on, do you don't hold for PATs while I'm, on, while I'm at it, Jimmy slash Logan? I have, yeah. Okay. I, 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 so. I did that all through. I actually didn't end up doing that in college because uh, we, uh, we had, uh, you know, a quarterback do that or, or they already had an older guy doing it when I first came in. Um, so I never ended up doing that in college, but I did that all through high school, uh, and that was something I was I was actually I thought I was pretty good at. So yeah, I I thought I remembered that about you. So yeah, so you can do a little bit of everything. Uh, you can return, you can cover. Ever ever been a personal protector for a punter before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was I was a personal protector. I thought you had. So you've done you've done basically everything that a person your size could do on special teams. The only thing you haven't done is learn the long snap, it sounds like. We just had a long yeah, snap, Rod, so get I, with him. I'm not <laughs> quite a long snap. I, I, don't, I don't know if I – I mean, if, if they need me to do that, I could try. But, uh, you're saying that might, they, might, they might want to go with another option is what you're saying. Probably. <laughs> but you'd be the fastest long snapper in all of football history, probably. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, think I, could, I think I could outrun most of them, but I, I don't know about <laughs> getting it back there. <laughs> yeah, that would be the problem. But I think that you're one of those guys that just finds that, that way to hang around. I think you're going to to pick up things fairly quickly. And like I said, especially special teams is going to be the person that's going to save your life. And that mm-hmm. last cut, especially special teams is going to say, no, I think, I think, first of all, I think you guys are missing on this kid as a receiver. But if you don't want him, he's mine. I'll take him. And I think after a couple of years of being a core special teams guy, maybe due to injuries, maybe due to salary cap things, you get a chance to at least show what you can do as, you know, a number five or six receiver. Mm-hmm. Like, let's see what this kid can do. Let's, you know, he's been here around a couple of years. Let's throw him a few. Yeah, I mean, but look what happened to Chris Matthews, who was a sixth receiver not long ago, right? Uh, <laughs> right? Exactly. He, he was a sixth receiver, like, months ago. Not even very long ago. Like, November, December. It was, you know, right. he was a sixth receiver. He was a guy barely getting practice reps. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy things happen. Strange, strange things. And then who's the, look at the two heroes of the Super Bowl, right? Chris Matthews on, on, on offense for the Seahawks, and then Malcolm Butler on defense for the Patriots. And your guy Edelman, right? So we have a Mac quarterback uh, turned receiver. We have a West Alabama corner um, who's playing and 
he's the, the guy he's guarding is a Fort Valley State wide receiver named Ricardo Lockett on that all important play, who was a track All American at Division Two, and then the guy who went off for for uh, the Seahawks at wide receiver is Chris Matthews, undrafted free agent mm-hmm. from Kentucky. Yeah. So. You know, and look at the, the draft position of the two quarterbacks. These are two of the quote unquote best quarterbacks in the league, maybe the best of all time. Some people are saying was the 199th selection in his draft. And then we've got a baseball player, speaking of baseball players, we've got a baseball player picked number 74 overall starting for the other team at quarterback. Right. Yeah. There, I think, I mean, it's it's very obvious when you, you know, when you look and especially when you hear all that, that, you know, that's that shows that there's, there's guys out there in, in the NFL. And the NFL realizes that uh, that you know there's guys out there that you know there's that's why I think they they put so much into these regional combines from what it seems now uh, with the regional combine and then the invite to the super regional uh, they put a lot into that because they're looking for uh, the rest of them uh, that they're you know that are under the radar so yeah well why not you. chasing it but uh yeah that that would be that's obviously the dream that's awesome well i'll be honest with you you gotta be willing to bounce around you gotta be willing to fight for your life every time every time cut down day rolls around you gotta you gotta be ready to fight for your life um but i think that you have enough to be one of those guys who can stick and you, like i said it might take a couple of teams it might not be the first team that brings you in might not be the second team might be the third team might be the fourth but I think you're going to find your niche. And I think a couple of years in, somebody's going to finally give you a chance to play a little bit. And they're going to be like, well, why weren't we playing this guy before? But those things where it's like, well, what? what, what we, how long? He's, he's been here for two years? Well, how, <laughs> how did we never see him? Before? Really? That, where's Harden Simmons? Oh, that kid from Harden Simmons? You know, so. Well, I appreciate it. Well, it happens. And like I said, why not you? Yeah, why not? Why not you? So, you you know, I think you may have to be one of those guys that just has to fight and claw and scratch, but if you're willing to do it, I think it can happen for you. And I think in a couple of years, you're going to play through that rookie contract, and then you, of all people, right, get that chance to move into that second contract. That's where your life changes. You know, it's nothing wrong with a rookie deal. Nothing wrong with it. I'm not putting it down. Hey, it's yeah, it beats, beats working. Uh, I mean, normal work. But it's it's not going to be anything like what that second deal is like. Your second contract is the one that truly changes your existence. And, of course, along with the excitement and the blessings that it brings you, you can look forward to getting a beautiful envelope in the mail on very nice paper. (laughs) Yes, you you know where I'm going with this. Hardin Simmons congratulates you. We're very pleased and proud, a member of our family and our alumni and blah, blah, blah. And at some point it will say, we look forward to your generous donation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if i'm if, if if the lord blesses me i mean he i he's blessed me so much so far that's i mean that's first and foremost but uh if if he continues to bless me in that way to where i am playing and i'm making and i'm making good money then the, you better believe that uh the football program here is going to be is going to be receiving donations from me because they they've done a lot for me <laughs> And I, I believe that. I believe that you will be a person that will stand there on that stage with the AD with a giant grin on his face, present with a giant grin on his face, with one of those checks that's six feet wide by four and a half feet high, <laughs> and everybody's all cheesing hard. Well, that'd be nice. I can tell you that. <laughs> yes. And so <laughs> they they add on to the facilities there, right? So they've able to, to put on some more recovery tubs. They're able to 
add in some jugs guns, improve the film room, more places to watch film, more iPods, you know, iPods. Not iPods oh, yeah. I'm a million years old. iPads. Um, you know, so guys can carry film with them and watch it on the go and all that good stuff. All due to uh, your loyalty and generosity. And so in recompense, obviously, there's going to be, you know, some things. So the Annex, obviously, is named, I guess it's the Jimmy L. I don't know. We'll see. We'll work that out. (laughs) Jay Logan, whichever, one of those. Simpson, one of those. Um, Athletic Annex onto the facilities there at Hardin-Simmons University. There will be some of your game-worn jerseys up there. Under glass. Yeah. I, I don't know how much I'd well, let him put my name on it because it, it, it wouldn't be all that would be all that would be from 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 God. That, that's not, none of that's from me. So okay. Well then, we'll work out the naming rights later. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll hammer those details out. But they're going to have obviously some some mementos, some things to remember what you brought to the table there as an athlete. And one of the things that'll be up there obviously is footage things that you did as a player. I want you to tell me about a play or a game or something that you think exemplifies what you brought to the table as an athlete in your time at Hardin-Simmons. What would you want people to see? Um, if I had to take a specific play or game. Yes. Um, I don't know. I guess as far as what I remember uh, as a player, uh, I guess there would be a couple. Um couple plays um i would say there i remember a game my sophomore year um against against howard Payne. uh that i i think i had i had two touchdowns that were over one of them i think was about 80 yards but uh, but there were multiple multiple broken tackles that uh, I I really enjoy uh, remembering that play. That's that's one play that's really stuck with me. Um, and then really just I would say overall, if I had to you know pick is is just this past senior year there was multiple multiple moments like I mean we ended up we lost our last game which is what ultimately kept us out of out of the playoffs this past year. But uh, there was a play in that game when it was. It was a really close game, and uh, we threw a we threw a ball into the end zone that was that was tipped and basically picked off that I took out of the guy's hands, and we scored. Um, that was that's probably one of you know that's most recent, so that's why I remember it so much. But um, I guess I guess it would be plays like that, you know, either the the multi uh, the multi broken tackles, um, which happened every once in a while. Um, or just, you know, whether it was a long part return or something like that. I, I guess if I had to pick plays, it would be something like that to, to put up. Okay. I, I, I think that's certainly acceptable. I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. One, uh, let me know when you do have your numbers so I can update your profile I'm creating on you. Two, uh, check your email. Probably not today, more likely tomorrow. There will be a series okay. of questions I'll be sending for a more lengthy uh, print slash uh, web-based interview that I'll be printing. And if there's any images that I can use, pictures that I can use of you uh, to use with okay. the article, if you could enclose those to me or let me know how I can gain access to them. I keep forgetting to ask people for that. So I'm trying to remind myself to always ask for that. It's like, oh, right, pictures. 
Uh, but yes, I definitely look forward to hearing what happens with that. And do you currently have representation as well? No, I'm, if you're talking about an agent, I, I don't have an agent. Okay, well then I will not be reaching out to your agent. Uh, I will be dealing directly with you. So um, yeah, that's, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't have an agent. Uh, okay. I guess I guess to most people I'm I'm a risk, so they're not going to take me on. Well, then I guess you get to gamble on yourself. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um, as always, it is a, a privilege and a pleasure. I'm so glad I got a chance to get to know you a little bit better. And like I said, look for that follow-up email probably tomorrow. I might get to it tonight, but I can't promise it. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Oh, certainly. Well, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to to get a chance to get to know you better and, more importantly, uh, to get to follow what the next phase of your life is. You know, people say it, and they say it because there's some truth to it. This is the best time in your life. Uh, So many of the best things that are going to happen to you are going to happen to you in the next few years. Yes, sir. Well, I, I really appreciate it. I, I mean, thank, thanks for having me on here. Uh, I, this is this is a big deal for me because you know, small school guys like me, we don't we don't get much attention at all. So, really, I mean, anything like this, this is this is more than I could ever you know ask for. So, this is this is awesome. I, I appreciate it. Well, you're you're a very good and versatile athlete with a high IQ, and there's if you did exactly the same thing you did, but you did it at Louisiana Monroe or you did it at Baylor or you did it at uh, Texas Tech or whatever, you wouldn't be a different person. You wouldn't be a different athlete. It would just be people perceive you differently because of the surrounding. Correct. I'm not anything special. I just realized a long time ago that there are guys who end up playing football at every single level that can play. That mm-hmm. that that I did that doesn't seem like a real revelation to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess to some people, I remember getting in a not a fight but a discussion. That's the word I'm looking for. I I used to work for a website, and I'm relaunching it under you know slightly slightly re, re uh, reimagined. And somebody was talking about you know Tim Tebow, and I was like, look, this is a few years ago, obviously. And I was like, look, there's no more need. For anyone else to ever discuss Tim Tebow ever again, and <laughs> I mean, wow. what I meant was, well then, well, all right, let me, let well, me all right, let me clarify what I meant. Tell me that, how you. This really is when though. this is when the the peak of Tebow mania was sweeping the draft world or whatever, and my point was simply that we're not adding anything by giving our take on Tim Tebow. Why don't we look at Dan LaFever? You know, if you want to look at a sort of project quarterback, sort of run, you know, run, not run first, but run a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. project quarterback who might or might not be able to play at the next level, let's at least talk about a guy that hasn't been discussed to death. You know, if you want to talk about a dual threat quarterback that might or might not be able to play at the next level, then at least pick one that hasn't been driven into the earth, basically, in terms of being talked about. I think that there's a lot to be learned in this game of football, but mm. I don't want to ever be part of the, the circular firing squad where everybody's picked some guy to, to death 14 different ways, and now I'm just doing it the 15th way. Right. So that's that's my mindset regarding that. Um, and last but not least, you know, if when when ball is all all done for you, if you ever decide you want to, uh, you know, keep, uh, 
kick some prospects my way or, or, or hit me up to somebody I'm missing out on, feel free to. Uh, you have my information. I'm always looking to keep up with guys that I – hey, I miss on guys too. Um, I'm nothing special when it comes to that either. So if there's somebody I don't know about that I should know about, feel free to let me know. Absolutely. I'll, I'll be – you know, I'll keep in touch. And, you know, obviously when you when I get that email that you're talking about, then I'll, I'll, be, I'll definitely communicate with you for that. I'll send you everything you need to know. Perfect. Well, I very much look forward to it. Like I said, let me know um, if you ever, well, you know, hey, hopefully you'll be at some super regional or whatever, and I'll see you there. But uh, it is a, a, like I said, a privilege, honor, a pleasure. I will look forward to hearing from you again in the very near future. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. And Jimmy slash Logan, it's been very much a pleasure meeting you as well. Yes, sir. God bless. Thank you. Take care. That was Jimmy, also known as Jimmy Logan Simpson, or Logan, known as Jimmy Simpson, whichever, who is a, I think his real niche at the next level special teams. Um, He may at some point get some snaps, hopefully, eventually at receiver, because he can definitely play that position. But if you're looking for a place where he may going to make his money, as they say, it'll be on special teams. He's a very good special teams player. And if it, once again, weren't for the fact that he's, you know, obviously at a smaller school. I think people would know he's one of the better special teams players in all of college football. Hello? Versatile, tough, smart, all that good stuff. Hello? Yes, sir. And how's, how's it going? I believe everything's going well. Um, I was just going to check to see who has just joined me. Uh, Carly Taylor. There he is. Excellent. Perfect. Carleaf, it is a pleasure to have you on, sir. Thank you. Uh, it's an honor to be on. Well, first of all, your timing is impeccable. You 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 nailed it. So I should I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> shouldn't be surprised. You 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 note your timeliness on the field matches your timeliness off the field. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so tell me a little bit about the the journey. First of all, in terms of athletics at all, like how you got involved in sports, and then eventually how you decided that football was the game for you? Uh, it's kind of like a, not to bust your bubble, any of you guys' bubble. It's not the generic uh, gridiron story. I honestly uh been playing five years. I started my last year of high school. Mm-hmm. Before that, uh, as a child, I had basketball dreams, but I was right. growing in width and not length. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, like, I was always, um, I was always, like, always like to run around, dance. I was a social person. So, like, I was one time I was in the gym in high school, and uh, my coach found me right before the summertime, and he was basically saying, uh, man, I think you should really come out this summer and uh, go to this camp and try football. And I kind of looked at him and was like, uh, I don't know, maybe. And then um, basically he really, he really, really believed he believed in me a lot, enough to have a meeting with my mother and was like, man, this guy can actually get a scholarship and play football on the next level and stuff. And uh, to me, it just sounded it sounded real far fetched because you don't think of football when related to New York, especially like mm-hmm. in the Bronx area. So I was just thinking, like we didn't even have our we didn't have a home field for the most part. We practiced on practice fields and baseball fields. That's how crazy my situation was. So I didn't really believe in it, but I mean, it got me the way I am today. So I'm blessed for that. And then um. Coming out of high school, I ended up, uh, we went 8-2 that year. We lost the championship. And um, we basically, uh, I had an all-star game invite. 
and that's where I really made my money. Uh, I spoke to plenty of schools uh, like Rutgers, Lafayette, Stony Brook, CW Post, Southern Connecticut, um, Dartmouth, Wagner, Fordham. It was plenty of schools, but at this yeah. time, and uh, at this time, I really didn't know much about football. I didn't know much much of the game still, so I didn't think I didn't think much of it. Um, sad to say, but I mean, everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer of that. And so basically, it came down to my SAT. I was fully committed to going to um, to Lafayette because that showed the most interest, and it was also a good school academically as well. Um, I took the SAT three times. Now this is the catchy part. The first two times I took the SATs my grades were missing. So the third time when I took it, I didn't give it my best effort whatsoever. And so uh, with so with that happened, uh, a lot of the grades weren't, weren't good for uh, the big D1 schools that did look at me. So they offered me like prep school and JUCOs, which at the same time didn't really appeal to me because I had no football knowledge of that kind. I really didn't think much of it. But um, it, it happened to be perfect numbers for Southern. And so I went there. And it was uh, the best decision I ever made. So it's a good program, first of all. I don't, I don't know if everybody's aware. You guys play a pretty tough schedule there. Uh, you play yep. some teams with some, some guys. It's not like you – it won't be a shock to you when you see the size and the speed at the next level because you've seen guys with size. You've seen guys with speed. But before we transition from this, you made an interesting point. I used to do a little scouting – when I was in the New York area, I lived in Brooklyn, actually. And, uh, oh, cool. I, 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 um, I used to get on the old uh, number, the F train and hit a lot of the schools in that area. And I noticed the facilities were, what's the word I'm looking for? Spartan, uh, rugged. A lot of the facilities humbling. were humbling, yes. A yes. lot of that. A lot of, woo! Uh, for people who don't know what it's like being a football player in New York City, I don't want you to, to blow through that quite so quickly. Tell people, because I don't people understand, you know, Florida, California, those kids, I don't think they know what Texas kids know what you're up against. Oh, yeah, they have it made, man. That's that's kind of like uh, the Marriott, the Ritz Carlton, what I'm used to. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, for, for, for starters, our home game was we played at uh, Maritime which is a D3 school yep. not too far, and that's where we had to play our home games at. Our freshmen had to practice on the baseball field adjacent to my school, and then the sophomores in, uh, like, the JV and the Boston, like, we split this little, uh, we got, like, 50 yards um, behind our school called the Duff, and that's where we spent most of our time at. But, yeah, when it came to equipment and machines and everything, it was pretty much <laughs> close to seeing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a surprise to me. I grew up in Virginia and played ball there. And, you know, it wasn't like we had. It wasn't like Texas or Florida or California, but it was decent. When I saw the facilities at the school, UTEC and some of the other schools in Brooklyn, and I'm, you know, I, I saw a few games in the Bronx, but mostly, you know, mostly I saw some Brooklyn. There a few lower Manhattan schools. And, yeah, it was a shock to me, a, a flat-out flat shock, like, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm here in Florida now, and I, I see it myself. Like, it's, a, uh, it's just football, everything here. I, just, mm-hmm. I mean, the opportunities is definitely here, like, in the south compared to, like, in the north when it comes to just facilities and what you got in the weather itself. Yes, right. That's another big difference, yes. 
Right, right. I mean, they have seven on sevens all year round, and they have yeah, football, football all year round. All year round, yeah. Basically, football right. is basically all year round because, as of now, if I'm not mistaken, it's nine degrees in New York, and it's also <laughs> yeah. snowing. It's been snowing for the past two weeks. There's no way you could get some good quality football practice done there. So, right, just alone, the weather alone, this football is all year round here, which is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. They don't need a bubble, but a lot of them have. That's what blows my mind. You'll go to a football school in Florida that has an indoor well, – because it rains really hard. It's like, are you kidding me? You have an indoor facility in Florida? This is a joke. Yeah. This is a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's a little crazy. It's a little bizarre. I'm going to open it up to some of my uh, co-hosts, to both uh, Jim, uh, James Coburn, and also to Montel Hardy. Uh, Carliff is a fascinating prospect and a guy that I – I could see people sort of waking up to late in the process and him beginning to move up people's boards. What questions might you have for him? Uh, sure. Um, well, probably my first question uh, would be uh, in terms of uh, what they like to have you do in that defense, uh, what, just talk a little bit about either responsibilities and what they kind of uh, – ask you guys to do and the types of uh, schemes and stuff they, they use there? Oh, uh, well, I I was blessed to play with uh, two schemes, 3-4 and a 4-3, two years apiece. And um, the numbers there, as you can um, see, if you just ever watched my career, just increased sporadically just throughout the years. Um, my first year, we started at a 3-4, and um, I finished the career with 23 tackles. And my senior year, I finished with 73. So, um, I mean, I was playing anything from a zero technique to a five in both schemes, but I I do feel like I'm at home with the zero to the one shade. I feel like that's what's home for me. Hmm. Um, is there any particular reason why you you like that uh you, you like that uh type over the other? Um, just just from my ballast and just my size alone. Being that I'm wide, it's, it's really easier for me to plug two holes in my physicality because, like, I'm, I still consider myself a raw, raw talent, raw potential, being that um, I'm, I didn't have, like, a pop warning story, and I'm fairly new with, uh, with only about four or five years of coaching. So I feel like that that's just naturally easier for me just to be straight physical and plug in gaps and uh, just be a team player all in all. But um, I could see myself playing a 4-3 as well, but it always just came easier. I always – Produce well for the team playing uh playing at the nose, right? Which makes sense. Uh, and you and you mentioned size. Uh, what are your uh, actual factuals on you know your heights and weight and uh, like that? Uh, right now, uh, last time I uh, weighed in was February six, and that was a six two three eighteen. Okay. So, so the term the term big sexy is I think the term that applies to that. Yes, yes, yes. I would like to say that pleasantly plump as well. All those things in the general area. <laughs> Montel, what questions might you have for Carlos? Did we lose Montel? Montel Hardy? Going one. Oh, I'm here. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, who would you say that you uh, model your game after uh, the most? Or, you know, it could be, you know, older pro. Uh, you know, Hall of Fame dude or just someone maybe you played with? Uh, Definitely, well, I don't want to give you, I don't want to bore you guys with a list, but I'll give you four. Warren Sapp, 
promoting Yachta mm. from the Ravens, mm. and also uh, my uh, the a- the agency the agency that I'm with, um, two players that's also a part of the agency, which is Bill Taylor and Brandon Meebane. So these are the guys like mm. I look up to, and I just study. Even if it's the same video, I, I might watch the video at least once or twice a day, just so it's almost memory to the mind. Because I don't, I mean, you could train your mental as well. So I just try to just. I, I consider that mental practice as well, even though if I watch these dudes constantly and when it comes to combine numbers, I look at these dudes' numbers for motivation so I could try to surpass it or get somewhere to that level. I like that. Can, the last name you mentioned, Brandon Meebang, that's who I see when I watch you. Thank you. Uh, the, the, trainer, the, the, uh, the facility that I'm training at now and the trainer I'm with actually uh, trained uh, Brandon Meebang and also Phil Taylor for the draft and uh he uh, he said the same thing as well. He was like, oh, my stature and my physique also uh, resembles me being. So when it comes to the combine and stuff and when we're training and stuff on pro days, I usually try to match up with his numbers. But uh, it's a couple of numbers that I already uh, got. So now I'm just trying to compare to, like, Phil Taylor's numbers now. Ooh, okay. Phil Taylor was a super powerful guy, especially in the lower Oh, level. man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm sometimes I'm looking at them numbers and I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, this is extra day. This extra day I got to put in. This is Sunday yeah, work. You, you can't you can't skip leg day if you're trying to catch Phil Phil Taylor's numbers. Yeah, seriously, seriously. Um, what are some of your weight room numbers? You know that that maybe last time you ever, you know, power cleans or uh, squats, bench, whatever numbers you might have in terms of the weight room. Um, uh, let's say I've never really maxed out on bench. The last time. I maxed out on squat. I was in the 600, 700 range. Oh, but uh, okay. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I got to I'm all over body anyway, man. I'm just, <laughs> I just as wide at the bottom. I get it from my mama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, upper body is upper body is strong as well too. Like um, for my pro day, I'm aiming at least, like I'm I'm gonna be disappointed if I don't at least get uh 30 plus. And I'm already in that range now, but. I'm I'm mostly aiming thirty five plus thirty plus uh, okay. for the bench at least. And what do you know your arm length? Have you measured Have they measured your arms yet? Um, I, I want to say ninety eight, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that's your wingspan from wingtip. Oh, wing oh, the arm length. Oh, no. what's your arm length? If your arms are ninety eight inches of length, then we can stop this conversation now. Oh, no, no. This is, uh, I'm good, you guys. Hey, Jim, any questions for Carla? Oh, sure. Um, well, in terms of, you know, the players that you went against uh, in, in your division, who were some of the guys that you had, uh, you know, maybe it was on offense or defense or it was your own teammates that uh, you were most impressed by? Um... Hmm, that's a that's a great question. I mean, um, I don't want to sound biased, but I do love my D line. I swear, I love every single guy that's been there. Like a couple of these guys, like one of my um defensive ends, he's on. He just made the Jaguars roster. He was hopping from team to team, but he's on the official roster. I gave Benoson much respect. That was like a big mentor for me. And um, another uh, tight end, he's on the. Giants official roster, Jerome Cunningham, much respect. I mean, he's always coming back, giving back, 
knowledge, wisdom, and insight. But I do love uh, something about Southern's D-Line, man. It's a brotherhood. It's a side of brotherhood that um, just always kept us close. And it was never a jealousy thing. Everybody was a team player. Like when I know the defensive end made a sack, it's because I pushed him outside or if I made a sack, it was because he pushed him inside. And we all just worked with each other. And, and, it, and it never really been about stats. I've never really been a stats guy. And I know that's a lot of the politics when it comes to, like, sports and stuff in general. I'm just a team player all in all. And I wish certain scouts could see that or <laughs> they just came to certain games because, man, it's a lot of things you do that they can't account for. You know you know what I'm saying? So it's sure. just I'm just a big team player. But when it comes to, like, challenges outside of my school, it's uh, it's hard to say. And I and I, I mean that like in the most humbling way because it's never been a time like mentally or physically I felt like I was defeated in a sense. But um, the toughest game I could ever uh, recall is uh, um, we played uh Indiana University of Pennsylvania. They was ranked uh, UP number, again, yeah. Yeah, they was ranked. <laughs> it was ranked number seventh in the nation. I never forget. It was my very short sophomore year, and I was starting. I was officially starting without no rotation, and it was the most humbling experience I ever had. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember, was not Fusco. I'm trying to remember who was, if, um, they never really, it wasn't Fusco. Fusco was uh, someplace else. It was, they had an offensive lineman that I really liked at the time. I'm trying to remember who it was. I think I know you're talking about, was he a tackle, offensive tackle? Yeah, and he was, but the people, I think they went, uh, as a prospect, people were talking about him as a guard, but he was a tackle in college. And he was, yeah. Super powerful. I'm trimming the two. Oh me. man, that that them line, them that line was a dog line, boy. <laughs> yes. I yeah, like, they had a couple I mean, of good guys. Yeah, that excites me. One thing I like about, I mean, I feel like as an old lineman, your job, if the if the D lineman or the linebacker isn't trying to kill you after the end of the play, and I feel like you didn't do your job enough. But boy, <laughs> the first snap, it was war. It was war between. It was war between the line because they played to the whistle and um. It was just it was just a brawl. It really it really showed it was really like the, the best man win. Like it was toe to toe. Well, Carlos, would you what would, would you say that that was your welcome to college football moment, or what was your what was your welcome to college football moment where you realized, oh. okay, no, this is not high school now. Oh, well, my, oh yeah. But if, if, if it wasn't that, because that necessarily wasn't welcome to college, because I still, I mean, I had eight tackles in the sack against them. But my welcome to college football moment would be definitely uh, versus Central Connecticut. My freshman year, Central Connecticut, my freshman year, which was our first game, my first snap I ever played, and it was just the speed of everything was mind-boggling. It was just, oh man, it made me feel like I didn't know the game at all. <laughs> everything, everything was so fast. Being plays, trying to get the plays, trying to get lined up, understand what's going on, and at that time, Central was no huddle as well, so. <laughs> it was just a lot. Then playing at their home field, so you had to deal with the fans and the noises, everything. That was like, okay, that made me – I mean, everything. I never see anything as a failure. Like, I even have that tattoo on me, um, never a failure, always a lesson. I try to get experience and learn from anything, whether it, it could be anything in life. So, like, that definitely gave me the kick to where I got to today a little bit because it let me know that, I mean, in your head, it's always something different. I mean, I know everybody, no matter what sport you play, whether it's rec hours, you always see yourself doing the impossible, which is good. But, like, that let me know. It just brought me down to reality, let me know what, what more work I need to do in order to be where I want to be in my head. Okay. 
So you said you've got never a failure, always a lesson on you. Where where is it on you? Is it a place that is family friendly? Uh, so, yeah, it's on my chest. Uh, on oh, my okay. Chest, <laughs> I have like a, uh, I got my uh, uh, bachelor's in uh, business management, so I try to keep everything uh, business minded. So if I wear a t-shirt, yeah, if I wear a t-shirt, you wouldn't even notice I had a tag. Got it. But the ladies can find it on Instagram, I assume. Yep. Okay, excellent. Uh, I'm feeling on my beach days, my beach days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've been told this before, but you have a fantastic personality. Thank you. I appreciate that. It is, you are a, a very easy interview. And I can tell that you put a lot of thought into your answers. I can tell that you are at ease communicating with people. Is that been something that's always been or has something you've been working on? Or tell me about how you approach handling situations like this one. Uh, I mean, I would like to think of myself as a people's person. Like, I like to, I enjoy, I enjoy exchanging ideas, learning new informations, or just connecting with different people because, I mean, it's a big world. So any, I feel like I can learn from anything and anybody. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be a person specifically. I just, I just love connecting and meeting new people, networking, and just getting everybody else's opinions inside of you because sometimes we, we all think we know it all when we, when there's a lot of troops in the world. Mm. Got it. Thinking about your mentors, and they don't have to be necessarily football, but people who've helped to mold you and shape you, tell me about the impact some of those people have had in your lives, the people who've helped to make you the man you are now. Who are some of the people that, that helped to bring you to this point? Um, it would definitely, I would definitely say my family. Mm-hmm. My family and definitely like my mother. And my brother were like my two biggest inspirations because uh, I see my mother literally sacrifice her last as long so I could be okay. And uh, the same thing went out for my brother. Like he'll he'll be support me whether I'm wrong, whether I'm right. He'll just be able to tell me from his view so I don't have to go through it the hard way like him. And with them two combined, it just made me like I, I mean, you always want to do it for yourself. When then, whenever I was tempted to do something that I wasn't supposed to do, I would be like, man, I don't want to disappoint anybody. So at the same time, like academically and like on and off the field, I made sure that uh, I wasn't just trying to get by. I was always trying to excel in anything I do. So uh, like I graduated with over 3.0 and stuff, yeah. and uh, it was just like I just made sure I excelled in everything because I was just trying to give them back what they gave me back. You know what I'm saying? So now I appreciate everything they do for me, like, Forever, like it's no. I feel like there's no way I could really ultimately pay them back for what they did to me and like what they have done for me. But like the only thing I could do is be the best me and support them any way I can. Got it. I'm gonna open it back up to uh, to my co-host. Any other questions that you might have, Mr. Uh, Jim? James? Oh sure. Yes, go ahead. Uh, uh, the one uh, were you did you get a chance to go to the All Star event uh, and that sort of thing? Uh, I went to uh, the National Bowl at FIU. Yep. Um, I was also trying to work my way into the, the Gridiron Showcase, but that had got filled up, and um, in the Medal of Honor Bowl. But both of those situations got filled up. But I feel like uh, everything happens for a reason. At the same time, as, as much as I wanted to go, I felt like being here, training in Florida, is what best fitted me because the numbers I'm about to put up. Definitely gonna give me a look, a look or two, and all I have to do is put the pads on, 
and that will do most of the talking. But I feel like you know, what I was able to learn here was definitely uh, very beneficial. So I feel like it both worked hand-in-hand. So I prayed on it, but I was confident. But I definitely uh, did the National Ball at FIU. It was a great experience. And it gave me a little sense of what to expect. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it wasn't easy. It was a lot going on. Everything was moving fast. You had to be on time, on point with everything. And I mean, it's everybody it's everybody going for the same job. So it's definitely it was a fun experience, and it definitely give you it gives you a, a, a sprinkle of what to expect. Talk to and me also about played the old line here too. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about the, the experience in terms of the coaching. Obviously, they don't have a lot of time with you, but what things could they impart to you, even in that compressed time frame? I mean, they 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 taught me uh, so, it's so many things I taught, man. Uh, I learned uh, different, different like, hand techniques, uh, especially playing at the zero, that it was just it was just the little things that, like, you don't really think of, and it's just like, wow. That's it. And, like, I tried it, and it worked in my favor. So it would be, like, little hand techniques, little tweaks in the stances to keep you staying low, like how to how to position your hands so when you shoot them, they're already on target. It was a lot of a lot of the little things had me in my room just practicing, like, wow, like, I went four years without this. Like, imagine what I could have did with this, like. Mm-hmm. So... I have one more question, and then I'll, I'll open it up to Montel. You mentioned no that you mentioned that you you came to the you know the game a little bit late, but that you had originally been a basketball player. Yep. And obviously, obviously, you know, you some of that is still in you, though physically your body has now changed to the point where it's unlikely you would be playing basketball at a high level now. But what are some of the things that you carried with you from basketball, and what kind of player were you? What if we were putting, who would you put us in mind of if we could see you playing basketball? Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big dude, but uh, I mean, in my head, I'm like a I'm like a dancing panda. I feel <laughs> I like uh, like when I play basketball, I used to try to resemble not for nothing Julius Irvin. Oh, I to, yeah. I mean, I'm it's it's crazy how I think of things, and it's crazy how I like I pitch things out. But when I played, I was in second grade doing hook shots, man, off the backboard. That's how that's how I used to play. That's how I used to like it, a lot of finger rolls, spin moves and stuff. But I felt like uh, basketball gave me a lot of lateral speed movement right? and a lot of uh, change direction movement, being there, like, fast breaks and transitions. And uh, New York is known for ball, so, like, yes. and, like, not for nothing. Regardless, a, a regular match in the summertime, I could be playing with a, a future star, a future All-American, or just people that uh like I, I played ball with Kimber Walker before. Yep. It's it's just like a couple of people that made it to the league or had tryouts. One of my best friends uh he just finished his uh two years ago at uh, K State, and uh, these are people I played ball with regularly. So I mean just playing at that level just helped me with my change of direction, my lateral movements, and how to stay low, and my hand out coordination when it came following the ball, and just little things like that. And my can explosiveness you, at the same time. Can you still flush on somebody if the situation's right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get me mad enough, I'm going up top. I'm definitely going to go up top. <laughs> I, I, I want some pictures. That's what I want. I want pictures of you just posterizing somebody at 318 pounds. 
Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're dunking, I think we could all use a poster of that. Yeah. We all use a picture of that. I had a video about. I had a video last summer. I got to see if my friend still has it of me dunking. Okay. Well, I, that I, that I'd love to see. If it's out there somewhere, I will definitely look for it because there's nothing. People talk about big guy touchdowns. The only thing better than a big guy touchdowns is a big guy dunk. I agree. I agree 110%. <laughs> so I, I, I would love to see that. I'm going to yeah, open it back I, up. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, any other questions that either uh, Montel or James, you guys might have? Uh, James, you got anything? Yeah, sure. Uh, I was just going to say uh, best of luck with everything, man. Uh, if If you do do... Uh, I would say that even if you do test uh, like Brandon Meebane, uh the only issue is Brandon Meebane played in a bigger division. So uh, not to say that that you know that you can't break in. You definitely have the size uh, and everything else uh, to go with it. So um, you know, hopefully your testing goes out. I think the scouts might care more about your actual size. And if you legit are 318 pounds, um, there's not a lot of those guys at the lower level division that are as big as you, so, um, <laughs> so that that's uh, that's a benefit. So I, I was gonna say is best of luck, uh, and uh, hopefully you end up on uh, you know get a chance to uh, end up on a team, and you know hopefully work your way up, and then hey you you know you, you do that enough, win enough jobs that uh, eventually you might end up being a starter. Definitely, I appreciate the words, brother. And that's that's something I thought about as well. That's why I said I always try to surpass that. <laughs> I mean, starters, I always, the starters, I, that's the way I start at. That's just basically the grid line. So that's the minimum. But like, that's, I also, I appreciate the words. And, yeah, I'm just continue doing it. I feel like if I give it my all, I can't be mad at myself. You get what I'm saying? Sure. Well, and, and Jim, I promise you, he's every every ounce of 318 pounds. That's, that, that's the thing that to be impressed about is what he does in terms of, like, the vertical and the three cone. I will not be surprised at all if you don't end up comparing with the guys amongst your position group, defensive tackles, well, like zero one technique types, nose tackles, guys who play all over the center. Definitely. If he can dunk, yeah. He, oh, yeah. yeah. If he can dunk, he's got a good vertical, man. And yep. if he's got the video, he's got more than what Jordan Phillips has. He will have one. But, I mean, like I said, if you haven't already had a chance to – ensconce yourself in, in Mr. Carla Taylor's tape. It's worth doing. Nice get-off. Um, some technique stuff, which he explained. He came to the game a little bit late. He's beginning to learn to use his hands better, stay lower, flat-back people. Man, Carlos, if you would play low all the time and use your hands, you would uh, be no, a brother. killing machine. <laughs> you would be a, you'd be unstoppable. <laughs> I know your coach has yeah. been on you about it, haven't they? Oh, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, sometimes – I mean, like, you, sometimes you go down, and then it's just like you see the ball, and you just get the ball. And then sometimes you just forget about it, and then it's like, ah, then after the play, it's like, all right, all right, next play, next play, next play. <laughs> Man, I don't know if they still do this, but we used to have, like, a, a, what they call a cage drill, and it would be basically like a two-and-a-half-foot metal cage. And you'd have to come off the ball, and you'd, you'd stay low, because if you didn't, you'd, you'd scrape your own face off. Um, <laughs> so you have to fire off and basically engage with someone underneath this cage. Uh, and I think it was probably too barbaric. They probably don't let people do it anymore. But back in the 80s, you know, they figured what the heck, we'd get more football players. Uh, 
they you know they didn't care so much about, about <laughs> health and safety in those days, my friend. I was about to say, Bill, that is rough. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> rough, dude. But that that'll train you though. It will yeah, that sounds train like something I might need. <laughs> but whether or not you go that to that extreme, I'm telling you, you will see if you watch the tape, you'll see what I'm talking about. On the plays where he stays low, has that flat back, and is using his hands, two people can't handle him. Forget one person. Two people can't handle him. It's only when he kind of stands up and forgets to get – that's people get into his chest. And then, I mean, I'm just telling you what I've seen. You're still holding your own even when you use bad technique, which is, you know, shows your, your power and things like that. But when you use great technique, Carlos, nobody's got anything. They can't do anything with you. Nothing. Appreciate that, bro. That's something that I um... I mean, I watch I watch my film just as I barely watch TV. If anything, it's just Netflix and film. So it's little things like that that you know sometimes you wish you could be in the time machine about. But uh, huh. yeah, it's, it's man, I've been out here training with these guys, man. I, I've been there. Uh, actually, was here with another D tackle from NC State as well, and um, we've been Wait, getting work. Which which one? Uh, his name is Thomas Till. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a it's a lot. It's a lot of talent that uh that I have been training here with, and we was able to get some work in as well. And a couple of these guys are about to head out to the combine as well. So I want the best of luck to them. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean the training is nonstop, and that's stuff that I just like. It's just like man. Sometimes the time machine. Sometimes you wish you had a DeLorean and hop in, but. I mean, now, I mean, you get, when you get to see things, you get to perfect things, and now that's what I've been doing daily. Well, here's, here's the challenge I want to issue to you. So whoever, if you've got friends who are D-tackles at the Combine or just guys you've spotlit, spot or you find someone who's got basically around your body type and pick them right. as your guy to beat. And look at, and then give, have your own Carliff Taylor Combine. And whatever that right. guy does, go out and beat his number in that. Go out that guy does, beat his number in that. And then, like, take pictures Tweet me something so I can add this to your profile so I can put in the Carliff Taylor Combine numbers from the Carliff Taylor Combine. Oh, yeah, that sounds, that sounds dope. I kind of I kind of thought of that as well, too. I just wanted to scope out the competition and just write down the best of the best, not even my size. I don't care if you're 290. I don't care if you're 6'5". Okay. I just, I just right. wanted the best, and I just wanted that to be my, my fuel. So when I get down that stance and I run that 40 and I'm pressing that bench, I just know what I got to do and what I got to be. I know you so know why I will come out. This is why I do what I do, is people like you, Carlos, because that, the, the fight that you have in you and the fact, once again, you're an amazing you know, interview. You're a great personality. But there's that, that thing inside of you that says, I don't care if you're, they say, they say, I don't care if you're 290, I don't care if you're 6'5", that you're going to compare yourself. You're going to put yourself against the best of the best. And if you do that, if you do the things that you're capable of doing, and as I just said, clean up your technique, you do those yep. two things, you do those two things, people will be like, what? How, did, how did this guy, how was this guy available in whatever round? How was this guy even available? That's what people will be asking themselves. You do the stuff that you're capable of. Um, are you doing any, you know, you mentioned some hand stuff. Are you doing any, like, martial arts or boxing, or what are you doing else to sort of quicken up and, and be more accurate with how you use your hands and put more power in your hands? Uh, boxing and a lot of explosive drills that uh, my trainer has me do that specifically put my position for, like, a stronger punch and 
and just certain tricep stuff and chest workouts, shoulder workouts, that also increases like the speed and the locking of uh, locking of the hands. But uh, I mean, I usually take boxing year round just to keep my just to keep everything light and everything flowing, so it's not really robotic. Okay. Okay. Once again, I'd love to see some video of you in the ring doing your Mike Tyson thing. Yep, that's 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 one of the favorite one of my favorite boxers when it comes to boxing is him, Ali, and Sugar Ray. And I I got to see well all those guys. I mean, I'm old, but I got to see all, uh, all bless, those guys. Bless your heart, <laughs> bless your heart. Um, Ali first came back right when I first started fighting, following boxing. He had just come back from he'd been banned for a while because of his religious beliefs that kept him from serving in the military, and so he had refused to register for the draft. And It's a long story. But, so he's coming back to boxing, and he, was, he wasn't sharp yet, but he was fighting what they used to call the, um, somebody called it the tomato can of the month club, basically. Like, he's, Jorge, Shavala, well, you don't need to hear all this. But the point is, I saw the first tough fight he had coming back, and it was Kenny Norton, and Kenny Norton beat him, broke his jaw. Mm-hmm. And... Um, People thought said it's over, Ali's done, whatever. And then, of course, the next time he fought Ken Norton, who was tough as nails, um, tough as nails. But you know, you could just see that he was going to not leave without his championship belt. Like he had decided, you know, Ken Norton can hit me with a car tonight, and I'm not leaving here without my belt. Like I don't care what you do to me. And my father had seen Ali at his prime, 63, 64. When he, I mean, literally, guys couldn't touch him. They couldn't find him. Yep. <laughs> they couldn't. I mean, guys, it's like where. He, he would knock guys out who didn't even know where he was. I mean, literally. Sonny Listed went to his grave not knowing where Ali was. And, <laughs> you know, by the time I'm watching Ali, he's slowed down a little bit. He's gained about 10 pounds. But he's, he's Ali, but he's not, like, the, he's, not just, yeah. uh, he's not just the best athlete anymore. He's not just better athletically. He had to find other ways to get to, yeah. to, to fight through. It was more strategy. It was more strategy. Had to be. Right. He slowed yeah. down a little bit. He still was fast for a heavyweight, but he slowed down a little bit. And that's the thing about being an athlete. If you're going to be at a high level for a while, is you can't do it the same way you did it when you were 20, 21, 22, if you're going to still be in the league at 27, 28, 29, 30. Exactly. Your body's going to get beat up. I hate to put it this way, but football, and you're playing in the pit, man. You're playing. You're playing. Yeah. Woo, I mean, that's gladiator stuff that's going on around you. That's the one place where they haven't cleaned up the game is where yeah. you play. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's not much. You, it's nothing more you could do. I mean, it's constant. I mean, from this, from zero to zero point two seconds is contact. <laughs> right. Rough. Yeah. So, I, I I admire anybody who plays in there, man. I was a safety. It was tough enough for me to do what I was doing, but I looked at what you you guys do. Sheesh. Hats off. Because, uh, like I said, it's the one place where it's, it's still pretty much anything goes. <laughs> You know, you can't shot block. Except if you're a shoe, though. That's the only difference. You're, you're a shoe, can't do everything you want to do. Yeah, except for chop blocking. It's pretty much whatever goes, whatever whatever you want to try, yeah, bring to the table. So, Carlos, it's been a thrill, a pleasure, and I'm glad we finally managed to get this together. I have my final question for you. No problem. So... I think somebody is going to be thrilled when they realize what they've got when they have you. I could see you being as part of somebody's defensive line rotation immediately, uh, partially because of your versatility, partially because of your movement skills, and partially because of your power. 
a guy with power, movement skills, and ability to play two, maybe even three positions on the D-line, that guy's going to find work. <laughs> like there's, I don't care where you came from. I don't care if you fall off the back of a rutabaga truck. If you can do those <laughs> three things, you can do those three things, there'll be a place for you somewhere in the league. Right. And I could easily see, you know, initially, like I said, being sort of part of a mix. They play a little bit over here, you know, situationally drop you in over there, this kind of thing. They see you, how you do in goal line, okay. You know, and you're getting, you know, a percentage of the snaps. You're not a starter at first. Uh, right. Not because you are incapable of it, but because, hey, there's those guys in the league, they don't just roll over and give their jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This isn't my little pony. No, no. People are like, oh, Carla Taylor's here. Well, I'm packing my stuff. I'm telling my folks I'm coming home. You know, that's, that's, that's not quite how it's going to be when you get to camp. Uh, those are grown men who feed their families by playing football. So they're not just going to, you know, clear out their locker when you show up and then show you to, you know, what used to be their locker and wish you luck. Exactly. They're going to fight like hell for their job. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's just like I you're going to have to fight like hell if you want a job. Yep. Precisely. Because, right. Because just as much as I might be impressed with you and I like your tape, there's a lot of guys who can play this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I'm a dozen. And there's a whole bunch of guys, and a bunch of guys want to do what you want to do. And just to get to a camp, you've made it through a bunch of filters. Ooh. Out of the almost 280-some-odd thousand guys playing, starting, forgot playing, starting high school football, forget playing, a tiny percentage of them play college football. Of that, several thousand that play college football, a tiny percentage of them even get to an NFL camp. Mm. Yep. You've made it through. You're already at the sort of almost the cream of the crop just to get to the camp. And now you are fighting with grown men, with families, right? They're, they're, it's not quite the same. I mean, as you said, it's a brotherhood, but it's a more conditional brotherhood than the one you came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little it's more of a job, too. It's more of a job now, too. Yes, it is. These guys, like I said, they, they provide for their families. They, they build a future, all this stuff, based on what they can do on a football field. So, yes. When you're on the team, you know, there's a love, there's a bond, but there's always that thought that you could be gone tomorrow. If somebody is better or somebody is this or somebody is that, you can be replaced. And you're reminded of that on a fairly regular basis. <laughs> I, it's cold. It's hard, but it's, it's, the, it's the life you've chosen. Yeah, it's the reality of it. Yep. Right. It's the life you've chosen. But I see you finding a place in that rotation. I think – by your second year in the league, especially with you getting in better, even better shape, you're, you're, you're in great condition by your second year, you work like nobody's business all throughout the offseason, you're using your hands better, you're a guy who's getting off first, you're the, they watch tape and it's like consistently you're the one with the best get off, you're getting into guys, you're dominating at the point of attack, you've improved your pass rush skills, which you've got the natural stuff, you just didn't know the technique. Once you have the technique to go right. with what you've got naturally – you could be one of the better pass rush interior guys in the entire league. I'm talking like Nick Fairley level. Ooh, stuff. You could get boys. there. You could get that's there. Them boys. You I'm, could get there. That's what I'm telling you. You could get there. You're going to have to pay some prices. You can give up some nights of comfort. You know, <laughs> you oh, have yeah. to punish yourself to get there. Oh, yeah. That's the way I put it, while you're watching television or playing a video game, somebody else is out there training. So, you know. Right. Getting better. Yep. So. Yep. That's yep. Think about. And that's, that's, 
And that's what I'm saying. If you're willing to pay that kind of price, I could see you getting there. I could see you, you could be one of those guys that people are, hey. So I, by your, I could see you by your second league people saying, who is this Carlos Taylor? You know, <laughs> you know pro football focus is like, you'll be surprised. One of our top three ranked interior linemen is Carliff Taylor, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> right? And then, good. So that by your third year, they're like, okay, let's not mess around with this. Let's redo your deal now before, you know, you just get more expensive. Let's just skip to the <laughs> to the end. Let's just redo your deal now. Let's You don't have to finish out your rookie deal. We'll tear that up. We'll new New deal now. Because um, they don't want you to hit the open market, they don't want to have to deal with any of that stuff. They're going to put an end to this foolishness right here, right now. We're going to read your deal, and your life will change. From that point forward, you will have a different life. You will have to make sure that you are grounded, so that you don't end up, you know, make, making the wrong kind of news. Exactly right. Because some people, you know, the, one of the one, one of the great tests they said is, you know, you want you want to see what who a man really is, give him success. Exactly. I've heard that before. Well, and it's true. It you, is. I see you getting that chance to to really establish yourself as one of the better interior players in the league, and I think you have that in you. If you work, I mean, like I said, if you want to you want to you want to want to put want to see someone to to think about in terms of mindset. Look at what JJ Watt's doing, right? He's going to a place where there is no television, where there is no internet. <laughs> He's living in the forest. He's living in the forest. I mean, it's like something from out of like a – it's like a John Henry story, what that guy does. He's living in a log cabin in the forest, so there's no distractions. Yeah, I was thinking thinking Thoreau, but yeah. Right, or Thoreau. If Henry David David Thoreau had taken 20,000 pounds worth of free weights with him into the forest, then yes, Henry David Thoreau. (laughs) <laughs> and it, his life is eating, sleeping, and working out. That's what J.J. Watt does. He's not on Twitter. He's not on Instagram. He's not on – he's barely on, on like, AT&T phone. He's barely in, he's barely in our century. He, he is one of the – he's a singular unit. He is a guy who all – he said, I don't have a girlfriend. I'm right now it's all football. And at some point, it'll be something else when I get older. But right now, I have a chance to be the greatest of all time, and I'm going to sacrifice everything for that. That's what he's decided to do. Now, I'm sure that there's some young woman trying to figure out where that where that cabin is. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's like no, 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 J.J. Watt, you're going to have a girlfriend. I'm going to fix that for you tonight. But until, until somebody <laughs> figures out where that cabin is, he's going to be all football. And he's going to show up at camp looking like something from the Avengers movie, right? I mean, he's going to he's going to look ridiculous. He's already I mean, you've seen JJ Watt already, but he's going to yeah. But he's not satisfied with that. That's the crazy thing. He's not saying, oh, I'm the best in you know best defensive lineman in football. Let me just ride this thing out. No, he's like, I'm taking this to the next level. I'm going to shut down myself from the outside world for months at a time, months at a time, so I can do nothing but train. Now, I'm not saying you have to build a cabin in the woods because that's kind of nutty, and J.J. Watt's completely insane. Mm-hmm. And he has the money to do it, too. That's the thing. Right. That's the other thing, right? Right. That's the other thing. Like that. Everybody wants to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, good point. 
<laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm not expecting all that. Hey, but you just have to be a guy that gets up a little earlier, you know, gets your sleep, um, sacrifices a little bit. Hey, you know, tells your friends, hey, I'm sorry, I'd love to go do X with you. But would you rather me do X with you and be out of the league in a couple of years? Or would you rather me not do X with you and be in the Pro Bowl? And I'll, you know, send you all some nice stuff from the Pro Bowl. Uh, <laughs> my bag yeah, bag, my gift bag. So that's the question to ask your friends and family. Yeah, I could come out with y'all and go to TGI Fridays or whatever, or whatever it is. I could go do that. Or I could send you, you know, what, what some of the stuff from my, my old Pro swag bag where they send me to Hawaii. So yeah. that's the thing. You've got to – it's a tough thing because you're young, and this is the fun part of your life. And it's not easy to say I'm going to shut down all the stuff I could be having fun with. And some guys manage to, you know, balance it. I mean, Rob Gronkowski certainly finds time for fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he hasn't said – he's not building a cabinet anywhere. Uh, he's, he's doing other – his training regimen is a slightly different training regimen. He's getting lots of activity, though. I'll give him that. He's yeah. He, that's one thing he is getting. <laughs> yes, he's he's you know he's still working on himself, just a different kind of way. He's still getting the work in. He just has a different focus. But the the difference is obviously that JJ Watt wants to be the best of all time. Exactly. At his position. Not great. Right. Not he wants to be the best of all time. Yes. Yeah, another thing being good, great, and the greatest. And he said, I'll, "That's what I want. I don't want to be good. I don't want to. Be, I don't want. I don't want to just be in the Hall of Fame." And that's sort of sounds crazy to say when you hear someone say, "I don't just want to be in the Hall of Fame." But that, but that's what he wants. He doesn't want to be in the Hall of Fame. He wants to be the. He wants people to say, "Wow, I've never seen a better player, ever. That's the best I've ever seen. That's what he wants." And so yeah. he's willing to pay whatever it takes to get to that. There's not many people like him. He's a very rare. He's a rare thing. Um, he just, you know, kisses his family goodbye and says, I'll see you in three and a half months, right? Goes into the woods. That's, you don't see that every day. That's not normal, quite frankly. That is so, very yeah. true. And I, I admire that dude. And <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm not there all the way, but, um, I mean, for the past two years, I've, I've just been schooling football, schooling football, schooling football. But I still got a lot of more growing to do. You especially do. Especially with the temptations and the money, because this is just a whole new chapter of life that I'm that I'm not there. Grounded. So you got to be grounded, one right? Thing, yeah, you I say one thing, and then when you get it, it's another. But I mean, I can't say my intention is to be like that in that level because I I don't do anything just to be in the mix. I always do things to be the best, and that's kind of like what got me here. Right, and that's that's what's going to get you where you're going. And so I see that. You're going to be a guy that carves out a place for himself in the league and becomes, you know, a guy that goes from being uh, maybe a guy that makes a team to a guy that makes a team. A guy that goes from a guy that makes a team to a guy that's in the rotation and getting more and more snaps to a guy that is a starter to a guy that we're tearing up his rookie deal so he won't have to deal with him in the free agent market. So I think you're going to be a guy that you, by three years into the league, people are going to be talking about you as one of the better interior linemen. And – Lots of things will happen to you. Your life will change, as I said. And you're going to get a nice, beautiful, you know, handwritten letter from Southern Connecticut State University. And they're congratulating you and uh, welcoming you to the long list of owls that have played in the league. And they'll 
uh, you know, talk about some of the guys who've had successes and how they look forward to your continued success and how there's going to be a Carliff Taylor Day on campus and they'll say what day it's going to be, all that cool stuff. And then at some point in the letter, I'll say, we look forward to your generous donation. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, all about I, giving back, though. I mean, one of my with my business management degree, I do, I mean, I, my intention is to do a lot of nonprofit organizations. Excellent. And stuff for, like, my community and, like, the New Haven community as well. Oh, and I mean, I, I mean, it sounds far-fetched, but I eventually want to branch out, but I know help starts at home, and I want to give everybody a fair opportunity that, I was blessed enough to have uh, to be out here, so I'm big on helping the community as well. Okay. Well, that I, I see the same. And I think that when they bring you down on Carliff Taylor Day and you stand there on the stage with the AD and the president with those giant grins on their faces and you've got that, you know, check that's five feet and a half wide and <laughs> three and a half feet high and everybody's <laughs> pictures, everybody's all smiling and happy looking, you know. So... What's that? They're going to help to establish the, uh, you know, the Carliff, uh Taylor uh, Big Man's Annex onto the uh, athletic facilities there. So there'll be some larger size recovery and, and hot tubs, uh, some maybe a slightly larger locker, you know, so you can, you know, for the big handsome man, uh, some, <laughs> right? Some, uh, you know, some, some places where guys can work on uh Heavy bags and speed bags, uh, places where, you know, obviously, you know, some more places for sled work, uh, a larger indoor bubble, all these right. things to, to give you, not just you guys, but especially those guys who sometimes don't get the love and attention, those guys who play in the middle, guys who play on the inside, a place to, to feel, you know, loved and appreciated. You know, a place to get your smoothies, you know, so you can work on yep. the nutrition side of it, all that good <laughs> stuff, right? Boom, all, all right the there. Yep. Right there in the Carl of Taylor Annex. And <laughs> they're going to have, obviously, some game-worn jerseys up there, helmets, gloves, cleats. And they're going to be showing, you know, some of the best of up there on the flat screen, up there on the plasmas. I want you to tell me what game or if you think there's a play, but whichever you think, a game or a play or something that you think best explains, best gives people an idea of who you are and what you are, what you brought to the table there as an athlete. Uh, I can give you a hmm, – oh, perfect. I already remember right there. Well, this okay. Is, uh, my freshman year, once again, I was I was a bigger dude. I've been big my whole life. I, I don't know if I didn't tell you guys that, but uh, actually, I'm at my physical peak right now because uh, uh I came into school 356. So well, hello. every so every year every every year I lost. I got a little leaner, got a little quicker. So I've been I've been used to playing at a heavier weight. So anytime I lose weight, it's kind of like a it's like a treat. But people don't a lot of people don't know that. But um. So this was a freshman year at AIC, and uh, basically we were down. We were down by, uh, I want to say, a touchdown, and um, they had the ball, and it was basically a, uh, it was a measurement, and it was a uh, fourth and inches, and they decided to go for the ball, and they decided to go for it because if they went for it, they basically could have took took the knee, and they would have won the game. And um, I'm in there, and at this time we're running a three-four, which is hard to stop the run, and you know what's coming anyway. And um, I wasn't. I didn't think. Snap of the ball, I got double teamed, and I just, I just held my ground. And I was pushing back, 
and then I felt the running back back running to the other guard, and uh, me and the dude that uh, I was mentioned earlier, Ike Ignosa, who was on the Jaguars, we both got him and stopped the, and stopped the play. So then we score again, and so now it's tied. So now they're going for now they're about to now they're trying to score again. It's only like a minute and a minute and some change left. The running back is running with the ball. It's a fumble. I get the fumble recovery. And so now we have no timeouts around forty to thirty seconds on the clock. And we had a good drive by our quarterback, it was Kevin Lynch, and it was a hero hero heroic catch from Willie Epps and uh we won the game. And it was because of that fourth down stop and that uh, fumble recovery. Good choice. Great choice, in fact. Well done. Carlos, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. One is I want to hear the results of the Carlos Taylor Combine so I can All right. update I can update everything that I'm writing about you. Two, you're going to get an email from me either today, late, or more likely tomorrow with a series of questions for a more expanded article that I'll be uh, writing about you. And definitely I want to hear about, like I said, any workout numbers that you get at any pro days. you know where you're doing your pro day yet? Uh, right now, me and uh, my agents, uh, J.R. Rickard and uh, Ray Brownell, we're working. I know Ray and okay, Ray and J.R. Tell, tell Ray Brownell that Bill Carroll of Consensus Draft Services says hello. All right. I mean, these guys are famous. I mean, it's yes. nobody. I could go down the street and somebody knows J.R. or Ray. I mean, they're, they're everywhere, which is a yes. good thing. Which is very good, but yeah. uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're right now we're in the motions of getting into Rutgers Pro Day, and if that doesn't work, we're gonna um do UConn as well, UConn and Yale as well. The Rutgers is the main thing. That Big Ten, Big Ten just took everything, and I mean that's gonna give me the best opportunity. But regardless, I'm gonna do my job, and I believe in these guys. And end of the day, uh, numbers don't lie. That is true, ladies and gentlemen, a delight first of all, just as, as a human being, and a very impressive interior line prospect. A little raw, a few things to work on, but the components are clearly there. Carla Taylor from uh, Southern Connecticut State University is, he's got something. He definitely has it. Man, thank you, guys. Uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate the time, and I, I appreciate everything. Y'all, y'all definitely gave me a lot to think about, a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom, which is something, and y'all told me all the right things I need to hear while I'm 75% done with the training. I just want to say God bless and uh, enjoy the rest of your days. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out Thank there. Thank you. Thank you. And to to you and to if whoever, the, if there are any special ladies in your life, I, I want to say wish the same to them as well. Uh, my mother. There you go. That's a special <laughs> lady right there. That is a very, very special lady. Perfect. Well, then, Ms. Ms. Taylor, wherever you are, have a wonderful day today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. God bless you guys. Thank you. Take care, Carla. All right. And we have our final. And this has been the one I've been working on for the longest. Jared Taylor, are you still with me? Jared, please say you're still there, Jared. Come on. Don't do this to me, Jared. Oh, that wasn't Jared's fault. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm going to go get Jared Taylor back. Uh, Turner back. Um... Discuss amongst yourselves <laughs> while I go get our last prospect. Um, oh, okay, uh, the ever-popular Combine snubs. Um, I know, Jim, you've given some of yours. I don't think I've gotten any of yours yet, Montel. So Combine snubs, gentlemen, and I will go get our last prospect.
I couldn't hear the last part of what you said. So oh, I'm saying Montel. Oh, combine snubs. Combine snubs. Yeah, I have I have no. most of, most of James. I don't think I have yours yet. So uh, combine snubs go, and I'm going to go get Jared Turner back. And did uh, did, did Jr. <laughs> Tavai get an invite? I'm sorry, I thought uh, you guys could hear yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who he did? Uh, you know, when 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 someone you know when when someone says they're snubbed, it's it, you know it's, it's like they didn't get invited. Uh, well, yeah, I was trying to see who did and who didn't. I don't really know for sure who didn't. Uh, James, why don't you give me some guys you got? And uh, there we go. And I will be back in a moment. <laughs> okay, go, gentlemen. Okay, uh, well, Deontay Greenberry didn't get invited to the combine. Yeah, um, he's a wide receiver out of Houston uh, that I've been keeping track of since last year. Uh, I don't – apparently he might have character issues, whatever that means. Um, he definitely didn't do drugs or anything like that, but he – there's apparently talk of him kind of having a big mouth or whatever. But so – but he's someone that I, I felt like yeah. should have got invited. Um, trying to think of who else didn't get invited. It's tough to talk about combine snubs just because. Like, <laughs> combine num- Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Um, I know. I know. AJ Johnson was uh, booted from it because he got indicted. So they're not. No one gets a invite in his place. Then they'll just go one guy down. No, they usually call somebody up. Like if somebody doesn't, you know, okay. if somebody drops out, they'll call somebody else up to replace them. I don't know who replaced AJ Johnson though. Ah, um, okay. I, I was hoping to hear a word on that soon. Yeah. I just think that there's certain guys that I I think he couldn't have got better guys. Uh, like, you know, at the linebacker position, they they invited a Marlo Herrera, right, from Georgia, and it's kind of like it's because he goes to Georgia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not, that's what I mean. Or uh, there was oh outside linebacker wise, they invited um Yannick Virgil from Maryland, or they invited uh who else did they invite? Um, Xavier Dixon from Alabama. Right. I still I'm still that's kind of a head scratcher. I mean, if you're gonna invite him, then why don't you just invite Trey to Priest and just make it like an Alabama party? Well, they already invited Trey to Priest. You know. That's the thing. They, they get oh, he did. Oh, I yep. Did. Okay. So, there we go. They invited wow. Trey to Priest, and they invited his less talented. Uh, <laughs> yes, his less talented Fred. Let me see. Exactly. I, so, let me see. Let me see. Jared, are you still with me? Oh, this is frustrating. Okay, continue, gentlemen. Okay, okay, thanks, Bill. Uh, did did um? Well, who did, do you uh, think get invited yeah. that you might be surprised got invited? Hey, that's their question. You could ask me like, "Hey, did someone get invited?" And I could say, "Oh no." Uh, well, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure um, Blake Sims. Did, did Blake Sims get a combine invite? I'm pretty sure he did. Blake Sims. Um, yes, he did get invited, yes. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just me because I've kind of already have, like, an evaluation done on him, but it's kind of like, he kind of is who he is, and I kind of feel like, just same thing with the senior bowling, like, I really think you do yourself a disservice when you 
you know, plug one of these uh, holes with Sims because I think a lot of people know what he is. Um, I think if he wants to do something, he can do a pro day. I think at the next level, if he's going to be a quarterback, uh, we, I mean, we know what we're dealing with here. I mean, he played very good for Bama. So if you look on like production only, yes. But if you look at just overall quarterback knowledge and the type of throws you're going to have to make at the next level, it, it's, I don't know, it just really shows where this class is really at if, if Blake Sims in his very first year but, ever so playing quarterback is doing but here's, but here's the thing, though. If you don't invite Blake Sims, then you know who gets invited, don't you? Bo Wallace. And you know what? I'm I'm <laughs> more okay with that because not that I like either quarterback because I, I can come up with a thousand reasons why I know. But get a guy who's a senior quarterback who's played the previous, you know, couple years or year under, uh, you know, in, in a somewhat pro system. I mean, at least there you've got a, a bigger wealth of quarterback knowledge here, you know. So you think combine, you think quarterbacks, you think guys that are just very – as polished as possible, either from a mental or a physical standpoint at the position. Blake Sims isn't really much of either. Not to say Bo Wallace is a whole lot more down the road, but, I mean, you've got a – you know, you've got a, you've got a quarterback, you know. Like, Blake Sims could work out at a variety of different positions if he wanted to. Right. And, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the thing about the combine. They invited Brandon Bridge, you know, Anthony Boone, um, Brian Bennett from Southeastern. Southeast uh-huh. uh, they invited Jerry Lovelock, which was kind of – I'm very curious about him. Uh, I mean, he's got a different kind of build, um, but I hear his arm is a lot stronger than, you know, some people. Definitely so. strong. Uh, it doesn't – you know, it, the ball doesn't go places he wants it to all the time, but it's definitely um, Is Nick Marshall going to do quarterback things too, or just defensive back things? Or do, do we know yet? Defensive back things, because he. Oh yeah, he's, he's got to now. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. I mean, he's still listed as a quarterback if you look on the roster. Right. At the, still listed as a quarterback because they want to, you know, be cute. But I mean, <laughs> he already said that he's going to be a defensive back, and Which I think was very smart of him. Yes. And I think teams will uh, – the teams that think he's a quarterback will quickly do that once they get through the first practice session. I guarantee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But even then, I doubt – I mean, like he definitely has the physical stuff, but this is a guy who – I mean, he didn't really start at all at a defensive back position throughout his career. So he definitely has physical stuff. and. I know that he like the special team type stuff, but that's about it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'd I'd really hope that maybe he really gets some one on one workouts with Sammy Coates. You know, I really want them to just be somewhere with the football right I want now. Sammy Coates to catch the football, man. That's the. <laughs> I mean, that well, that's the thing. If he he might not catch the football, but he can he can beat you deep, and he'll he'll do everything. Not everything, but he'll challenge you as a defender because there are some there are some top notch defenders even in the SEC. Who got owned by Sammy Coates? Deal with Sammy I mean, Coates. Landon Collins. I mean, the body count is pretty high, dude. Uh, uh, the only dude who could really hang with him was probably Collins and and, and just LSU because he he had his way with all of Ole Miss, had his way with basically all of Bama. Any anyone you could pick a guy, then they couldn't touch him. Uh, you know, he just and not to say he's this great talent. He's totally not, but he'll test you good enough. To where if you're a DB, you probably oh, like working out with him. No, I huh? mean, he's a 
according to the early stuff I have, I mean, he's going to be the best testing wide receiver at the combine. But, yeah, um, I heard there's a legit chance he'll be in the 4-3 range. Like, he'll have no, a 4-3. He'll be 4-3. He'll jump really high. He'll do everything. He'll be like a little Julio Jones, what it'll be. A little baby Julio Jones, basically. Yeah, baby Julio um, Jones. But I like that. I like that comp. A lot better. You know, that's my only. Although, I don't, it depends on who you talk to. Because, like, Julio in his early years, you know, he had issues catching the contested balls, you know what I mean? Like, if there's people mm-hmm. around him, he kind of had mm-hmm. issues. But, I don't know. That's the only thing I worry about with wide receivers, man. Because all the wide receivers that have, you know, that were these athletic freak type guys that have busted, we all know the names. And there's definitely, just based on tape, there's many more wide receivers that are better than semi coach just based on being able to run around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Open, oh, yeah. Catch the football. Oh, yeah. But they don't, you know, they're not going to run. But, but, it, but it's not even Cordell Patterson because the thing about Patterson is he didn't produce as much as coach, you know, uh, in college, so it's, I mean, Patterson was clearly a backup level guy at Tennessee, and then they wanted to make him do a star receiver, and that has yet to happen, as you know, so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's why I think the whole get them the ball in space thing, that's a little overdone, because it's harder to do that when you don't do the things that you need to do, like run routes, uh, you know, catch contested <laughs> balls, and because the defenses know what's coming, you know, first off. And second off, you're not that much faster than everyone because of the NFL, you know? Well, he's going to be fast, man. I mean, did you see Oh, no, that? this guy specifically. Yeah, I just mean that type. Did you see that Texas A&M game where he, he, like, basically stiff-armed that cornerback into the ground? I think oh, my God, yeah. Killed him? Um, <laughs> you think he killed him? He was on the field for a couple He killed him, man, yeah. on the football field. That's what happened. I mean, there's been – I mean, goodness, I've seen – Actually, you know, I've seen some more Duke Johnson tape, and uh, you know, I to like me, Duke Johnson a lot. I really, he's yeah, he's grown on me as I watched more tape of him. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got well. First off, I think because of height, because I'm hearing he's really only about five eight and a half. So <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. Now, obviously, nothing's official. I'm hoping. I'm hoping he is because I don't. I think he's gonna be five nine or five ten. I think if he touches okay. five ten, it's over. If, if he's, he's five, five nine and three quarters, five, 10, it's over. That's not bad. Whoever oh, absolutely you, not. Height at the running back position, five foot eight and above, is the best place to be. So, I want to say it was like a Mayock ranking, or it was it was yeah, someone pretty in that. Okay. I hope it wasn't Mayock, but I felt like whoever it was, I wrote it down someplace next to his profile, so I was like possibly this. So I had to consider him pretty legit. Or somewhat legit, but getting back I'll to Johnson, I think five nine or five ten. That's what I. I, I hope know. he is. I really do. But he looks like uh, I mean, Barry yeah, Sanders. yeah. How, how tall is Barry Sanders? Barry Sanders. Is well, five no, he's about eight. five eight. Five eight. Yeah. Five eight. And and the thing in there is, um, you know, and then plus he's packed on two hundred pounds onto that frame, and it's no, really hard to fathom that five eight. Yeah. How yeah. Big is so. How big is Ray Rice, guys? Ray Rice, five, almost 5'9", five 5'8", five and I think three quarters, and 204. Yeah. Right exactly. at other than about, punching yeah. his girlfriend out, you know, other than punching somebody out in a casino, he's been oh, a pretty God. good run back in the NFL. So um, I think Heist is, is really – I killed Rock, but I don't uh, – it's not a 
100% overrated because when you think of the really long-term special packs, they've been six foot one, six foot, but that's not exactly, you know, there's guys who debunk the trend. So it's, it's really height is, you know, I don't know. Height is what you make it, you know, like athlete, and a lot of times how how well they test as an athlete trumps height, you know, all the time it does. Barry Sanders was an elite level athlete. Uh, Ray Rice was ridiculously blue in terms of a short shuttle and three cone, really great and had the speed to match with it. Um, wow. When you think, and, you know, and one thing I've seen too is that, sure. you know, Johnson's arsenal because he can run up the middle. He can bounce it he outside. Can he can run he, the edges. He's a great pass catcher. He can pass protect. He's uh, yeah, he's a he's a great receiver out of the back. You're talking receiver. you're talking about basically a better version of a guy like Danny Woodhead because he's a little pa- more powerful. Right. And he probably has well, a little more he is, long. Speed. He is what we wanted David Wilson to be, in my personal opinion. Like, essentially, yeah. essentially, I, I was in the neighbor. Yeah, go ahead. He's not as athletic as him, I think. He's not as like as powerful as Wilson or as fast, but in terms of like you know running back skills, you know like pass him, right. like that, he's a lot better than, than he was coming out. So I think that's that's going to be it's a ticket, man. But again, I, as I would say, why take Duke Johnson when you could take all these other running backs in round five, Montel? Why you can find <laughs> running backs anywhere? So why overdraft Duke Johnson? <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, oh, but check this out though. I was I was watching this tape and it seems it seems like like I said I kind of compare the stiff arm in football to like the curveball in baseball, right? So you've got your big sweeping stiff arm. You know, you've got the guys that'll just flatten you out with it. Right. And then you've got the, you know, kind of like the finesse, kind of like the stop sign stiff arm, which means I'm just going to put this out here, shove you and gain space. And, and Duke Johnson's stiff arm is kind of like a slightly rougher version of it because he can use it to create space. But then there's some situations, uh, one in the Cincinnati game where he barely has any momentum and just puts the dude right in the ground with it. Yep. I mean, it, it was – I was shocked, you know. And uh, and then it becomes more evident with his low center of gravity, the types of things he can do. Like, it looks like he's about to fall. You, you know, you think you've got him, and he's still up and, and doesn't really miss a, you know, a beat. So I, I kind of like that element to his game, that he runs low and he's so powerful. Uh, I think his legs are, you know, really strong. And I, I'm, I'm yeah. curious to see just – Yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. I was hoping that um, – you know, when the combine comes around and we get to see this guy run, I really want to see him run well. And uh, I just hope that people get a good feel for all of his skill set because it seems like people are labeling labeling him as, like, strictly the speed guy, the change of pace guy. And I feel like if he measures a certain height, that's basically what he'll be plugged in at. That's not going to happen, Montel. Based on what I do, um, he's a starting running back, if not multi-pro bowl running back. Um, best case scenario. So... Uh, yeah. Uh, people who label him as just a committee back, people say uh, he's gonna be committee back. Uh, yeah, that's gonna last. You know, when 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 you're giving carries to uh uh you know Mark Ingram, right? And you're like splitting. You know, eventually you go. Why don't we just give all the kids big jobs? Just stop, stop, yep. stop, yep, stop. Yeah, stop. and and I like how we we kind of brought up uh. 
Ray Rice a little bit. See, when I looked at Ray Rice, I looked more at, like, Amir Abdullah in that role because I look at the speed. Yeah, and I feel like, Rice uh, was a Amir's bigger, a tougher guy. Though Abdullah's got some strength. Rice was a bigger, tougher guy. Bigger, well, I just mean guy. he's got – yeah, he's got that, that you know uh, – it, the, he's the type of back that is like supposedly like workhorse back, but he's got the scat back type of like body, and because of that, I see him personally as like a fourth rounder, um, maybe later, only because I don't. He doesn't have like I, I that, think, that I, breakaway speed. I, I would say I think you're about a year to a year to a year different with Ravens running backs. I think the guy you're looking for, if you're looking for an Amir Abdullah comparison, is the guy they have now in Justin Forsett. But I don't. I don't. I think Forsett is just a, a just a gear faster. Like, and and maybe gear doesn't do it. But I think Forsett just seems to me like. I mean, and I mean in the long run. So yeah, the quick burst, uh, the the you know fluidity, the the elusiveness in open field. Yes, but I don't see a scenario where Abdullah breaks off a fifty yard, kills it touchdown run, forty yard. Oh my God, touchdown run. I mean, I think he might. Actually, Amir Abdullah will be one of the most closely watched 40 times at the Combine. And we will revisit this very soon. We finally <laughs> have brought back our last prospect of the evening. How are you doing, Mr. Melvin Tavares? I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. So, first of all, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about your athletic journey. What, First of all, what sports? Uh, were, your, uh, were your sort of initial, initial favorite sports, and then when did you and how did you finally get exposed to football? Well, I started playing football when I was eight years old, and um, I fell in love with it since then. And uh, after high school, my journey was well. Out of high school, I didn't really have any any offers and stuff, so. I was thinking about going D2 or D3, but my brother wasn't allowing that. And uh, he told me to go to a junior college. And initially I was going to go to Butler uh, College mm-hmm. out there in Kansas. Yeah. But, um, yep. Yeah, but that didn't work out. And I found out that, like, six other guys from Massachusetts was going to uh, a college out there in, in California. And... Fortunately, we ended. I ended up in Ventura, California, and uh, did two years there, and then ended up getting a lot of interest, but not too many offers. I got like three offers. One, my first offer from Stony Brook, my second offer from Southeastern Louisiana, and my third offer from South Dakota State. And um, South Dakota State was just that that team that was just calling me consistently, you know, just being constant with the phone calls and just wanting me there more than the other two. And um, went to visit it and fell in love with it. It was just a perfect fit and uh, committed and and signed on the spot. So um, the two years there, and here I am now. (laughs) So you've seen some different parts of the country, (laughs) Uh, very different parts of the country. For those who have never been into the Great Plains, talk about the adjustment. In fact, you went from here to here to here. So talk about the things that changed. You went from one side of the nation to the next and then sort of towards the middle. What are some things that were different? What are some things that stayed the same? Well, 
from the East Coast to the West Coast, obviously, different, the only difference I would say would be the weather. The weather in the West Coast is obviously every every day is a beautiful day. And uh, when I went to the went to, went to the Midwest, um, obviously the weather is different, but I would say the people are just way more genuinely like loving, mm-hmm. you know, like um, I don't know what it is, but they just accepted me. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm that type of person not to accept, but I don't know. It's just they're so loving. You know, they just, they they saw me and it was just, you know, just brought me in like a brother. So it was, it's, it's different though. I don't know how to explain it. Well, I, I grew up on the East Coast and I've lived in New York. And I've not lived on the West Coast. I've visited, but I've never lived on the West Coast. There is a hardness that people need to have to survive in places like New York City or Chicago that you don't find in Billings, Montana. You don't find in, you know, Snow Valley in Utah. You don't find it in, you know, uh, Pierre in North Dakota. I mean, it's just the people, as you said, they're accepting because their assumption is that people are good. (laughs) That would be the difference. Uh, what changed for you football-wise as you went from here to here to here? What, what's the difference between, for those who have never made the jump from high school to junior college and from junior college to a four-year university, what things changed for you as a football player? As a, Okay. Um, my first, well, when I went to junior college, the only difference I saw was the speed, obviously, of the game. Um, everybody, all the spills skill positions were all really good. But when I jumped to South Dakota, the skill positions were similar, but up front were was a totally much different, you know. Uh, O-linemen, D-linemen were much bigger than junior college. So, I mean, as a player, because as me, I would say my best skill is my speed. So the skill position will was wasn't that much of a difference, but once you get the hitting and and all mm-hmm. that stuff, that's where it was different. So <clears throat> that's what I was saying. Okay, I'm going to open uh, the questions up to my co-host. What are some questions you may have for Mr. Melvin Tavares? Uh, sure. Um, my my first question would probably deal with uh, you know just talk a little bit about. Uh, uh, you know, your experience as a defensive back there and the different types of ways that they like to utilize you in their defense. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I played free safety for the past three years, and I came in as a corner. But um, they saw my tape, and they loved they loved what they saw. Um, they, used, they used me in, in a lot of places, but mostly over the top and roaming. Um, I mean, I would say my best skill would be covering, and you know, um, I would, I would, I would say like when somebody broke for a big run, I would my my instinct would just be trying to catch him, you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't let anybody break. So um, they use me as a free safety. Um, Sometimes I'll be as strong, but I, w- I really like free safety. So they used me in that, and I was comfortable with that. 
I think and, people uh, underestimate. Okay. Oh, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, Jim. Oh, I was just going to say, and um, and also just in terms of uh, of some of the uh, some of the guys that you went up against in terms of wide receivers and that stuff during your career there, uh, who were some of the ones that uh, you had the best time going up against? Um, I actually I've won against a lot of good receivers, but um. I would say the best one I went against was on my team, and he was only a redshirt freshman. His name is uh, Jake Winicky. He's about six five, and this dude is a is a beast. Um, he's young, and he I think he won rookie of of the year, so uh, oh freshman of the year. Yeah, and this guy is a, yeah yeah on my team, and he's he he was. A, He's a force to reckon with. So that's one guy that I give props to and that I went with every day, you know, against every day. And he's the one that's got me even better. So I would say him. You mentioned that you played on the outside as a corner and then you moved to, to me, what is one of the most admission difficult positions to play in football, free safety, which is also my old position. But uh, tell people who don't – people sometimes assume it's an easy transfer to make, an easy move to make, but it's actually very difficult. Tell people what went into making that move from out of the corner on the island to moving inside to uh, free safety. Well, like you said, on on the corner, you, you're not really worried about – too much, you know. You're 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 outside, man. I mean, as a free safety or safety, you got to worry about inside, outside, and eight, obviously. So you just got to be more versatile, and 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 your mind has to has to change. Um, as a free safety, you can't just be only a cover guy. You got to tackle too. So sometimes you be in the box, whatever, you know, it just, it, it could change in different scenarios. So it's, 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 it's different than a corner. So I had to, I had to change that up and put some pounds on my, on me. So and, and it, it was all right. It was a good, it was a good transition. Okay. Uh, what questions might you have Montel or Mr. Melvin Tavares, AKA money Mel? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh as a you know, as a free safety you got into a little bit of, you know, some of the things you gotta be aware of. Uh describe uh, you know, uh in terms of run support, uh, you know, uh, describe your effort there, uh and your ability to kind of uh you know, deal with play action and to approach, you know, every pass play, every run play, kind of, you know, being aware of, of where what the offense is trying to do to you. Okay. Um with that being said, it's just one one thing I had to work on was my eyes. Um, being on the field, you can't look at too much. Um, this is what I learned from my coach, Coach Christian. He told me off the bat right when he um, right when I signed and stuff, and he saw me practice. He he told me I have to work on my eyes. I, I look at too much. I look at the quarterback. I look at receiver. I look at all this, and it'll mess up my focus. So for all the free safeties out there, I, I ask, I tell you guys just to to work on your eyes and focus on one thing, because once you play a real good team like North Dakota State, they're really good at 
hitting you with the run, 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 and then fourth down, they'll hit you with a play action, you know, and you got to be focused in. And um, that's the that's the main thing I worked on as a free safety is my eyes because once you once you got your eyes all over the place, you you're all messed up. So that's what I'll have to say. Okay, okay, and uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, from a, a you know playbook standpoint, um, what were you asked to do most? Uh, where is it maybe being left alone in cover one situations? Uh, did you, you know, maybe do a deep third and or you know that that center field area in cover three or uh, what did you run the most uh, in terms of a game plan and what did you feel most comfortable with doing? The one play we well we was mostly we was a four three defense. Um, we would run a lot of cover four, cover six, cover two, and cover one. And I would always be on the free safety side, so I'll be where the slots are. And um, it was kind of a a trap uh, concept. If the uh, cover if number two would break. Outside in five yards, I would have to go to one. So um, I was mostly comfortable with cover two. Yeah, all that, all that, all them coverages. So, I mean, but the thing that helped me, my junior college ran the same, the same kind of defense. So it wasn't that much of a big transition. So it helped me. Okay, okay. Uh all right, well, I'll kick it uh, to James. James, you got anything? Sure, um, definitely. Uh, in terms of uh, um, defensive backs or free safety types in the NFL or college football, et cetera, who is the one guy that you see a lot of yourself in in terms of, uh, you know, maybe playing style or uh, or just guys that you really admire? Um. I wouldn't I wouldn't say I play like him, but I try to play like him. And one guy that I do admire is Earl Thomas. Um, that guy, I've seen a couple of his films and stuff, and that guy is just all over the place, man. I just he's just a guy that goes 100% every single play. He does not take one play off, and that's it. That's who I want to be like um, when I play. You know, I look at him and I just want to be the same type of person, you know, playing-wise. You know, I just want to be a force. I, anybody coming through the middle, I want to, you know, decapitate him, like try to get the ball, you know. I want to, I want to be that person. And he's fast, too. So I just, anything, everything that he does, I, I want to do, you know. I'll tell you. I think who you remind me a little bit of is Eric Weddle. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> You're not as refined in terms of you know diagnosing, but that's the mental part, and I think that's probably where you're going to have to obviously really work hard, skill study, things like that. But he was a guy that some people had playing. He was a corner in high school from McCrackley and got moved uh, when he got to to Utah. And you could see that he still kept a lot of his corner skills, but he brought that safety mindset and toughness together. And I think you have a chance to be that if you if you work well, work really hard, obviously, but he can get there. Yeah, thank you. 
What do you think so, current height? And, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, well, he was going to ask you what your current height and weight is. So uh, are you like six foot or 5'11 and 180 or 190? I'm 5'11, I'm, I'm 192 currently. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be one of those. Just like Earl Thomas, you know, he's 5'10", 200. I mean, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Right. Um, and I know that uh, – and I don't want to talk too much about your teammates, but, um, you know, Zach Zener has been the flavor of the month. Uh, and it comes to small school prospects um, with a lot of guys. And uh, um, what was it like playing with him and um, – what it, what was it kind of like as a teammate and and that sort of stuff from just playing there? Zach Zenner is a is a perfect guy you want to be be around. Um, as a teammate, man, he's just he's a perfect example of a student athlete. That man is a four point student um, in pre med, you know, um, <laughs> and he's a and he's an all American in football. That man does not take a day off at, in in anything he does. Um, he's 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 a he's a guy you just look at and he's just I don't know. He's just he's a perfect guy. <laughs> I don't know how you explain it. <laughs> I seen him. I, see, I first time I seen him, I was like, oh, this is this, this is like that. Wow. Um, but um, he's 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 very like he's a great guy. First of all, he's 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 a Christian man. Um, there's so much things I can that I could say about this guy. Um, when he playing against them is just well. First of all, in practice you cannot hit him. He has a yellow <laughs> shirt on, and coaches tell tell us do not touch the Zach Center. <laughs> so, but with that said, that man does not practice like he's not going to get hit. You know, he's expecting somebody to hit him. So he's running full speed, whatever it is. When he catches the ball in, on the outside, he's running full speed. There's no days off with that man. Um, but I would say he's gotten me better as, you know, coming down, taking correct angles, you know. I cannot just whiff on him. You can't just throw your shoulder at him. He'll run you over. So, you, you know, so you just got to – when you when you see him play or practice with him, he's gonna get you better. So that's one thing I'll be I'll say about him. Um, Montel, do you have any uh, questions? Uh, sure. Um, can you uh maybe let me know about a a time or a situation that might, uh, you know, just kind of explain just how competitive you can be, you know. So what would be uh, maybe one of your uh, better moments where maybe you made a mistake and overcame it, uh, faced some kind of adversity later in the game, and maybe dealt with it um, if you can? Um, I would say this year against Missouri State. Um, in the beginning, I think we were losing by, like, 20 to 0 in the first quarter. And one of the touchdowns, it was in the goal line. It was They were, like, on the five-yard line. And quarterback did a poker play. So 
he faked it to his uh to his running back and it was one on one and he scored. It was one on one and he, he won. He won that one. And I was so mad that I missed that that tackle. And um second quarter comes and I read this play action rollout play and I read it perfectly. He throws it to it was third it was third in like seven. He throws it to the first down and I was right there to pick it off and I drop it. And um mm-hmm. later on in the game, um we're up by I I would say three points. And there's no, we was we was up by two points, something like that. I don't know how much we was up by but um they're driving and uh it's fourth quarter, you know, two two minutes to go and the slot receiver um, hits me with a double move, and he he's wide open. And um, he quarterback sees that, and he launches it. But I don't know what it was. I, I obviously on the film he underthrows it, and I read it perfectly, and I just go up and get it. And I would say that was one of my games that I was so proud of myself because I was having a bad game. I was doing things wrong, you know, but I didn't give up on myself. I told myself this is gonna pay off. This is some some good's gonna happen. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And right there, I won the game for us, you know. Sealed the game, and crowd was going crazy. Coaches was going crazy. It was just a great game, you know. But I would say that game. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Bill, you got anything? Oh, you know I do. Um, um, it's clear that you've grown a lot in terms of film study. When, when did the light come on for you in terms of film study? Because in high school, yeah, 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 you, know, you look at film, it's like, oh, cool, you know, film. And then you continue to watch it in junior college, maybe you get a little something. But it's while you're in college that it's clear that you began to really connect with watching tape. Tell me when did that happen and who helped you to really get something from film study? I would say um, my junior year, Right when I got to South Dakota State, um, there was just there was I don't know if you heard of him. It was Winston Wright. I've had Winston on my show. (laughs) So yes, I'm very familiar with him. Yeah, he's the one that's really gotten that in my head, and obviously my coaches too. But there was just something about Winston that just uh, they just clicked. You know, some things I I saw, and I was just you know what you're right. You know, and I just took that all in, and it's all history now. It just it's to, it's how you work, you know. So that's what I would say. Okay. Um, are you, do you still talk to Winston? I do. I do. Tell him I said hello. Speaking of men of faith, <laughs> that, that that is a somewhat character. That is a young man whose yeah. character is. I mean, that, I mean that's, that's that's the kind of man you want your 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 daughter to marry. Is a guy like Winston Wright? Yeah, most definitely. Definitely, definitely telling us that hello. He was one of my favorite guys last year, and, and he was with the Titans right. for a minute. He just signed a futures deal with somebody, didn't he? Yep, with the uh, um, somewhere in California. It's a AFL. Yes, deal. right. Somebody. Yes, it'll come, it'll come back. back to me too. Yeah. But yes, I, I remember seeing that he just got signed by somebody, I and mean, he deserves it. Um, it's going to be a fight for you, just like it's a fight for him. 
What have you been working, working on in terms of special teams? Because that's how you if you're gonna if you stick, that's how it's gonna be Melbourne. Special teams at first. Yeah. What are you working on? Well, first I'm working on my speed. Um, I know the NFL is a lot about speed, so mm-hmm. right now I'm working on my speed, my cuts, my my position drills, working on that. And um, I know that if it does come down to special teams, it's going to be about tackling. And one thing, obviously, you can't really work on tackling like that, but there's um, things I could work on other than that, you know, just um, being at the right position, um, hands, you know, um, when the ball's thrown, trying, catching it, you know. And uh, that's what I'm mainly focused on right now, just um, refining my skills. Um, so pro, when pro day does come, and I'll, I'll be ready. You have, you have some goals, some things you, you plan to do when your pro day rolls around? I do. I plan on my one of my goals is running a 4-3, uh, well, jumping, jumping a 34 or higher. Okay. Um, my 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 L drill under six nine, and my mm. I don't know about my five ten fifteen shuttle drill, but um, I plan on running that one quick too. I, well, if you run a four three forty, I bet it'll be quick. What you know? What, you know what the best time you've ever run before in the past would be? Yeah, I run. I run. I consistently run a four three. Really? Yes. Oh wow! Now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> okay. Um, and don't take this the wrong way, but on tape, I'm looking. At, I thought I was looking like four five one, four four nine. Is there a reason I don't see blazing speed on tape? Um, I don't know, man. I I don't know. I think I think I see. I think I I don't know. That's probably just the eyes. I think <laughs> I don't know. It's probably it's probably the angle. So maybe that's it, yes. I mean, I'll give it to you. I mean, I thought you were quick. I thought you were one of the faster free safeties in the strap class. I didn't think you were the fastest free safety in the strap class. So you run 4-3 anything, and you're the fastest free safety in the strap class. Well, I plan on it. I plan on it. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to do me a big old giant favor, Melvin. I need you to give me an update as soon as you get done with your pro day. Are you doing it on campus? Are you going to – are you doing it up, yeah, like back towards home? Yeah, I'll be doing it at South Dakota State in the new indoor facility. The new indoor facility, exactly. Oh, yes. That'll be fun. Is, 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 it, is that somebody who pushes you? Are there guys that push you? Like, a, or Where are you working out to try to get yourself ready? Well, I'm in. I'm currently in Western Florida. I'm here at Fit Speed Athletic yeah. Performance with Matt Gates, yeah. and I'm training with a bunch of different, all types of guys. You know, I got guys from South Carolina, dudes from Northwestern, dudes from uh, Indiana. Um, actually, training with uh, R.J. Harris. Um, oh. I don't know if you heard of him, but yeah. I'm training with him. I'm training with uh, guys from. UNC Charlotte guys from FIU, all types of guys. You know that that speed guys. You know that push me. You know. So outside of the blazing fast Melvin Tavares, who would you say is probably the next fastest guys you've seen working out where you are? Oh, there's there's a slot receiver. His name's Amir Bird from, from South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yes, right. blazing. Yeah. 
So you ever like ever run run against him? Just the two of you, just to see who's got a little more. Uh, <laughs> no, we haven't. You know, just see who who picks up lunch, right? <laughs> no, we haven't raced against each other. But once I do a drill, I'll see him do the drill, and it's just like, wow, this guy's moving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got to you've got to defend the the pride of 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 South Dakota State. You got to throw it on the throw it on the gauntlet. Like, okay, Bird, you're nice, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's time that you it's time that you taste my dust. Hey, I, I <laughs> try to represent I try to represent all the S, FCS schools when I'm here. So that's something that I I pride myself on. Well, I'm going to go back and first of all look back at your tape, <laughs> so I can. Because I gotta find a play where you ran somebody. Give me a play to look for. Give me a game to look for where you just ran somebody down from behind, like from like a bad angle. Um, I would say. Speed I would say. I would say uh, there was one North Dakota State. There's one Indiana State. There's one Western Illinois. Um, okay. There's a bunch of them there, man. Um, okay. That I just run down, and they're they're supposed to score, but I don't let them. <laughs> okay. That's what I like. I like not letting people score because that's my position, man. You gotta be yeah, that, that's a defense. perfect safety quote right there. That is. <laughs> don't let them score. If you continue to not let people score, there'll be a job for you in the NFL, Mr. Uh, Money Mel. That's, that's what I plan on working on, you know, just pride myself on letting nobody just score. <laughs> Or nevertheless, just catch a ball on me. Just proud of myself and just being the best football player I can be. Yeah, that's a good goal to have. Um, I'm going to ask my final question. Well, first, I'm going to ask you any other questions from anyone else for Mr. Melvin Tavar. Going once. Going twice. It's just you and me, Melvin. All right. I think that if it turns out that you're anywhere close to what you end up running, there's going to be a bit of a fight for you. I don't think you're being drafted, but I think you're going to be one of those guys that sign right after the draft as a priority undrafted. I think there's going to be a little fight for you. If you put up the kind of pro day you say you're going to put up, there's going to be a bidding war. You're actually going to end up fighting with a better signing bonus than if you've gotten drafted in the seventh round. Because now you're drafting a team instead of a team drafting you. Okay. And so you get two or three, four teams interested, and you're like, well, you know, such and such said I can get a $27,000 signing bonus, you know. And so now, <laughs> like, okay, well, we'll go 30, you know. So now, you know, you're, 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 it's a slightly different situation. I mean, it's, it's obviously it's an honor to be drafted, everybody, but if you're going to be drafted to 229, you're better off being an undrafted free agent. At least, you, you know, yeah. a priority undrafted, where somebody really wants you, a couple of teams really want you, but they just, you know, didn't have another a pick at that point, or they had to use it on another position. But you didn't actually get a little bidding war going. And I think that you flash. You know, if they your speed anything close to what you say, people are gonna obviously want to see just what you can do, especially on special teams as a gunner. I think that's where you're first gonna make your mark, frankly, in the NFL. The guy coming down there and just you know smashing people on special teams. And that's a, you know, hey, that's a tough, tough way to make a living, but it's a good way to make a living if it's something you're able to do. Yeah. Because it shows toughness, it shows desire, and you got to be an athlete. You know, you can, there's no there's no guys gunning who aren't good athletes. That's not where you 
about when you put your third string tight end. You know, that's those are guys who the guys who are out there are doing that are, are athletes, and so it gives you a chance to show that too. And I think after you you sort of establish yourself as a, a guy, a core special teamer, a guy who can be on multiple. You've done what things have you done in the past on special teams? Though? I've been a gunner. I've been um, right three on kickoff. I've been okay, R three punt return, punt return, um, covering the gunners. I've been everywhere on the special teams. You name it, I've probably been on it. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. So you were R three. I was L three. So there we go. Um, <laughs> that's but that people understand, man. That's those are the big positions on on on, on kickoff coverage. Uh, those are playmakers. I mean, if you yeah. plan to be a good special teams unit, those are your playmakers. But the the um, that's how you you know fight off all those people who want that same job that you want. You're gonna be one of those guys. Gonna be one of the last four or five guys when they get cut down from 75, you know, to 53. And that's a fight. That's a dog fight. Because yeah. all those guys can play. I mean, even the, when you're at 90, a lot of those guys are, are, are flat-out ballers, but there's not room for them all. You get to 75, everybody can play. And to get from 75 to 53, that's the hard cut to make. Talk to any coach. They say, you know, we don't have too much trouble making those first couple cuts. That last cut, that's the one that has caught coaches tossing and turning because they know that some of those guys they cut are going to come back and haunt them. Those are the guys going to play, pop up against them someday, and some of those guys they might be just really good. <laughs> so it's tough, but to keep yourself and being one of those guys who gets cut. Special teams is the thing that does it. Yeah. You know, being a being a third or fourth safety, you know, uh, no matter how good a third or fourth safety you are, if you want a great special teams player, you're done. You're, you know, here's the sweats and a gym bag, and it's great having you here. Yeah. You've got to be a special teams guy. You've got to be a tremendous special teams guy to make it, and that's what's going to keep you around. And then you make it to that second year in the league, and now you're getting some snaps on defense. Hey, it's like, man, that's a lot of kids getting his hand on a lot of balls against our number twos. Okay, well, why do you look at number one? Yeah, I see him go good against good. Oh, he's still making a lot of plays. Maybe it's not a fluke. Maybe we got something here. Ah, uh, I guess we have to play the Tavares kid in big nickel and see see what happens. But now you're getting some snaps. You know, you're covering slot receivers. Uh, doing a good job doing it. Hmm. Hmm. That 31-year-old nickel that we're paying all that money to is in some trouble now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> it's like, hmm. We got this kid who we're paying league minimum. We got this guy we're paying $2.1 million to. Which one do we keep? Hmm. Melvin Tavares, the new nickelback. Mm-hmm. And now he sets his sights on the free safety position. <laughs> so all throughout the season, you're thinking, you know, you don't want to ever see anybody get hurt, but that guy better be careful. He better not get hurt. And I get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> right? You're right. Tavares is watching a little extra tape. He's the guy that's doing a few extra things with the DB coach after practice, just in case. Just in case. Mm-hmm. He's the guy working out with the backup quarterbacks about stuff, just in case. Hey, when you do such and such and you see blah, blah, blah in this coverage, what what makes you think you can make that pass? Or what, what tells you not to throw that pass? So you can learn how to disguise your coverages better. You're doing just a little extra, just a little more, just a little, <laughs> just a little bit extra. So when that chance comes, when they let Melvin Tavares trot out there <laughs> to free safety, uh-oh, now is a problem. 
And it's Tavares mm-hmm. kid. Where did he come from again? By your third year in the league, you are a straight-up starter. You are out oh, yeah. there doing it, right? And, yeah, those people mm-hmm. gunning for you like you were gunning for other people. That's just so you know, you know, what goes around comes around, but you're fighting off all those challenges. There's always some kid coming each year who wants to be the next Melvin Tavares. Yeah, you're right. Nowhere, right? (laughs) Just so you know, when you get to the top of the mountain, you can't rest in either, because there's somebody trying to pull you off that mountain. Mm -hmm. So you get through that rookie deal, and now your life changes Mm -hmm. as you're moving into your your second contract. I'm sure your people have already told you about how that life changes uh, when you get to your second deal. Who represents you? Who's who's working with you? Um, guy named Sherman out of. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Agency is okay. called HLL Sports. Got it. Okay. So I'm sure they've told you, not to say that you don't worry about your first contract, but to a certain extent, you just want to get in the league. You know, you don't have a lot of negotiations going around around that rookie deal. It's that second contract is the one that determines your so much of your financial future. Mm-hmm. And that changes your life. So now hey, Melvin Tavares, you know. And you're not a bad-looking guy. You might get some chance to do some endorsements, maybe a clothing deal, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Money mail, the money mail clothing line hits, right? Accessories for the finer gentlemen. Finally, <laughs> right? Nike, okay. <laughs> well, this is mostly an accessory line, you know, for discriminating gentlemen, Montel. Ask them. Oh, 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 excuse me. Okay, okay look at that. So the money mail line is starting to jump off. Things are happening for you. And, of course, you get that that beautiful special delivery envelope from your old alma mater back in beautiful Brookings, and it congratulates you, and, you know, it tells you about the lineage of all the proud jacks that are, you know, off in the league now and how you how you were in that line with all of them, Danny Batten and all the other guys, right? And then mm-hmm. at some point in the letter it says, and we look forward to your generous donation. <laughs> I'm just warning you. You just you you'll, you'll thank me later. <laughs> and uh, and so yes, but you're. I mean, as you said, these are people that took you in and loved you and accepted you completely. So you say to yourself, you know what? I think I might have a little something extra rolling around here that I could sort of give back to my old alma mater. So you you find yourself there, back on Melvin Tavares Day, right? You're, you're the, the AD is there with a big old smile, the president's there with a big old smile, and you're up there on stage, and they're, you know, doing the ceremonies and the ribbon cuttings and the pictures are being taken. And you're standing there with a big old giant check that's about chest high and six feet wide. <laughs> right? Everybody's all smiles, and they're shaking hands. It's like, look, Nolan Tavares, successful NFL player, back on campus, talking to the young. And so, you know, they're opening up the Tavares Center, right? There it is, right? So you want to support, especially those transfer students, those students who come in, you know, a place for them to, to, to sort of feel more welcome and, you know, get their workout on too. I mean, there's an athletic facility, but you also want to have some things that, you know, maybe a place with like a little Internet cafe kind of set up where they can webcam and Skype or whatever back home, you know, some stuff, a place with a little uh, international you know, cuisine area. So if you're, you know, if you're not from here and you need to, you know, like maybe you might be able, might not get empanadas 
in South Dakota or whatever it is. Hey, <laughs> we can we we hook that up for you. <laughs> we can right? Yeah. You know, so you don't feel quite so homesick. Um, and in, and in the, the in the Tavares Center, obviously, there's going to be some some things to sort of celebrate you, Melvin. You know, game worn jerseys, helmets, cleats, <laughs> maybe some of your quotes up there on a plaque. And there's going to be some footage, right? Some footage. Some of the things that you brought to the table as a student athlete there. What would you want to show people? What would you want to be up there on the plaza screen? to illustrate what you were as a student athlete in your time there at South Dakota State? Huh. Um, I don't even, I don't know, man. <laughs> he hasn't even thought that That's far yet. Yeah, we're talking about the future. See, I do. I take people into the future. Yeah. Not everybody's ready for this. <laughs> yeah, it, it's overwhelming, man. But I've I've heard guys, you know, it it happens like that, bro. <laughs> Your life changes in an instant. It's it's man. a big deal. It's a big deal. Your life will change. So I'll give you some. Feel free to think about it. But do you have a favorite play or a favorite game, like the one that you think most tells people who you are, like the one that you point to? If somebody says, if an NFL scout says, what game should I watch? That would make that would help me to tell my boss we should take you. I would say I would say the uh Northern Iowa game. Northern Iowa. That game okay. David Johnson. That game, right? I was, <laughs> yeah. I was elected captain that game and I just took pride of just being that person of you know, anybody that was on that sidelines watching me, I, I wanted them to keep them keep their eyes on me, and I wouldn't let them down. In that game, I actually had the game-winning interception to win the game. So that game, I would say, I was taking my anger out on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's why we play a violent game, Melvin, so that, you know, it's not socially acceptable to knock strangers around normally. But uh, yeah. you put on some pads, you paint a field up, and now you're allowed to hit people, and it's completely legal. And they'll even pay you for it. Yeah, I know. So that's the, that's the life. That's the life. It's the life. First of all, Melvin, it's been a pleasure finally catching up with you. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but we finally got it done. Definitely. For real. <laughs> Two things I want you to promise me. Uh, one is, Man, you run four three whatever. I want you to take a picture of somebody's stopwatch and post it. Okay. I can do and that. Do that, man. That's beautiful. That's I love seeing people exceed what people expect. Uh, check your email in the next day or two. I'll be sending you out some additional questions for an interview uh, that I'll be posting on a couple of websites. And if there's any images of you that can be used, you know, like uh, aren't copyrighted or whatever, if you have pictures of yourself or pictures that are available for public domain, let me know because I'd like to also include a picture with the article I'm writing. It's been fun okay. watching. Um, free safety is kind of my thing, so, as anyone will tell you if you ask around about me. So I, it's, I love finding guys who I think can play at the next level, even especially they're being overlooked at this position. And in this safety class, I know, as we've been saying, hashtag in this class, but in this safety class, I don't know why people don't have you hired. Quite I don't know why people don't. Yeah, have you I mean, 
But one thing I would say about about that is, you know, I I was my first year at South Dakota State. I got there fairly late, you know, um, right. a week or two into fall camp, you know. So that first year I wasn't really, you know, I wouldn't say ready, but, you know, I could have been more ready. And I had basically a year and a half um, in my experience at at South Dakota State. So, you know, my stats weren't really eye, you know, catching, I would say. But, you know, it's okay. It's okay, and I don't regret anything. But um, I would I would just say just keep an eye on me, you know. I'm I'm gonna I'm I will do what I say I will in on that pro day, and okay. I expect, and, and that's that's just me being a confident ball player, and <clears throat> I'll definitely definitely keep in contact with you, especially yeah. when I do run that time. I'll, I'll send you a picture or a text or just <laughs> I'll tweet you. Hey, I'm telling you, if like I said, the things will begin to change. That's you, you were right. I mean, when you're a small school guy, there's two ways to to turn the the story around. One is to get invited to some like the Senior Bowl or you know East West and to have a great week of practice. The other way, you want a freak show time. And those are the two yeah. ways to right. You know, so they didn't take you. They didn't invite you to East West. They didn't invite you to the Senior Bowl. But you got you, this. You still still within your grasp. You do what you said you're going to do. Yeah. And yeah. Your your friends at with H, that, H, and yeah with some bowl games, you know I, that was one of my goals in the beginning of the season. I didn't make it, and you know I just put a more more of a chip on my shoulder to run even did, faster. Did time. any of them? Did any of them reach out to you, like Mel of Honor or NFLPA? Any of them? Nobody. Huh. Okay. All right. All right then. <laughs> uh, like I said, in this safety class, I I, I would think that somebody would have reached out to you. So even the FCS Senior Scout Bowl, National Bowl, none of them? Nobody, nobody. Nobody called me, nobody texted me. So No emails, again. nothing. nothing. Okay. Uh-huh. All righty. Well, as you said, fuel to the fire there. Um, I, I, think you're, I, think, I think you're better than a lot of the guys that did get invited to some of those things. I mean, are you a top five guy? No. Are you a top 10 guy? Eh, maybe not, but top 12, 13? I, I don't know. I can't think of 13 better free safety prospects or 14 better. Maybe, I mean, it's t- but we get into the early teens, and that's where you are in my book. And you could even want to three something. And, you know, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> we're talking higher than that. So there's things to be done with you. You've got, like I said, you're, you're because of your JUCO time and because, you know, you had to adjust to the system there, I still think there's some things you're still picking up on the mental side of the game. But if you can do what you said you did, people will figure they can teach you the other stuff. And you have a mind. It's not like you're slow. You pick things up. You showed, you know, you went from being a guy that was trying to figure things out when you first got there to you've mastered the defense by now. You know, you know that defense yeah. like like back of your hands now. So mm-hmm. I know you can learn. So I, and I know you can. I know you can run. I didn't know you could run like, like you said, but I knew you could run. And you've got you've got it right in front of you. Just go after yeah. it. And you and I are definitely going to talk because I, I think there's going to be some. You come anywhere close, like I said, and there'll be some things happening. The, I, I'm glad I got to you before the buzz took off. I'm glad I got to you early. 
Thank you. Thank you. Well, well, certainly. It's been a pleasure. Like I said, safety is my position. I love watching guys who can play, and you clearly can. And I appreciate you uh, calling me, and not even just me, but the other guys, too, and uh, keep an eye on, on us. And just it's a confidence booster, you know? So I thank you. I thank anything that you, you're a part sure. of. Hey, it's been a it's been a pleasure. I like watching football players, right? right? <laughs> yeah, that's it's that simple. You're a football player and you're a good one. Thank you, thank you. So Melvin, you're gonna get, like I said, an email, a follow up for me. Um, respond to, with an answer to the questions, and then if you have an image that, that I can use in the article, just also attach it or tell me how I can get to it. All right, sounds good. I'll keep in touch. I, I definitely will, Melvin. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That was Melvin Tavares, the blazing fast safety. And like I said, i got to go back and look at the tape. So he gave me some tape to look at. So I'm going to go dig for that Northern, Northern Iowa game and probably one or two others. I saw a very athletic safety when I looked at him on tape. 4-3, wow. Yeah, you can shoot that my way, dude, because it's like, whoa. You know, when you said 4-3, and you said it's so confident. I mean, you know, people, a lot don't, of guys will, people don't, yeah. people don't, you know, Believe me when I say it, but it's, it's it's this is a game of show me. You know, you have to show yeah. me. Sure. Yeah. And I and I've shown a lot of people. You know, and you know, everybody yeah. else just hasn't seen me. Any everybody else that just haven't seen me, so I'm gonna show everybody. Yeah. That's how it is. I like that, Melvin. I like your confidence because I mean we both know, man. You play safety, you've got to believe that you they have, aren't going to get past you. You've got to believe that. Exactly. Exactly. You got to. Because <laughs> seconds worth of doubt equals, you know, Touchdown. a whole, whole, right, touch that, a whole, a, a whole day's worth of regrets. So, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because then Monday rolls around and you don't want that to be a, film, film day Monday can be an ugly day if you don't do oh, the right thing. Oh, God. <laughs> Monday, it, it was it was some games that coach was almost about to quit. You know, <laughs> it was some games that you know it, we learned from them. Though, so, but you, was are your coaches are, are your coaches hard graders when it comes to film? Yeah. Oh man. Yes. Yes. So I'm guessing they don't like false steps. They don't like you having your eyes in the wrong place. That kind of stuff. No way. I had yeah. to get my eyes right quick because if I didn't, I was seeing a bench. <laughs> there you go. And that's, like I said, you keep that same mindset, that grind mindset, and you just build on it because it's going to be even harder. You're taking this big – this jump you're about to take is bigger than the jump from high school to JUCO, bigger than the jump from JUCO to college, bigger than the jump from – it's the biggest jump. There's no bigger jump. There's no other league to go to. This is you – know, you can go down, but you can't go up. <laughs> you can go up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I I like the fact that you're confident. You're going to need that confidence because you're going to be around guys from, you know, USC, wherever. But you're working out with guys from where all kinds of places. You see that yeah. they're human beings just like you. So yep. you, you walk up to Jameer Bird, the next time you see him, you say, hey, let's, you know, just for fun, let's, let's just, you know, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I, will tell, I won't tell anybody. You won't tell anybody. Just see for you and me. Just see. Just see. You know, because I, I, I want to, because Demir Bird, you're right, he can fly. You stay close to Demir Bird, you let me know, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he ran, to be honest with you, man, first day he got here, he ran a 4 2 7. 
So <laughs> that man is that guy, He's moving. Oh. <laughs> I think I'm telling you, man, Demir Bird and that kid Dorset. I think it might be between between the two of them for the who might be the fastest guys in all of college football. It's gonna be close between the two of them, I think. Uh, yeah. At least for this year, for this draft class. So yeah, series. Melvin, I really have enjoyed the time we've gotten a chance to spend with you. Like I said, we'll keep in touch. You let me know all the news. I'm, I want to be. I want to be find out everything that goes on in in Melvin Gordon journey from this point forward. Okay. All right. It sounds good, man. I appreciate you. Oh, my pleasure. And like I said, you uh, answer the follow-up questions. If you have a picture that I can use, get that to me, and uh, I'll use that in the article, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. I've got like this guy already, you know, Tate, mm-hmm. but now I really like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Dude, if he's 4-4-2, mm-hmm. he might still be the fastest safety in the entire draft class. Yeah, I was about, yeah, if you look at, like, say, last year's, if it's anything like last year's, absolutely. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And, and first off, I, you know, I think today's interviews were probably some of the most interesting, you know, I think, yeah. you know, done on this show. Uh, first off, you know. Thank you, sir. Yeah, no, you, you, you've done a phenomenal job, and, and, and the guys have really kind of owned the moment. Um, you know, I'm still reflecting on Clarice Taylor's, or Carlise Taylor's uh, interview, and, and he, uh, was just magnetic. So, you know, he... He's, uh, that kid's going to be was. fun in interviews. I mean, people are going to warm yeah. up to him. When, when yeah. Scout, Scout's going to like... They're going to report to the bosses. Yeah, this guy's going right in a locker room. Well, yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. If I'm a coach and I'm meeting with him, I'm like, hey, we got a we got a seventh and we don't know what to do with it. And and, and if he says anything like that, you know, we're we're, we're sprinting with a card to, uh, to to hand it to the commissioner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's... Uh, that was just how interesting he was. Yeah, I, I, I spotted, I spotted Car- Car- Carlos Car- first on tape last year. Um, I was there was a running back that I really liked on another team, and uh, I noticed every time they tried to run to the interior, Carlos was basically even though his like I said his technique wasn't always great, but even when his technique was bad, he was gumming stuff up. When his technique was good, he was in the backfield. You know, he was he was a problem when he was get good technique, and I was like, hmm got to keep an eye on this guy. And uh, he was and in – Yeah, I did. Well, he was in decent shape then. If As you said, he's, this is the lightest he's ever been probably in his – you know, since he was 16 probably, at three, down to a svelte 318. Uh, so, because he, as he said, he showed up at 356. So, you know, he's gotten serious about conditioning, and that's all he needed, and that in technique. Man, if he continues to, to get the physical side – Working, and he gets the technique. Man, he plays. When he plays low and uses his hands. They got nothing for him. They got nothing for him. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm I'm right there with you. And uh, I don't know. I, I just think if you look at some of the things he can do, uh, and I have seen very limited uh, of him, but just his body type is, is is great. And I never knew that he did have a basketball background. And at first, I thought he was joking about the whole dunking thing. But no, if no, he no, do, no. He's but, a good basketball player. He was a very. He didn't get to start playing football till his what last year of high school. So or and, and, and they said, okay, we're going to take this guy off the basketball court, and he's going to be our nose. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know. I mean, he must have been a, a very built basketball player. But um, 
but yeah, no, he he he's great, and 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 if he can be as athletic as he sounded, or, or just you know hit some of those numbers he threw out there, that's going to be a great you know a great showing for him. Well, he like I said, he's a guy I liked even before I got a chance to talk to him. Now I've talked to him, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> coaches are going to be like, <laughs> I mean, because he's the kind of guy that you want. He's exactly he's got the the classic big man attitude, you know. He's um. I think, I'll tell you who he's a little bit like as well, but I think he's he's a more explosive athlete. In fact, uh, Spice, as they call him, Mr. Adams, uh, who you've seen probably around Chicago. Oh, Anthony, Anthony Adams. Yeah, Anthony Adams. Similar yeah, attitude, similar personality, right, but more explosive athlete. I mean, Spice was basically just a big lump. Uh, yeah, he was I, just there ooh. as an anchor, basically. You know, he was, he right. was just there. Right. But with, with, with Carla, if you get all that ability to – gum stuff up and be in, be in the way of things, but he also can get up field and wreck things. He can, he can do that too. He, mm-hmm. Can, mm-hmm. he can be in your backfield quickly, wreaking havoc. And for our friend Mr. Metrics, he's a guy that made a lot of solo tackles for a big guy who played a lot over the nose. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You sound you sound somewhat dubious though, Mister Carr. I mean, Mr. you know, I, I like him. But gravity of situation, you know, he didn't play on Jupiter. He played on um, Pluto. It's not really a planet, but it does have some gravity. You know. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. The NEC is not it's not a bad conference, but it's not it's not quite where Mel Tavares is playing. I mean, even amongst quote unquote smaller schools. The NEC is not the toughest, but he did see some NFL-type guys. There are some guys in that conference who can play. Yeah, of course he, of course he did this. You know, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, like I said, I just urge both of you, if you haven't had a chance to do so, to check out more of his tape. And for both guys, for all the guys, really. Um, except for long, I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, long snap tape. Uh, this will be a new one for me. I don't, I don't frankly know what I'm looking for. So I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch. <laughs> but I don't know what I'm looking. For. I mean, I know a little bit about the the touch to whatever, like the speed part. Obviously, you need to you know get it off in a certain amount of time. And he told he schooled me a little bit. I mean, I knew that you wanted to, like any other player, I guess you want to be flat backs. You know, you want to be. Um, in a powerful position and have your legs loaded and stuff like that. So that's, I mean, that's just basic football positioning. So I guess that makes sense. Uh, I know zero about log step technique. So I have to, may have to read up a little bit. So I'll, I mean, I'll look. It's like, oh, man, log snap tape. I'm watching log snap tape. That'll, like, it took me 47 years of life, but here I am watching log snap tape. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, you know, obviously for the other guys, you know, I, I've, I've seen more of them and I know what I what I saw when I saw them, but I got, got really good reports from my spies or friends, whatever, at the Dream Bowl, and they said, you know, that the scouts who were there at the Dream Bowl said this guy could be an NFL long snapper, and I'm going to take their word for it <laughs> because uh, I, <laughs> for this is the one area that where we've discussed so far on the show where I just have to take somebody else's opinion. I sure. Yes, if you say so. <laughs> I'm 
you know, I am officially out of my depths now. But it's been, once again, I mean, here's a guy who's an athlete, a real all-around athlete, you know, has competitively wrestled at a high level, is still a high-level track and field athlete, which it sort of surprised me that with as intense as the competition is for long snapping jobs, because nobody carries a second-team long snapper at the, at the pro level, it's, you have one, and you plan to keep him forever mm-hmm. until you mm-hmm. fire him. Um, or he gets too old, and that takes a while usually. So it's a very it's a it's a hard job to get, but once you have it, you usually have it for a very long time. Yeah, and and you know me, Bill. I, I think a lot about like say Patrick Manley and the career he carved out in Chicago, being yep. number fifty three on their fifty three man roster. So yep, um, you know if you're consistent, you know you do what you do, and obviously. Um, you know, it's a, it's a set it and forget, your position, it's a set it and forget it position, and that's how they like it. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. would like and, not to even think about this. That's what I'm saying. The best long snappers are the guys you, you really don't know, and <laughs> the guys you don't hear about. Um, they mention a long snapper in the game uh, more than once, and it's usually not good news. No, it's usually not, um, unless he's a super tackle guy. Unless he loves guys that make a lot of tackles, and those are those are cool. Well, he could be one of those guys because yeah, he is yeah. an athlete. He's played defensive end. He's you know, he's done some athlete things. Uh, so that's, it'll be fun to see what happens with him. And then, obviously, like I said, in the case of, you know, um, Logan slash Jimmy, Jimmy slash Logan, the the Wayne Corbett comparison is actually – I think he's probably faster in a straight line than Wayne Corbett. I don't know if he's as tough as Wayne Corbett. Um, Wayne Corbett used to take vicious, vicious hits over the middle. I just keep coming back more. And, you know, I, I don't know if he's ever been checked for CTE – but I won't be shocked if it turns out later. I hope I'm wrong, but if he has some some stuff because he took. Oof. I mean, well, he, most of the most of the shots I've seen him take were like the the leg hits, the hips. I don't, I don't, and like took, I said, I took, you know dude, I didn't start he, watching until he later. He took all kinds career. of hits. It was it was yeah. concussions that actually forced him out of the game. But um, oh okay okay. But yeah, but he took every kind of hit a man can take. <laughs> he took the he. Oh, God. Had he been born ten years later, he could he could have played longer because you know he would have entered the league in you know the early two thousands than entered the league in the early nineteen nineties. Um, if you early enter the league in the early nineteen nineties, they're still basically able to you know have their fun, you know. But <laughs> obliteration, yeah. yeah, right. You know, oh, slot receivers, yummy. <laughs> the uh, but nowadays, <laughs> right? But nowadays, you know, as Jim has pointed out. Forget launching, targeting, whatever. If it's just a really violent-looking collision, you've got a better than 50-50 chance of getting flagged, even if you didn't do anything illegal. And so that's radically yeah, important. Outlawed violence. You know? <laughs> no more violence. Yeah, that's, that's the part that's radically different from when I started playing and watching the game. I mean, I, I was an undersized but fairly – Violet little safety, and that was my whole deal. Was I mean I would hit you with my shoulder, my forearm. I tried to stay away from the crown of my helmet, but knees, yes, knees were fine. Um, forearms though, I was a big forearm guy. I, I did a lot of work with the forearm, and I had to shoulders and forearms. You know, and sometimes I'd get a little bit of both. Like you throw the shoulder in, and you kind of come up with the forearm to finish, and that would be satisfying. Um, that means for me, at least. I don't know how they felt about it. You ever, you ever struck a guy and it didn't do anything, and then you realize, oh, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, fullbacks and tight ends were the bane of my existence. I did well with wide receivers and running backs because, I mean, even if they were bigger than me, 
they usually didn't have the mindset of running through someone the same way that fullbacks and tight ends sometimes did. And sometimes mindset is as important, if not more important, than the physical aspect of it. So you could be a 200, you know, going back to high school, say you're both 200 pounds, but one's a tight end and one's a, a wide receiver. A 200-pound wide receiver still realizes he's a wide receiver and is trying to do wide receiver things. He's going to try to juke me or whatever. Sure, do that all day long. But a lot of 200-pound guys who are tight ends, same size basically, maybe, you know, but just different mindset. They're, you know, putting down their shoulder and heading for my chest. Now i got to figure some stuff out. You know, because you've got 20-some-odd pounds or, as some guys, 50-some-odd, 60-some-odd pounds even on me. So, yeah, those guys were a little more trouble. And th- then I would go low. That was, when, that was when going low became more of an option. But, yeah, even with guys who were bigger than me, if they were, if they were wide receivers or, or running backs, but they weren't power backs or full backs, I'd still go fairly high on them and just bring, you know, bring the noise. You know, I was, like I said, I forgot my size. I hit pretty, pretty hard. It was the guys who wanted contact. You know what I mean? Like the guys who were like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, oh, okay, maybe I need to reconsider my approach. I would still bring it, but I would bring it definitely, you know, a couple of feet lower as <laughs> opposed to, hey, I'm going to meet your thigh pads as opposed to meeting you, you know, chest high, head high. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the way – it's funny. I was just watching the NFL Network's, you know, most feared or whatever tacklers, and – Almost none of those guys could do what they did nowadays. I mean, Ray Lewis obviously just retired. He figured out how to still play in this day and age. But a bunch of those guys, I mean, I don't know what Steve Atwater would do nowadays. I don't know what, what he – he'd have to bulk up and be a linebacker, I guess. I mean, that's, that's what you have to do because you can't play safety the way you played safety. You can't play safety the way Jack Tatum played safety or Donnie Shell or – Larry Wilson, or really most of the Hall of Fame safeties. You get on the list, there's only a few of them that could play nowadays, or at least play the way they played. I mean, they'd have to – some of them, quote-unquote, more – I mean, Paul Krause. Paul Krause could still play today. Um, he was a center fielder type. He wanted to make plays on the ball. He, he was a good tackler, but he wasn't blowing people apart. That wasn't his game. And he'd be fine today. There's a place for him, guys like him. Jack Tatum – Special teams, I guess, is what he'd be doing nowadays. Or, you know, he might be an undersized linebacker or something like that. But, you, you know, there's just no place for, as you said, the, the brutal, 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 brutal approach to, you know, blowing. Like I said, I mean, that was, that was Tatum's whole thing. You know, you look at his career numbers and nothing really jumps out at you because they don't have a, a box for intimidations. He led the league in intimidations several times, probably three or four times in his career, where a guy – altered a route or dropped a ball or didn't lay out or whatever it is because they simply knew that Jack Tatum was there and he was going – I'm exaggerating barely when I say I was trying to kill them, but just barely. Like, I've never seen anyone who came as close to trying to kill people on a football field consistently as Jack Tatum. Unless you want to watch old tape of Hardy Brown, who was also – deadly weapon on the football field. But he only had like a six-year career, and almost nobody remembers him. But he led the league in knockouts several times. He just knocked guys cold consistently. And he was, you know, a 206-pound linebacker. But he he had a great sense of how to use his shoulder and forearm. So, 
last final thoughts, gentlemen. Uh, Montel, uh, it's almost combine season. What are you excited about? What what has you all a buzz? What is what do you what do you have on your combine gift list that you want to see delivered to you? Say that last part one more time. I was saying, Montel, what do you what would you have on your your combine wish list? What has Montel Hardy all excited about combine season? What do you want to see? Uh, some people I'm excited about. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people. First off, I think you hit it right on the head when you talked about Philip Dorsett. I think he's going to run extremely well. And, uh, you know, and I, I think it'll be one of those things where, you know, he'll he'll run real well. And, and I think a lot of other people uh, at the receiver position, are, you know, they're always going to flash. They're always going to impress. I'm really curious to see where Justin Hardy runs. I, I think – He's the type of guy who uh, I think he's going to be a 4-5 guy. I think he's going to be sure. maybe 4-5-2. Hopefully, you know, it's lower than that for his sake. But, um, yeah, I, I, that's where I see him. That's where I project him. And uh, other than that, I'm going to be watching just, uh, you know, straight some of these edge players because we're going to see stock, you know, live and die with these edge players <laughs> and, and how they – I mean, seriously, because we've got a bunch of them, but we don't know what to make of them yet. But this this is going to be – <laughs> the day of reckoning for a few people. I think I mentioned last week that there's a possibility Dante Fowler might not uh, run, you know, quite the way um, he, he's going to want to. And um, but I do like his versatility. People said this, said that. You know, he could he could play, he could play defensive end in the four three. I, I think yeah. he could pull it off. I think he's got the versatility to be fine there. Uh, so that might help him out a little bit. But he's guys a, like he's Shane exactly the same size as Dwight Freeney. I mean, have we forgotten this? Yeah, yeah. Ran four, 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 five. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's true. But um, uh, yeah, and I, I don't, you know, he, he might lay one of those times on you that could make you go, what? <laughs> you know. So watch out for that. I think Shane Ray, he's gonna run better than people think. And I was hearing for, well, some people said. You know, well, someone said that I think there was a time about two years ago he ran in the neighborhood of two of, of about four eight. I think he's faster, way faster than that now. I think he'll be probably in the neighborhood of four six. Uh, but the funny thing is, Big Beasley, I have him in the four five five to four six five range. So I'm really curious to see where Shane Ray is as opposed to Big Beasley. If it's close, give me. Well, gee, I got to think about that more. But if it's close, I might lean more towards Shane Ray only because he seems to be a little bit more complete. He's got uh, a bigger frame. At the, you know, he's he's clearly got a bigger frame. He's got there's more yeah, human yeah. being there to work with. Frame, it's more yeah, productive. Yeah. He actually can stop the run better than Big B. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And well, and that's the thing because people are saying, and and I kind of see this. He's going to play, you know, basically a linebacker. A lot of people don't really see him putting his hand in the ground at yeah, I believe he's two thirty five ish. You know, it's, yeah. It's well, a, that's the thing. If, he, if he's a linebacker, we haven't seen him do linebacker things. So that's why the combine is so important. I'm not saying I don't care yeah. what Shane Ray runs, but I think he'll run a fine time. I don't care. I don't care that much. If he runs 4.74, four, I'm still I, fine. I know, I know. It's just average pass. I get it. You know, no, I'm just saying. It. If he runs whatever time, unless he runs something terrible, you know, I, even if he runs 4.8 flat, I'm not going to be all up in arms. He runs five flat. I'll be kind of up in arms, but I'm if he runs four eight, he was reported to run. I mean, I understand it's reported, but you know, 
he reportedly ran a four four at Springwall, which is probably right. more close to like four five four six. Right, so, which is nice. I mean, like I said, really good. Yeah. But exactly. so for the sake of argument, let's split the difference. Let's say he runs four six six. Perfect. I'm cool with that. I, I he's a good athlete. I don't. I don't think it, I've. I've never questioned his ability as an athlete. I. I. If he is a truly a linebacker, especially if everybody he's going to be a. Does. Everybody else does though. Especially if he's a, especially if he's a four three linebacker, instead of a three four linebacker, then he, I definitely need to see him drop into coverage, and see even if he, oh, he doesn't yeah. look great doing it. I mean, he's not done much of it. I don't expect him to look great, but he has to look like there's something to work with. <laughs> you know, let's. And if he looks like he can do that at all. I don't think he gets past pick 24-ish. If he yep. looks terrible dropping into coverage. Ooh, and I like that better not be stiff-hipped. That's what I'm saying, right. So even if he runs a fine 40 time, but if, if he looks stiffish, as James is wont to say, if he puts on a show of stiffish athleticism where he's fast in a straight line, shows good vertical, lifts well in the bench, but struggles – in linebacker drills and, you know, doesn't flip his hips well, looks bad in the ball tracking drills and, you know, struggles in the three-cone and short shuttle, I see him in the second. But he's not going to get past the mid-second unless he, you know, his legs fall off or something. He's going to say, you know, I mean, he's, he's, yeah. he's yeah. a productive player from a big conference who's clearly a good, good enough athlete to perhaps very good athlete. He's going to not fall past – I think the best case scenario is somewhere in the 16, 14 range if everything goes perfectly for him at the combine. And even if things go terribly for him at the combine, 50 something to 60 range, that's who I see so far. And I think. I don't know about that. I'm sorry. He does anything close to the stuff that I do, teams uh, are going to take that guy first round. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like I said, he has a good day at the office. Yeah. He produced in the SEC. He's going right. to run faster than all the other Missouri passers last year. Right. 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 Yeah, and, and, and another thing is that – yeah. I want to talk about all that other kind of stuff. Well, Clay Matthews like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm a little <laughs> sipper. <laughs> right, that's true. And he does, Ray doesn't quite have that level of power um, yet, at least. But he could get there, right? I mean, he's 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 could still. How old is he? Twenty two? How old is, is who knows? I think so. Okay. Pretty young. Yeah. Okay. So it's not impossible that he could get to a Matthews-ish kind of situation if he's given some time to develop and you know works hard physically and you know has in terms of height and weight, they actually might be very similar. Yeah, like I don't. Sure. I mean, I don't have the sheet in front of me, but very close, I'm sure. Yeah, um, and, and a little, Ray a little is heavier. Raised with the same group of pass rushers like Von Miller, like Joey Porter, like all those other little six foot three, two hundred and forty pounds, you know, guys that yeah. are. Yeah, to me, Porter, Porter is like the best case scenario. Who also wasn't the you know, most swivel hippiest guy in the world. So that's to me that's that is kind of the best case scenario if it was like Joey Porter. If he can be that, well one, he'll be a steal if somebody gets him in the late first. Uh, if he ends up being Joey Porter, who was a second round pick himself, if I remember correctly. So or th- what was he a third? 
Joey might have been a third, in fact. He didn't go that high. He went to Colorado State. If you right, right, right. I think he actually been a third. Cause, oh. Plus, he was team. He had a teammate who also oh, what was his team? Sort of like the Missouri guys. What was his teammate's name? Came out the same year as him. Taller. Oh, what was his name? He was about six years in the league. His teammate, six or seven years in the league. The guy he played with at Colorado State. They had a, a bookend kind of situation there with Porter being the you know more tightly wound, intense, well, you know, Joey Porter-esque of the two. Um, and the other guy was sort of taller, more laid back, more like a uh, – what's his name? More like that kid from um, Austin Lane. That wasn't his name, but that was who he's like. He had a teammate on the other end of the line from him. Who was what, Remember Austin Lane from Murray State? Tall, rainy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that guy was like, the other team – the guy that played with him at Colorado State. I can't remember now. But they came out the same year, and then you had Porter, who was the shorter one, and then you had the, the more explosive and you know, meaner, and then you had the more laid back. And some people liked, I remember that, you know, I'm, I'm, I remember having debates with people. Some people liked the other guy better, even, because of the links and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, uh, but I was like, no, no, like, look at Porter. He's way, I mean, once again, he knows more about finishing. He wants it more. I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, there's there's with with edge guys, and that's I guess we'll wrap since that's the, been the big sexy position to talk about this year with edge guys. You're looking at a couple of different things. One, I still look at does the guy know how to actually sack people? Um, I know everyone assumes you can teach that, but not everybody figures out how how to teach it. I mean, I've seen guys not learn it. Who so people act like it's the easiest thing to teach. Mingo hasn't figured it out. Deion Jordan hasn't figured it out. And part of it is the lack of strength, too. I, I like power in my edge, guys. I know some people don't care about how strong they are. I do. I, it's a, part of what you're going to run into is guys who will simply overpower you. If you, can't, if you can't be all speed. You can't be all technique. Speed and technique are cool, but you can't, there's got to be some ability to use power to counterbalance the speed and technique stuff. If you can't generate power, especially in sh- short areas, like the redirecting, the redirecting isn't just about nimbleness. It's about getting that guy a little bit off balance and being able to swat him, move him, jab him, whatever it is, to keep him going off balance and sometimes even toss him off balance so that you can get that short corner to the quarterback. Guys with no power can't do that. Agreed. Agreed. And, and then when you look at some of these tailbacks and where they may land, I think that'll be interesting too. You know, I've been watching more and more David Cobb, and, and I really like Good. Him. And I think – First off, I think he's going to be a little quicker than some people think. Like I think yep. his, I think it's forty time. If you could just run maybe the average forty four run, running back, it was probably like a what four five three. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.